Are we don't need words normal to that. <laughs> well, this is it. I mean, Happy yeah, New yeah. Year! Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, will, will it be? For, it will for be? yesterday. Will it be? Yeah. Future yes. past tense. For yesterday. Holly, will it be? Or... No, no. Huh? It said it, wait, it sounded like you said will it be rather than will have been. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's going to be a long night, isn't it? A short one. Be fine. Uh, should we do a proper kind of here and welcome, or just actually just keep on nattering because we've been nattering now for about what ten minutes. We're not allowed to start it with hello and welcome. No, we owe him enough money as it is. <laughs> Royal. We, we should try and avoid mentioning them. They might have to write it into the, the show notes. Unless you do um, hello and welcome, but in uh, Rasmus's language of Danish. <laughs> <laughs> the, the language of pastries <laughs> bacon <laughs> to the which I've been watching I haven't finished yet but I've been watching Professional Masterchef oh and there's been a one of the professional contestants is from Portugal but because he's obviously Portuguese and he's speaking English it does not sound like Rasmus it's the, it's the, I know yeah, Rasmus is yeah, Swedish, and he's he's obviously speaking English. I'm not sure who you're offending, but it's now. that accent. <laughs> is <laughs> it Rasmus? Kind of, the entire that, population of Portugal. <laughs> yeah, it's that European <laughs> accent when you speak English, and he sounds because he's, he's a, yeah he's he's, a, he's basically a child, so he sounds like Rasmus, <laughs> but talking about food rather than metal. It's nice for a change to you for you to start the, the insults on Rasmus and not me. Well, the best bit is he, he can't, well, I think he can't so. comment back. Yeah. <laughs> this this could be a disadvantage of not having live yeah not having live comments, or which I found really odd when the respond. show yeah. But the show without on because we couldn't do. I was hoping we could have done a premiere because then we could have had comments going, but we're. Mm. We were 775 subscribers short. We're now 776. We seem to have lost someone. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's not one of my accounts. It wasn't me. Um, so it's like not being able to comment when the show went out on Sunday. It was just like really odd mm-hmm. not seeing the comments. Yeah. Yeah, last week I, I really wanted to join in. <laughs> I couldn't. <laughs> Well, because we did the watch party on Discord, didn't we, for, for that? Well, we tried, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, we... yeah. But I kept trying to respond to Jamie, and it was the wrong Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> Which was kind of weird. Yeah, that was quite odd. It was a good chat, yeah. though. It was a good chat. It was good. It was good. Well, We're on late. Yeah. Really late. Mm-hmm. It was like two in the morning what? or something, wasn't it? Half of course, really, isn't it? Yeah, I have finished it. I'm yeah. just trying to think whether or not I finished the audio, but I did finish the audio. Yeah, I put the I, audio, I put the audio one out today. Got that out. In that so case, I've, I've not listened to the audio one then. You listen maybe to you're still on, the maybe still on thirty. Because yeah. today is in four days' time. Yeah. Well, we're, that's we're true. Yeah. Living in the future. Oh, last, last week. Yeah, I put it out last week. Oh, this. Oh. No, I don't have any in in, uh, 
it's just turned up now. Oh, you swine. <laughs> I thought I was up to date. <laughs> I'd have been up to date until 7 o'clock tomorrow morning when it had updated. <laughs> right, go on then, bugger off and listen to that and then uh, come back in three hours. I was going to say, that, that was the problem. I mean, we would listen to it for quite a while. <laughs> Although the advantage of listening to it again on YouTube is because you can wrap the speed up, which you can't do normally. No, but I, I yeah, not can, a live one, yeah. can do the speed on um, on uh, podcast addict. But there are certain podcasts I've noticed you can, you can get away with on a higher speed, and others where people already talk quite quickly. Mm. It's yeah. just this weird noise, and you find yourself stopping what you're doing to try and work out what's being said, and you have to go back and just slow those ones down. Like the well, Scottish the... accents, Scottish accents, difficult at double speed, yeah. or or one point eight. You you just run out of ability to go quicker on your podcast apps. <laughs> it's um, steep. Because I, I run a, a Podbean for mine, and that's got an adaptive speed adjustment. So you set like a range, and then it will do stuff like you know filter out dead noise and mm-hmm. silences and stuff like that. But it will also then kind of estimate where it can speed things up and slow things down. Okay. Which can be really, oh, really God. jarring at times yeah. when you're listening to something like The Boys, and you just get something where there's like a pause from someone, and then it speeds that time gap up as then one of them laughs. So you get this laugh that kind of chipmunk changes <laughs> changes speed mid laugh, <laughs> which can be, uh, can be quite fun. Have you noticed though? Steve doesn't sound any different on one times or one point five times. <laughs> <laughs> I, I noticed it when I was listening to them the other day. I didn't have long, so I sped it up. And the other two talk quicker, and but Steve didn't seem to change. It was almost like it, it, you know, you know, you need to slow down for this guy. <laughs> he, was, he, he was completely whatever the it, word for. It just did. knows that you can't control Steve. <laughs> it, it could have been that. Well, maybe it's got adaptive speed control, yeah, and you shouldn't realise it. The... Yeah, it just highlights the most important kind of. Yeah. It's got a Steve switch. Yeah, is it going to be spiffing? Is he leading into it? I did think that a few times actually on the last one, and then all of a sudden you I kind of looked at the time. Oh no, I still got another forty minutes to go, kind of thing. It just felt like it, at almost any time they were ready to go into it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the same when he's on with us because obviously he's been on here a couple of times now. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean. Everyone in the comments is usually the same, you know. When, as soon as Steve starts, starts talking, and everyone quiets down. Everyone's sort of waiting for either the either the segue that's about to be dropped or the the, the lead into something. <laughs> you can see him ramping up for him sometimes, can't you? Can't, <laughs> you feel for him, you kind of go, "Go on, say it. Do you want to say it?" <laughs> Every time I hear Andy Berkey on a podcast, I just wish they bring, would bring back making it. I thought that was brilliant. I think that was probably the first making make it play podcast. It. Fake, yeah. Faking it, sorry. I think that was for me. That was probably the first audio podcast. There you go. That I listened to, and that came out. Of, I think I heard about it in one of the either Facebook groups or possibly even the the Maker's Waffle itself. But it, it was one of those few that you listened to because it was really enjoyable, as opposed to just necessarily who was in it. And they might have said something interesting. Yeah, you could you'd always count on a good good bit of conversation. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think one. I ever caught that one. Oh, it's worth it. Especially if you're yeah, it's always worth going back and listening to it. If you get, yeah, 
There's a bit of space on you. There wasn't a huge amount of them. They were there turning no. around long enough. Hmm. I, I struggle a bit with podcasts because the only, only real time I get to listen to them is when I'm driving. And I drive a hell of a lot. But they can also make me a bit sleepy. Which <laughs> yeah. isn't great. Not when you're driving. When driving. So I kind of I kind of go through phases where I'll not listen to one for ages and then I'll catch up like twelve weeks worth in ten days or something. Yeah. So. I'll I'll have to agree with that. Recently I've noticed I've had to switch to music depending on what I'm doing. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um and I suppose actually even like you say almost from a safety point of view you're doing it rather than necessarily yeah yeah, yeah. yeah exactly, rather than oh yeah. I need to change oh no no it's just safety I started I mean, listening to my first audiobook in years um a few weeks ago and I had the same effect and I had to switch it off <laughs> it's a shame I, I'm not a big fan of audiobooks you're a big I, I think reader they can be great. I, yeah I think they can be no, great I'm a big reader hey <laughs> 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 I think they, I think they can be good. Uh, my youngest loved the Harry Potter sort of series read by Stephen Fry. Mm. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'd already read Harry Potter together. Um, I did that when the kids were much younger and kind of you know, literally worked through all seven books with them over the course of eighteen months. I think it was chapter me part of a chapter every night. It was mm. yeah. I had to do all the voices. Get told off if I didn't. Of course. Um, and that but you make that, a great Hermione. Yeah, they they. Stephen Fry is such a great voice actor. He is. Mm. And a, to be uh, fair, the Jim Dale ones are also. still also good. I've listened to both sets of the because they got the the American version of it, mm. the Sorcerer's Stone, because apparently. American people have never heard of the word philosopher before. Um, but without yeah, the, those hmm? philosopher without the U. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, the, those versions read by Jim Dale are still good. Um, different yeah, experience there is certainly also a different experience you get. Um, no different with an audiobook as you do a podcast. You get some that aren't boring, but they're read in a dull way. You can yeah, get those mm. that are boring. You can get those that are very interesting, mm. and then those are really almost exciting. Um, I did one of my early ones was because uh, I tend to only listen to autobiographies. Um, I did um, David Attenborough's one that was out at the time, which was great hearing David Attenborough's voice, but for seventeen hours, I think it was, or something like that. Mm. It, but it was his whole life. It wasn't. He wasn't one of these yeah. people that had done lots. Of, of, of books so it was a catch-up from the last one so this started right the way back when he started with bbc2 and right the way through so that was quite a good one um i was never a michael mcintyre fan listen to his completely changed my attitude on him especially since again he read it and halfway through it he just creases up laughing and goes this reminds me of a joke and told you the joke rather than carried on with the book and then goes and now back to the now back to today's reading or something like that and then carries on reading the book uh, which was which was a, a really good one Whereas I thought the Steve Martin, My Life in Stand-Up, was going to be brilliant. I came to that one after the Michael McIntyre one. He read it completely monotone. And the second that he actually became a, a professional comedian, the book stopped. And it, it, it was like, oh, uh, 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 and it finished. <laughs> it was just like, wow. Well, okay. Yeah. Um, that was yeah. different. 
This the one I was listening to was read by Michael Sheen, and he's oh, brilliant. Nice. He's really, really good. Does all the voices, and he's just got a fantastic voice anyway. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it didn't seem to make a difference. <laughs> Still, <laughs> starting to nod off. <laughs> I think the only I've, book I've, I've got, I did have an Audible. Well, a few years ago, we, we, we got Audible on a free trial because we wanted to listen to a particular book while mm. we were driving on holiday. Because that's something we've we've done quite a few times. Is usually takes out of the library, get some some on CD and listen to it on the way somewhere. And yeah, you can usually sort of time it. Yeah, if you've got a five-hour journey, you kind of get something that's going to be five hours or you get two things or whatever so it'll it'll fit and i got audible and because of the way it worked i ended up getting another book so i haven't listened to it yet which shows how long and it's been a while but i've got adam savage's every tool's a hammer i, I really enjoyed that one i've got that book on kindle i'd like to i'd like to hear him I like I like I often watch his um, I don't always watch his one day builds particularly not the long ones I might skip through and just sort of take the highlights how can you speak for the speed up five times type speed <laughs> just skip I'll skip sections yeah so I'll take a minute to, to yeah two minutes to go through a 30 minute video um, but with I do like listening to his he does those kind of um, ask me anything type things mm. or little, little, little sort of show and tell on tools or sometimes props I do like listening to those so I'll, tr- I'll try and get those in but I find it odd when I hear him speaking at single speed <laughs> well that is the problem isn't it there's there's a couple of YouTubers that I watch at at least one and a quarter to one and a half just as a matter of course, and if I if I watch them like on the TV, for instance, instead of on the PC or on phone, and haven't sped it up, or if I'm watching with with the girls or something, it's really because you're so, so used to the, the, the pace I and cadence. Just and, go and do something else while I'm listening to it. Yeah, yeah, it, it feels like I'm in some sort of weird time bubble where everything's going. Yeah, it's. It's weird getting into that habit and then being forced out of it. Yeah, I'd, I still I'd never like, adjusted that. I'd like to see if YouTube have got data on how much of their content is viewed at higher speed. Oh, they, I'm sure they will have. Mm-hmm. Whether you'll be able to get it or not is another question. But yeah, I'm sure they will have. Yeah, I mean, it yeah. could be an interesting. Interesting kind of sort of analysis. Yeah. Is it certain types of people? Is it certain types of content? I mean, I never listen to music. I can't, I, I, music at double speed is. <laughs> <laughs> I have tried it. I, I have done it before. <laughs> when I've That's had where the, uh, that came from. <laughs> yeah. When I've had like a, a run of videos I've been watching at one and a half. And then just click onto something like a, a music, like a reaction or breakdown sort of thing, or something like that, or just suddenly get, you know, something pops up on YouTube recommender recommendations or something. I'll click it, 
Something seems off. Ah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, go Song's go. a bit longer. Roadie reacts at uh, one and a half speed. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, tank at one and a half speed is... Uh, doesn't work. <laughs> well, I must admit, it's almost enjoyable now. So I've, when um, uh, Eskimo Callboy brought out their last song, I didn't listen to the song. I oh, went to his review. <laughs> so at least it we was... blame Jim for that. Jim from Wave Cycles. He, he got me into uh, Tank. So oh, I thought react. you read the Eskimo Callboy. <laughs> I think... Was it Jim who got me into that? I think it might have been Jim who got me into Eskimo Callboy as well. <laughs> They're just something else, even if you... <clears throat> I'd imagine you're going to get one... I mean, imagine the people that have been listening to them for a couple of years and only ever done the Spotify or the just the audio only, and then someone says, "Oh, have you seen this video?" and not realizing that that's what you're what you've been listening to all this time. <laughs> well, so this is the thing. So they did a, um, they did an interview. So the the, the main two guys in Eskimo Callboy, uh, one of them's been in it. I think he started the band, mm-hmm. and the other guy's only recently been in it. Yeah, I think Ready it's the singer they changed, wasn't it? Yeah, the kind of so the the, the kind of the, the metal vocalist is one of the the original guys, and it's the 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 other sort of main singer who's new. Apparently, the whole style of music completely changed at that point. I haven't actually been back and listened to their old much of their old stuff. I've listened to a few of them, but that was one of the things that Tank chatted to them about in in the interview was how some people have gone back and gone through their back catalogue and just got very very confused at. Such a massive change from stuff like Hyper Hyper and those kind of. Uh, yeah, Hyper Hyper was my introduction method. to them. Mm-hmm. That, which brings me back to going, you saying about um, Witch Doctor earlier on. You've got to go back and see that by the cartoons. It would have been early 2000s. And bearing in mind oh, that, I remember them. <laughs> yeah. Bearing in mind that's yeah. a remake of about a 1950s, 1960s song. And even in the 60s, it still sounds almost identical. I seem to remember something about a bass player, or maybe his bass, dressed up as a carrot. Yeah, and they all had like these giant (laughs) plastic rubbery mullets and giant platforms. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I remember the cartoons. Once you've you've seen them or heard them, you can't really forget them. No, that's true. It's a bit like Aqua. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that—that that was a really weird kind of time for music because, yeah, you know, yeah. Aqua and Chumbawamba, uh, Chumbawamba, <laughs> Venga <goodness>. Boys. <laughs> hey, don't diss the Venga Boys. Steps. <laughs> oh, you can then. <laughs> See, I was a teenager in the eighties. I was spoiled for music because eighties music is just so good. I went through a huge spell of listening to nothing. Yeah, actually. Yeah, 80s pop, I went through a huge phase of listening to. And there's a lot of it sitting there going, I can't even, I want to delete this from Spotify. (laughs) It doesn't deserve to be there. (laughs) But at the same time, you flip that to the 80s hair metal, and that's that music still being played to today, and somehow still holds up to the test of time. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean some of it. I mean some of that is just classic, classic rock. It's now called classic rock. Yeah, yeah it was classic it's even really at this time. Upsetting. I think <laughs> the eighties was only twenty years ago. 
I'd like to think so, yes. <laughs> I was just trying to think of my age and how that works. <laughs> yes, I saw I saw a couple of days ago somebody posted one of these sort of things that sort of said, yeah, like uh, uh what was it? It was it was I'm pretty sure it was nineteen thirty nine to nineteen eighty. Is the same size gap as 1980 <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, I can't believe it's going to be 2021 soon. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to do it again. Well, I don't yeah, know. It's going to be 2022. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it's in 2020 round two. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was what they were saying for 2021, wasn't it? It was, it was 2020.1. So there's going to be some good palindromic dates, I think, in 2022, isn't there? I think there's. Yeah. Wasn't it the 2222 two, 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 two on a Tuesday or something? Was Yeah. Uh, Tuesday, yeah. yeah. 20, there's, there's only 22nd one... of Feb? Yeah. 22 02 2022. That's it. 2022. It, 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 no, no, that's it, the thing. It's one of those kind of clocks where it kind of shows you digital time and date so you've got mm. 22 minutes past 8 o'clock in the evening in 24 hour clock on the 22nd of February 22 now I'll, I, I just type of clock on the 24 hour clock <laughs> oh, I went over actually, to it'd that it would be 10 o'clock actually wouldn't it it would be 10 o'clock not 8 o'clock <laughs> I went over to those while in primary school due to the f fact of like there's so a load of us kids did that watch a load of war films in those days and I've never gone back. It bugs me when I have a device that for whatever reason doesn't allow you to put it into 24 hours. It really bugs me. <laughs> yeah, I like having... I, I like sort of 24 hour clock. It's a good system. It, it works for certainly a lot of people. But you're saying about the calendars that, and things that show you things. I've got a calendar that shows you what you can see out in the night sky. I don't think I've been able to see the night sky in the entire of December. You get this clear day and you're thinking, oh, I might get a telescope out tonight. And it's almost like this weather, here's what you were thinking. The wind picks up a little bit. You, you kind of keep peering outside, keep peering outside. It's just about getting dark enough. You walk out there and you can't see a damn thing. Cloud mm -hmm. cover just... <laughs> Again. Could be worse. At least you're not moaning about Uncle Elon. <laughs> <laughs> With his Starlink. Yeah, that was me moaning a couple of years ago. <laughs> it only got in a few photos. And then they fixed whatever they said they were going to fix, and you didn't see. I think it was the six or eight of them just tracking through the night sky. <laughs> yeah, it's like some sort of yeah, Polar Express or something. Yeah. But if you, in all fairness, though, if you're standing outside and are looking at the, at the sky enough, you will spot the occasional satellite. Yeah. And it's mm. amazing when you get to see the um, the International Space Station. That actually, mm. that, that in itself is a bit more of a feature, though. 
And I have seen a couple of photos where someone's managed to catch it as it was going up in front of a full moon. You know, the yeah, right yeah. lens and everything, and you do yeah. actually see all of the shape the of shape it rather of than it. just a modules yeah. and yeah. Yeah, it was a Welsh guy that um, got the last ones of that that I was I was looking at. Um, yeah, he's a good photographer. Alvin if anyone's wondering, it's not me. It I haven't. No, no, Alvin Al- 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 Wallace. His name is. <laughs> I was just trying to Other Welsh photographers are available. Yeah, the problem is with the Astro stuff, a lot of people go outside and go, oh, it's dark. And then you think you know about daytime photography doesn't work. I can't go, yeah. I, I struggle to use my, my camera in the daytime because I spent all the settings are completely wrong and I'm sitting there, I just go, oh, auto. <laughs> Does that mean I'm technically a, a better photographer all round then by being crap at using the camera both times? <laughs> More consistent. <laughs> Yeah, any of the decent photos I've got this year was actually with my uh, with my phone sitting on the windowsill behind us on on the Toro tripod that is then sitting behind me because <laughs> it just seems to be the only time you happen to look out. Oh my goodness, it's clear for about ten seconds, and you, you hit go on it and leave it for its five minutes that it will sit there, and you see the beginning of the photo of it is started out quite nice, and then by the end of it, as you go to stack it, you just see all the cloud cover coming back in again. Nice. That's a, a pixel, isn't it? Is that a pixel? Yes, yeah, a pixel four XL. Really like it. Um, I was tempted by the newer one, and then decided there's absolutely nothing wrong with this one. So why upgrade? Um, Very cheap. It's the problem with technology, though, isn't it? They're, everyone's designed to, m- and tools are the same. That's, that's the same. My 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 trusty cat has been going since 2018, and it's it's still going. It's still working. It's starting to slow down a little bit, and I think, oh, I, sh- I should, should maybe look at an upgrade. And then I look around; there's nothing I actually want to upgrade to. I just want a faster one of these. Mm. So, so that's not the one that Alex Halfpenny ate. Then he deep fried Nate. That's not that one. It, it's the same with phone, but it's not. <laughs> this, this was my one. I wasn't stupid enough to send my own phone around to, to everyone. <laughs> yeah, that was quite a fun little project. That mm, it was. Abruptly ended by um, a marble fireplace, unfortunately. That and and internal changes of bullet. Uh, yeah. Uh, people who make it. Did it break the yeah. fireplace or did it break the phone? I can't remember now. I think they both broke, but the phone was definitely mollard. But by that point, the um, I, c- I couldn't get a replacement from uh, from Cat, unfortunately. We'd already replaced it once because someone had decided to. Um, I think that there were a couple of things that were tests of the thermal camera that mm-hmm. would test slightly too bright stuff so they like there were yeah by the time it got to me the... it had some weird spots yeah that's like doing thermal imaging filming of uh uh cnc plasma cutter and you know stuff like that it's just a little bit too bright for it but um we'd already had one replaced that had just completely died but then yeah they wouldn't couldn't get in touch with anyone to replace it a second time maybe bankrupted them 800 quid phone. Yeah. Oh, Their margins was... are tight enough. Yeah. yeah. It was supposed to be indestructible, though. No, that's the that's the Nokia brick. That's the Nokia. Four ten. I, I love the ones that you see them going round. The wind blows, my phone breaks. Something else breaks, and also get gets thrown at tanks, and you the picture of a tank destroyed, and the phone's sitting there. Well, that's the thing. It's, it's the two fictional materials, isn't it, that, that are um, the, the toughest things in the world. You've got uh, Nokium, 
whatever the hell material Nokia phones are made out of, and Nintendium, which is what all the old NESs and SNESs are made out of. Yeah. And the old Game Boys. It's basically just ABS. Yeah, I'd I'd love to actually get a a NES just for nostalgia's sake. I don't think I want to play it. But that was my first console, as opposed to it being a Spectrum Sinclair, uh, ZX Spectrum, or whichever order those words go in. I wasn't very old when I had that. Um, the fun thing though was with my mum going back and playing when you could buy like all the SNES ROMs, uh, NES, hang on, Spectrum ROMs on a CD, and it took up like one percent of it because they were mm. all only one. And uh, I the biggest game I found was about ten k, and uh, playing all these old games that her and I used to play together, and she was just like, "This is ridiculous. We've played ten different games, and we've like played played each one for a good couple of minutes, and we would still be late waiting for the first one we had to load." Back in yeah. the old day, <laughs> and you would you'd, you'd buy get buy a game, and if it, you'd hope that when you were loading it, it wouldn't say "now please turn tape over" because you knew there was fifty fifty that it wouldn't start up again after that. <laughs> yeah, I had an old uh, Atari eight hundred XL that was very much the same. You know, it's two, you get the two two joysticks for mm-hmm. the two players, the, the big orange button, and uh, and the tape drive. Yeah, you'd spend a good couple of hours trying to get it to load a game up, and then. Uh, it's crashed. Yeah. It's even worse if you spent three or four hours typing in the program <laughs> from the magazine. So and and another hour, words, another hour words. trying to find the full stop that you missed at some point. In the, <laughs> That's exactly it. So an old mate of mine from uh, from my high school, he he'd done that. I think it was with the ZX eighty one, and he'd spent it. It was over the course of four or five weeks, I think, in in like Spectrum magazine or something. And he'd got all of the all of the issues. Then spent a whole weekend like typing it all up, getting it all going. Couldn't get it to load. And then it wasn't until the following week's magazine that came through. So we're very sorry. There was a typo in this line. On <laughs> so then you just all these people who just spent you know four or five weeks and then like a whole weekend typing it up for it to just not work. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah. But then if you tried, uh, you, you tried to save it onto a tape. We take, and we take copy fail. paste for granted, don't we? Really? Yeah. <laughs> Very yeah. much so. Roll on Jarvis. <laughs> <laughs> if it's not Paul Bettany, I'm not interested. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or Stephen Fry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that'd be fun. Spe- speaking of which, they were um, handing out on um, Audible not that long ago. The entire works of um, Sherlock Holmes, and he read all of them, and that was seventy-eight hours, I think it is, or might even be one hundred and seventy-eight wow. hours. It was an obscene amount of outrage, and I was like, "Oh wow!" But until, funny enough, the book I'm listening to at the moment is him doing his Fry Chronicles, and I didn't realise that he was—he's obsessed with um, Sherlock Holmes. Mm. So uh, it probably explains why, why he read the big long ones. I think the the audio book I think for Seven Eves is about eighty hours. I I really want to read that. Unfortunately, um, I foolishly listen to all of the tested podcasts, and even when they say there's a spoiler in this, I went, I don't read. <laughs> Carry so on listening. I, I listen to audible. it. <laughs> I listened to it. Uh, well, I, I watched the video of it, and still went and got the book. Well, I, I got the Kindle version. Mm-hmm ploughed through it, even knowing the twists and stuff, knowing what it was going to be thoroughly enjoyed it 
then bought a hard copy for Jackie to read. Oh, wow. And then jumped on the audiobook version and re-listened to the audiobook version like a couple of weeks after I finished the book. I enjoyed it so much. And I've since been back and re-listened to it again as well. Is and it something... sent me a copy, which I'm slowly working through. I did, yes. Yeah. It's... Uh, it's... I, I really enjoyed it. It's proper oh, I... nerd city. But... <laughs> yeah, I wish I could... Re... I don't want to say read as in I can't read. I wish I found it easier to read and this isn't a time thing i need complete silence mm. or i i will be reading the words and then just hearing everything going on around me and lose where i was on a page whether that's a form of my dyslexia i do not know but it, i find it incredibly frustrating so there's nothing worse the, waiting. you know the, the foam earbuds that you can get mm -hmm. buy them in bulk because then you can either put them in your own ears or stuff them in the mouths of everyone talking around <laughs> you <laughs> <laughs> yeah th th that'd probably work I used to, I mean, when I was a kid, I used to be able to read, and by kid, I mean, yeah, below the age of 30. Um, I, I mean, I could just, I, there could be explosions going, yeah, there could be explosions going off, and I, I'd still be reading and wouldn't. My, my oldest daughter's like that. Yeah, take anything in, but I, I, I do struggle to read now. Um, I used to, I used, um, again, I used to get through, as a teenager, I'd get through two or three books a week as in my 20s i'd get through probably a book a week um but now it's uh, yeah books take a if i sometimes if, if the conditions are right like you say it's like getting the right conditions you know if there's not anything to disturb you nothing else kind of taking uh, depending on the book i mean i, I popped to the mobile library that comes to the village um, this afternoon and i picked up four or five paperbacks uh, sort of Stephen Leather and Andy McNabb type things. They're easy reads. I just wanted something sort of a bit different that'll just again probably three or four hours and I'll I'll, I'll knock one out. If as a book, Jamie, um, and I'll get those done and, and done and dusted. Um, but then I, I might pick. I, I'm a lot pickier now about the stuff I read. When it comes to fiction, but I don't, mm. I don't sit down with non-fiction as much anymore, which is a shame. I do like it. Could have, I mean, obviously, yeah, the physics stuff, like some of those sort of the popular science type books, but I find a lot of them. It's, it's just, it's yeah, just, some of it's just trite. Some of it's just, oh look, famous scientist wants to become more famous by selling books. <laughs> it's probably written yeah, by somebody I mean, well, else. I think it was listening to the audiobook of. Or, or trying to listen to the audiobook of Brief History of Time that put me off it. I mean, it, it wasn't Stephen Hawking reading it, um, but it may as well have been for the tone that they were using. It was just, it was unfortunately a really bad narrator. I, I couldn't get far enough into it to really. It's not know. an easy book to read anyway. Well, no, but I, I'm familiar enough with the concepts to. Hmm. I could. I could probably get more out of it by reading it myself rather than having the audiobook. But it was one of those that I thought I would listen to while working. But I just, I, it was just, yeah, just a bad narrator, unfortunately. I can't even remember who, who was narrating it. That was, that was what kind of put me off nonfiction stuff. Yeah, I think at some point I'll get, I'll, I'll 
obviously once you haven't had an audible account you can any books you had you can still read so at some point mm. i will listen to adam savage heavy tools of hammer because that's it's just such a good book and with him reading it i think that'll be a nice listen I could strongly advise that when you do get an account and you then leave, quite often you get three months for a pound thrown back at you very quickly. Yeah, I did. I I did. I had the trial account for the holiday, mm-hmm. which I think we literally got sort of day before going. And then kind of at the end of the month is like, no, I'm not paying for this. Yeah. And then they kind of gave me another free month, which is when I got the Adam Savage book. But then when at the end of that month, I was like, no, nah, they didn't. They didn't want to give me a. Did they? No, I don't think they yeah, gave me a cheap a, option. I've it's, got a free credit on mine at the minute, but I don't know what yet. What to get? Uh, so for me, it tends to just be autobiographies only. So unless there's another book that happens to have come up, then uh, that's what I go with. Well, I've done some history ones recently, which have been been quite good. But I just wish the author, no, not the author, the person reading it, whoever, whatever name you'd give that person, narrator. Narrator. There we go. Thank you could have just been that little bit more exciting <laughs> so um dan somebody or other who does, did load on the knight's templar really interesting but he could have just as i say could have just had a few more peaks and and falls in his voice and he, well, when he does his when he's on tv he's brilliant you can see there's a lot more enthusiasm in in his presenting um so for that i haven't jumped on straight onto any more of his books and just stopped with the um, history of the knight's templar Dan Snow. No, he's the guy that's just done. Uh, I've just watched his um, uh, the four-part series on the history of the British Navy. That was really good. Mm. Uh, hang on, I'll have to look what this other Dan guy was now. Tell you what, I did enjoy as an audiobook was uh, Ready Player One. With, yeah, um, Young Wes. Come on, Star Trek been, um, yeah, played. Will Wheaton. Played. Yeah, that's it. Will Wheaton. <laughs> Dan Jones. Is the like I'm thinking of Duncan. Okay. Dan Jones. Yeah, I, I almost said Wesley Snipes, but <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a very, very different version of. Um, it it depends on whether or not he's he was being reading it from in prison or out of prison for tax evasion. Mm. <laughs> Do you, did you do the most recent one of the Expendables, which would have been just after? They, they were, the one that's got Wesley Snipes in it, they break him out of prison. They, they turn around and say, what the hell were you in there for anyway? He actually had the line of tax evasion, and they'd just broken him out of some uh, somewhere like North Korea or something like that, and it actually laughed out loud, was not expecting that in the slightest. <laughs> I think for something like that, you you know, Jimmy Carr was the same, wasn't he? You know, when with all his stuff, and obviously his was slightly different. It was creative accounting, wasn't it? Rather than, uh, yeah, but he got more work after it. Prawns. Well, that's the thing, and and taking the piss out of himself for it as well. I think you you just have to. There's no, there's nowhere to hide, is there? You know, he was quite good about that. Just being open about it, and then, like you said, taking the piss out of himself for it. Yeah, exactly. It's good. Yeah. Kind of clears the air, doesn't it? Mm. It, it? For somebody like him, it's just more material. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, like, like he said himself, didn't he? He said, if, if your accountant comes to you and says, would you like to pay less tax? You don't question it. You just say, yes, please. 
you know that that was that was the thing. You know, it, it, yeah, it, it it was slightly different situation to like tax fraud or you know active avoidance like Wesley Snipes was doing. But yeah, it's all good fun, isn't it? Yeah, there's no way any of us mere mortals could do stuff like that. So <laughs> no. I just give all my spare cash now to trading two one two. Expecting to be that they, they don't give it back. Um, no, that's the problem. <laughs> either into failing stocks or Milwaukee tills. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so so close to buying another one at the moment, but um, I'm being <laughs> I, I really want the uh, the three draw pack out. So. I know we were going to try and avoid plumbing, but I did have a revelation today that I can probably actually use. I was going to use my shop vac to try and, because it's a wet dry vac, to try and empty the uh, header tank for our heating system. But then I realised I recently bought the little Ryobi jet washer, pressure washer thing. So I can just plug the plug a hose in the end of it and just use that as an electric pump to pump straight yeah. out of the overflow. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> is that is that based on the same kind of thing as the works one is? Yeah, is it kind of should the handheld. Yeah, so you just have like a hose connector on the bottom with mm-hmm. a float. That you just drop in, or I suppose a sink rather than a float. Yeah, sinks to the bottom. A sink. <laughs> <laughs> my 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 wet dry back for um, 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 M eighteen by Milwaukee um, <laughs> Hoover. The it's most it's most used is toilet systems. I don't. I bought it for saving, carrying extra tools around for everything else, and it's that's its most used thing. Almost. To the you point realize now you, where... usually when you there's like a little handle on the side that you, if you <laughs> it's always just the handle. All the, almost, all the water almost, comes out of them anyway. Almost all our toilets at work are close coupled, so you need to dismantle it, and they're mm-hmm. always glued somewhere where someone else has done a previous repair. So most toilets, you could just leave that in there and just lift it up carefully. No, no, you'll be pulling and pulling and pulling, and finally a piece of uh, mastic lets go, and you're wearing it. So, <laughs> in there and get rid of the rest of it that way instead. But it did once uh, make up a nice pile of, uh, of of dust and stuff to sweep up, and I was like, "Here's one off my dustpan brush." My Hoover sitting there, brilliant. Guy, had, a colleague, could just use my Hoover, cleaned it out, emptied it out, and put it back together. It can go both ways round. And the hose attaches, I think, to the base, which basically means the hose was now sitting at the blow end. So yeah. I connected it all up, turned it on. <laughs> I'm in about a 25 square foot room with now probably about 20 litres of airborne dust. <laughs> he had this hysterical comment coming around the corner and said, man, bad, did I put it back together the wrong way around again? Couldn't tell him off, I was coughing too much. <laughs> and I'm guessing you didn't spot the phone camera coming around the corner. <laughs> no, I should have looked out for that, I suppose. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was that was interesting. Well, I suppose that yeah. that blow feature has helped me out quite a few times with when you can kind of wanting to empty. It. Not that blow feature, the other blow feature, the uh, for emptying out hose pipes and things, and kind of trying to get the Hoover attachment and just blasting out the. Um, Trying to get water out of pipes, it works well in um, plumbing as well. Not that we're mm. mentioning plumbing. No, no but I might have not mention plumbing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that took me too long. They're uh, 
they're good for um used to my last two schools we had a uh, workshop vac that could suck or blow mm-hmm. on the blow for uh personal hovercraft nice so bought, yeah literally to meter wide circular disc with yeah hole in the top where you put the the kind of, sort of the, the end of the pipe and mm. then you sit on it with the uh the vac plug it into an extension lead and little skirt underneath and makes a hell of a racket <laughs> yeah, i'll bet <laughs> one of the best christmas presents i was ever given was an uncontrollable so at some point i was going to try and com- get get it so you could control it but i think it got wet in the end and ruined it but it was a kind of a build your own hovercraft kit and you sat there and you build together all these very small amount of electrics or electronics and the way you connect the battery was a spring and a um a loop clamp a loop round pin thing that you connect to cables kind of words and you just pushed it between the springs and that was your connection so there was no fancy connecting <laughs> it all up together nice but what it basically did was sat there and the way it blew air through down to, down a little chute and into an open skirt basically so imagine like yeah. a, a big sandwich bag but you've mm-hmm. sealed all the edges up and then cut the square out all the way down the middle and that was enough to build the skirt underneath it it lifted it up and then just went in whatever direction it was facing and it just it ran off of like one or two AA batteries because it was so light, almost mm-hmm. silent, and just wandered off around the living room. It was brilliant. But um, yeah, I think it got wet or something and ruined all the cardboard frame for it. And then it, I knew it was going to sit. I knew it was going to sit around for months and years and never get made. So that's a fantastic idea, though, isn't it? Like here's here's a, a particular thing that you can build that's well known for being able to travel on land and water. So let's make it out of something that can't withstand water. It, it could have probably gone across water without a problem, but I have a feeling I did something like leave it on a table and someone knocked something all over it instead. <laughs> but at the same same Christmas, I think it was my mum got me um, one of these uh, electric saltwater cars. And this is tiny yeah. little piece of plastic and you kind of just literally grind something on it and then make it wet and after a few moments the reactions happened and this tiny little car went stupidly fast. It was now a case of catch that before the dog did because I wasn't expecting it to be quite that quick. I was expecting it to meander along the table, and it was like one of those Hot Wheels, and you've get, you've really gone to the point now where the motor's crunching, you've got it that much under pressure, and you let go of it. That's kind of what this thing was like. <laughs> Just shot across the table. I was like, oh, okay, it's wait then. Well, with Hot Wheels cars, you put it back so much, and it clicks, and then it makes that extra little click where you know. Oh, that was a different going click. Going nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> They were always bad. That was always a bad sound. Yeah, I used to like it when micro machines went from just being the micro machines, and then they used to make these tiny little ones that had the same kind of uh, motors and bits in them, and you sit there, wind them up, and then never find it again because it's so damn small. <laughs> yeah. It landed they, somewhere. They all seem to find the under underside of the couch. Yeah, oh, I used to love micro machines. Although I suppose you couldn't sell them now for being too small. They'd have to be maxi machines just so under threes couldn't swallow them. Yeah, <clears throat> back in the good old days when kids swallowed toys, eh? <laughs> back when safety sanders were, uh, were there for a reason, weren't they? There was probably no plastic in them, so it'd have just eventually gone through or broken down. The plastic <laughs> didn't break always, down. I don't think that was. That's It was more the choking thing. <laughs> but that's why you don't put glass in the windows, so at least it would have air holes. 
Well, it, that's why a lot of the Lego pieces have the holes in the top, isn't it? The um, the little tubes and stuff. Oh right, is that what it is? Oh. I know that's why I was told the uh, big biros have a hole in the end. Yeah, yeah, that's why. Well, yeah, yeah, big biros used to be completely closed. I remember back in it's got to be the late nineties, I think at this point. Back when Tomorrow's World was still on telly, and I think Ooh, Carol Vorderman was still on it. Mm, Tomorrow's World. <laughs> and it was a, a segment. I think it was Carol Vorderman who said it, but it, it was um, about big biros and when you put them in your top pocket and how they leak in your shirt and why they do that. So the whole thing was like, you know, if you've ever had, you know, they did a, you know dramatic reconstruction where they've taken the lid off a biro, put it in the top pocket and sure enough the, the ink's leaked out the bottom and you've got a nice blue splodge down your down your shirt and said, you know, what what to do if you've lost the lid and your biro leaks, the reason why it's doing that, explain the whole thing about the pressure differentials and viscosity of the uh, the inks and this, that, and the other. And the very end crux of it was uh, to stop it from doing it, you put the lid on. <laughs> How's that work then? <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. It's just, it just stuck with Shocker. me being a kid that, yeah, to, to solve the problem of not having a lid, you uh, you find the lid. <laughs> it's just like a very 90s way of solving the problem. <laughs> I think my funniest experience was her was when she was on Top Gear once and she happened to have the same car at the time of Jeremy Clarkson. And it happened to both be something that was supercharged and Jeremy's kind of just saying, oh yeah, and then that wizardry that happens under the bonnet. And she said, oh, do you not know how a supercharger works? Yeah. And he said, no, it's just magic. I put my foot down, the car goes down first and she sits there and kind of trying to teach him how a supercharger works. And I just thought that was brilliant. It didn't he make a comment to um, how James May had tried to explain it to him as well and he just glazed over. <laughs> yeah. When I missed Tomorrow's good. World. That was, Tomorrow's World was good. Like You're living it. in it, mate. <laughs> well, this is true. Yeah. Tomorrow's world and how Tomorrow's to. tomorrow's world. Oh. New series there. Just... It was a great program. The problem now is, gonna... is, is, as soon as, by the time they've recorded, edited, scheduled a program, mm -hmm. the thing that was so futuristic that they were talking about now exists. Well, I was going to say, you just browse the, the front page of Kickstarter, don't you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's that's yeah. the new tomorrow as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was good. It was good. Yeah, tomorrow's World too. and How To, two programmes I used to really enjoy. Mm. I used to like the, like the format and of It's how a to. bit... Uh... That was it. So it was How To, not Tomorrow's World. I've been a moron. It was How To, I think. I don't know. It's the same show in my head. She was definitely on How To. That, that's well, that's where because as soon as you said it and her, it was that's where I, I went with it. Yeah, it was How To. I was thinking of and Duncan, you legend, bringing up Pizza. Was I too old for this one? Because I don't remember It's a Pizza. It was BBC uh, or CBBC. It was like scrappy challenge for kids. Yeah, I had this warehouse full of junk. And they'd be set a challenge, and they've got to run around the warehouse and collect all the junk, and make something out of the junk. It was great. It itsy bitsy is a horror film, so don't do a spelling error. <laughs> <laughs> he scrapped yeah, a challenge. Was... Loved that too. That was 
Yeah. That was such a great series. Mm. Bit of Dick Strawbridge. Yeah. A bit what, of Dick. Put, what put me off um, uh, Scrap Heap Oh my goodness, Andy Peters when he was 12. Um, <laughs> he still looks the same. That's good to say, he doesn't look any different, does he? <laughs> this loading screen does not, oh, the intro, sorry, does not ring any bells with me in the slightest. Um, <laughs> what put you off? I ended up knowing two or three different people that worked for St John's Ambulance that went on to help and it, when they were turning around going yeah yeah no, it's not the tw- two 12 hour sections sometimes it can be a whole week and then they just cram it in to make it look like it was one day and I was just like oh man <laughs> yeah, but I mean, anyone with a rational brain would generally assume I'm, that anyway. I'm not intelligent <laughs> <laughs> if, it's, if it's on telly it's real <laughs> so, wow that, that's, that's really coincidental that they've managed <laughs> to all... find five different boat engines in this car scrapyard. Just so happens that they're doing a boat challenge this weekend. <laughs> Maybe they've planted something. Yeah. I think they could, they could bring that back. I'm sure they could keep Scrappy Challenge just toddling over for years, decades yeah. as a series. Cause the concept, I'm sure Robert Llewellyn would definitely come back and do it as well. Yeah. I know um, I mean, Lisa Rogers. The concept well. is fairly it's fairly straightforward kind of concept. You don't really need to, if you've got a tame scrapyard or you may just make your own scrapyard it's it's fairly easy to kind of just see as as say seed it with a few things mm. that are going to be useful for a particular event it doesn't matter if you have kind of here you over the course of 20 years if you've got yeah you know, six different yeah you know, uh one person submarines and yeah you know, t- 15 ballistas or the, or the like you can kind of just tweak the the final challenge to add that kind of bit of oh look you've got to make a tank but you're not allowed to use tracks or wheels yeah what kind of tank doesn't have tracks or wheels <laughs> one with you just have loads of, loads tank, of loads with of a tank spelt with a w rather than a t <laughs> yeah one tommy. with legs a walking a walking tank that's an that's an attack <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Yeah, it's like a tank, isn't it? That would be fantastic, though, to just do that sort of thing of like, right, okay, here's you know, you've got you've got a week to build a, a walking vehicle. Here's your sci-fi source material to pick from. Yeah, right. So what you're saying is, then the next meetup this year, we get we get May out of the way, and we're just meeting somewhere in the country where there just happens to be a scrapyard, and then a near nearby metal place and timber yard someone with a random field or worth or even better an open closed in space because of hey british weather and see what we can make <laughs> that would be amazing it would be it cool would. to do something like that that would be brilliant yeah what we need to do yeah company like i don't know Hikoki or, or somebody to kind of go yeah well, well we'll sponsor that here's all the tools you need here's... lincoln electric involved for uh yeah for that stuff and for the welders evolution for Hacking through whatever materials you need. Now, yeah, what we we need is that what we need uh, machine marts, so that way we don't have to worry about who argues over what tools are left afterwards. We <laughs> <laughs> know we're going to give it all back. I love those. I love those to the show notes, and then tag them when we put the Instagram up. And we'll see, we'll, yeah. Yeah, we'll see what we've got this it. idea. <laughs> to be honest, I had a conversation once with a guy who was using a lot of um, Hilti stuff, and uh, someone um, 
building storage rooms, which really doesn't require a huge amount, really an impact driver because of the speed that the bit spins, and then the way the impact bit works with firing in these, these small metal screws. And one of his his employees turned up one day with a load of Ryobi stuff. He was kind of like trying to learn that, just, just go away with that. There's my Hilti one. And this, this guy turns around and he said, what's the difference between um, your your um, your Hilti stuff and my Ryobi stuff? He said, well, when something doesn't line up and I hit it with my Hilti um, drill, my drill will still work afterwards. He said, I'm afraid of picking any of those up just in case it falls over, let alone gets abused. So he said, in my words, a professional tool is something that survives being used for something it wasn't designed to be used for. Mm. And that's how he, how he defined professional tools. There is a lot of merit to that. I think the healthy stuff, if you buy it and register it, if you're on the job site and it breaks, they'll they'll bring you one out as a replacement. Yeah. For all his important wow. tools, he had two of everything. So while it while there was downtime, he knew he would have a spare one. So in effect, mm. he always had a reconditioned one sitting in a box ready to go. Makes sense. It's great yeah. if you can afford to do that. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they're, they're impact drivers. I think when I was dealing with him, where they were about six, seven hundred quid a piece, bare bone. Mm. Um, well, all, all it needs to do is go down for a couple of days, once or twice, and then, you know, you've lost that money. Yeah. 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 Well, these years before pay... I realised the Hilti made anything other than what I call the Hilti gun. Yeah, the also sticker, two blank th cartridge in. Yes, that's what I can say. There's there's two things that are called the Hilti gun, uh, and only one of them is actually a Hilti gun. But everyone else yeah. seems to call the Hilti SDS a Hilti gun. If you've used a proper one, they are they an absolute beast piece of equipment. Well, we saw a chap yesterday the other day, didn't we? Showing him showing us his. Um. And uh, that took back some memories seeing those. But I think they were all. I don't even know if they make them in two forty. I think they've always been. All the ones I've ever seen have always been in one ten. No, we've used a, we've used a two forty healthy. Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah. Because then you got the SDS plus or the SBS max bits. And they got these immense chucks on those things. Mm. Yeah. See, yeah, I've got it, I've got a Bosch Hammer. Green Bosch old, now, SDS plus, mm. and. It's, just such a great bit of kit. I mean, I don't use it as pro rating, but it's it's helped me so many times. Yeah, you can drill a yeah inch wide hole, hole in yeah reinforced concrete if you've got the right bit. My SDS drills from Lidl. Yeah, I've got I've got one of the Lidl SDSs. <laughs> I bought one, of right, and I've got Ryobi tools. I don't care because I'm not a tradesman. It doesn't matter. Mm. I, I, I'll, I'll use my drill a couple of times a month and you know, it works, it's fine oh, I don't I need to spend 300 quid on an impact driver Yeah, I, 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 the, a lot of the, the tool snobbery comes from I think people that will use them <laughs> I'm just going to throw people it over that use and abuse them every day yeah, absolutely. Need, need the, the 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 top end stuff that, that you know, yeah. a, a drill that's got a, a metal gearbox in it, or you know. But um, it doesn't necessarily mean that you shouldn't buy cheaper stuff. You Sorry, absolutely bro. should buy cheaper stuff if you're not going to use it, because mm -hmm. what you save will be spent on other things that are more important. 
Yeah, I bought a Draper oscillating multi-tool, I think is what it was described as. And it was cheaper because it was on a cable, which I hate cables. And I used the life out of that thing until it practically caught fire and then went out and bought the Morky version. And I've never looked back since. Uh, but you, you <laughs> use, in, you know, you work yeah. with it all the time. Mm. Yeah. I, I've got a, I've probably got the same Draper multi-tool, uh, oscillating tool. Bright blue. Yeah. And, and I've used it less than a handful of times. And, yeah. and I, the only reason I have it is because there was a particular job I needed and it was the only tool that would do it. Yeah. yeah. So I go and spend 30 quid on this thing and it does the job just fine. And then, you know, I've got my value out of it already. Yep. Um, what, what I would say I for any... I don't spend any, any more than that because I'm not going to be using it every day. And yes. it, will, it will probably do that same job 20, 30 times and then it might die. Hmm. Yeah. When it comes to any budget-friendly saw, if you put a non-budget-friendly blade in it, Mm. It completely change what you're doing because yeah. yeah. the yeah. problem it's is 90% it's when those budget friendly saws come with blades and things now I actually take those blades and I put them in the bin rather than ever they don't ever go anywhere near the tool yeah. um, and this is the difference though. I mean obviously I can put a decent blade on it but I, I won a £50 bet once for a guy telling me that I couldn't have cut the RSJ that I know it went just over there actually because he wanted to go out and um, get a 12 inch grinder and while he's sitting there ringing to go and get a quote for a 12 inch grinder um albeit this is this is a perfect point it was a the at the time it was only about three weeks out but for Milwaukee's m18 fuel certain recip reciprocating saw and or saber saw i think is which, which was the name that they gave it i can't remember uh sawzall sawzall thank you and um I, all I had on me was Screwfix own brand blades. By the time I'd finished, I think every blade had mel pretty much melted all the teeth off of it and worn all the teeth off of it. But I cut all the way through it. But I knew what I bought the saw for and what I was going to need to do with it. So I had spent 70 quid on the carbide tipped blade because I knew I needed to go and cut a load of masonry with it. And he's kind of come round and there's one battery. It actually cuts all the way through this. I just happened to go through about 15 blades in order to do it. <laughs> but that particular saw is still going. When did I build that extension? Five? Yeah, five five years ago. Or mm -hmm. just gone five years ago now. Um, There's a lot to be said for buy a tool. I, I mean, there, there are maxims that you can apply for depending on what you want to do it. You know, buy cheap, buy twice, all that kind of thing. But mm -hmm. actually kind of buying a tool, if you're not sure if you're going to use a tool, buy it cheap. If you use it, if you hardly use it, it's probably fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you use it and you kind of you burn the thing out, it probably means that what you're trying to do is either pushing the limit of what that would do, and you definitely need to buy a more expensive one, or you've used it so much that you probably should then invest in a better one that will see you through. Yeah, and that, that's pretty much how I tend to do it. Is I, I'll if it's a new new to me tool, you know, something I've not used before, I'll often buy the cheaper version to try it out and to do that one job. And then if I find that it is useful for other stuff or it works really well or it's something I can use more often, that's then a good excuse for me to buy a better version of it. And I tend to just pass that one on to someone else yeah. who needs it. 
you know, granted, a, you know, privileged position to be able to do that, but that works really well for me. Then, for that same reason, you know, if you if, if you only use it once, then you've saved the extra on what it would have cost you to buy, yeah, you know, the, the high brand version. But like you said, there's a hell of a lot to be said for buying a cheaper tool, um, but then buying either good bits for it or good yeah. blades for it things like that you know whether it's like screwdriver bits i've had this this argument so many times with so many tradies who you know i'll be there with my one you know number two posi uh where a impact a bit that you know cost me three quid and he's there you know with like a, a pack of 20 uh dewalt bits that he bought for six quid and it's like yeah but you know why 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 should i spend three quid on one blade when i've got spent six quid and bought 20. It's like, yeah, but you've broken three of them today. You know, yeah. this this one wearable mm -hmm. I've had for months. You know, it's, it's the economies of scale, isn't it? You know, and yeah, the it is, yeah. economy of uh, the false economy of getting lots because they're a name brand, you know, trusting DeWalt stuff or, or you know, name other name brand <laughs> pack of bits sort of thing, you know. If you if you're going through breaking that many bits, then you're using the tool wrong generally. You know, so if you've yeah. got a we're using the wrong tool. Yeah, exactly. It's ridiculous when you the PZ to the PH and how long you sit there and you losing your mind when they don't seem to want to work. And one works in the other, but the other doesn't work in the other one, and I can never remember which way around it is to the point I still carry both. If it slips, right, sort them out. They, Phillips they work in a posse. Posi won't work in a Phillips because it's got four extra points on it. Well, the thing is, the geometry is different on both, but then you can also, if you end up working on anything uh, from Japan, you then got to throw the JIS into it as well. So that's three. Well, what now? JIS, <laughs> Japanese Industry Standard, which is very, I've very, never very heard similar. Of that. Very similar to a number two Phillips or to a, to a Phillips in that it's just a cross but it is a more square cross. The geometry is still different again. You tend to find it's it... It's a more square cross. Yeah. Phillips has slight swoops, swoop scallops okay. in, in between the lobes, whereas the JIS is much more straight. But you tend to find on the on the <sighs> screw head, you get a little dot in in the cross. In one one edge of the cross, you'll get a little dot on the screw. But it's a common, it's a common bin the line. You square drive for everything. <laughs> talks. <laughs> my my wife. Nah, actually... talks is too complicated. You can strip it as well. My, square my wife... drive. You strip a square drive. You're doing something <laughs> special. Really wrong. Yeah. My wife said, if I go before her, it's gonna it's gonna say on my gravestone, one talks too many. The amount of things because I would take two 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 fixings boxes to anywhere in the house, and because I've I've never got round to having a complete set at home. All my work stuff's in my truck and I can never be bothered to walk on the way over there. So it's out to the shed and come back with whatever I've got. And so you'll end up with, you need a 35 mil screw. Oh, hang on a minute. That's in, I've got that in uh, Torx. So out comes a Torx and I'll be doing something. Oh, I need a 40 mil. Oh damn, I've run out of 40s in that. So it's back to the other one. So I'm, <laughs> if you ever have to take that stuff apart, you need to turn up with two drills with one different of the two bits. And we took apart- That's the problem of with Torx though. That's, that's the main downside. If I go for like a three and a half mil, by 25 in torque, that's going to be a T15. Yeah, and, and then you jump up to yeah. So you, you know, then you, you stick a, a 40 mil screw and you're on a T20, and then you stick a five and a half by 50, and you're you're looking at a T30. You know, it's it's the yeah, in multiple bits for the same 
thing. Yeah. yeah, we took apart a rabbit hutch that we'd built, and my wife. This has been an ongoing thing between the pair of us, anyway. But this one really rubbed her up the wrong way when she worked out we'd, I'd used five different types of screws <laughs> to build. I didn't build the whole rabbit hutch at the same time, so it had additions over the years. But over that time, so by the end of it, there were these five different heads lined up, and she said, "That's what we took, or she took, to get that damn thing apart." Man, I was in trouble. <laughs> was there any any slotted screws in there as well? No, because I I don't do slotted. The only time yes. I do slotted yeah. is in door handle. I love love a slotted in a hinge. I don't like installing them, but I'd like like it looking. And it wouldn't be the first time where I've been somewhere and been grateful to having my Leatherman in my pocket. And I've gone along when no one's looking, knowing because I've taken it out in public and stri- straightened it so they're all in line. And sat I was going to say, can I, I propose a, a theory that the only, only person who gives a shit about flat-headed <laughs> screws in a hinge being all lined up is the person who put it in? Yep. I, 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 I cannot say I've ever really looked at the hinges in my house in any detail at all. For, right. First lab I ever worked in, we had um, it was magnetic media. Um, we had a, a small development line for making tape that, that kind of shows how kind of old it was. So we had a, a, a six-inch gravure coating line, and we were getting a lot of issues with. Uh, particulates in the mix and going in from the air so we did a lot of things like air cleaning and one of the things that we did or we had done was to have all the walls of the the room it, wasn't, it, uh, it was quite a long room it was, it was, it was probably about kind of sort of four four or five meters wide but it's probably about 20 meters long this room maybe not actually not even that probably 15 meters and they had the walls uh, certainly the 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 cause it kind of went from kind of your wet end to dry end. So in the at the wet end, we had stainless steel plates put across the, all the walls. And the my not my direct boss, but kind of the boss of the lab, had insisted that all the screws it was all it was all straight uh, slight screws, every single screw had to be vertical and there were hundreds of these things I like I mean, that it's good work good workmanship yeah that, yeah yeah it, I mean, it looked great, it looked great. Can, yeah it looked great the way you can tell you know, like because is it though <laughs> I've got to argue <laughs> the toss is well, it though uh, because to get those screw heads straight right you've got to either over tighten or under tighten exactly when they're yeah. made they don't align the thread with the direction of the slot right Correct. So they're either over tightened or yeah. loose. But there's only one instance. Or the occasionally, maybe one of them will be right. There's only one, one legitimate reason to still use a slotted screw anywhere in a building these days. And that is in sockets. Oh. And that's the only reason why they should ever be used. And the only reason why all your socket screws will be slotted screws is because of the fragile plastic for their back plates. And their face plates. So to make so sure the idea behind them with intact driver. Exactly. So they're not putting them in with a with a drill or an impact. Um, you've you've heard you've about changeable a... bits, have you? <laughs> hmm? Changeable bits. You can get you can get slotted bits that can go into. A... <laughs> yeah, but if, if you try and put a, a very very fine thread, uh, it's M three and a half in with a with a drill on a slotted bit. You end if up you're going to slip, don't it's, ask me how I know. 
yeah, it is <laughs> nigh on impossible to get one from start to finish without slipping off it. But that's that's why almost a reason to not use a fine thread, though. No, but this is the thing, though, is is because it takes because... you so much longer by hand. <laughs> it does, but there's a reason for it. It's because if you if you over tighten them, they just shatter the back boxes, the mm -hmm. plastic back boxes, and they absolutely know that if you if you give a Sparky an opportunity to put <laughs> them in with a drill, they will absolutely put them in with a drill. Which means all your face plates are going to be dinged, or they're all going to be smashed to bits. But when you've got if you've got a row of sockets on a wall, and those screw heads are aligned one way or another, that's at least showing that they've paid attention to what they're doing as opposed to just washing them all in and moving across to the next one. Yeah, I'm, I'm vertical when it comes to um, slide head screws. don't know why. I think it was the way, the way I was taught. And any time that uh, one wasn't vertical, I got clouted with the guy's Yankee. I used to hope he had an empty hand occasionally because the Yankee hurt. <laughs> Yankee screwdrivers. That. Yeah. Yankee yeah. screwdrivers. Yep. Yeah. Used to yeah. flick it. Thump. You heard, heard that shit. Miss one. Crack. Ah, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> and he he wasn't he he wasn't like um uh someone who was there to teach me anything like that. I we used to quite often just use tradesmen who were really good at their jobs, and I would labour for them for about a year. And as as we would start separating ways, I'd have learned as much off of them as I could, and away I'd go. So, no, that was that was my attempt at training, really. But yeah, you just hear his Yankee just get extended as it comes out on the old spring. Just duck. <laughs> I did did watch someone once sitting there who didn't know what a Yankee was looking at it while twiddling the bit at the bottom as I've grabbed it. I mean, literally, it, it, it sitting there eating a sandwich and just happened to look left as I saw him twist it and managed to grab it before he lost either a nose, an eye, because I had a big flathead in it as well. Oh. I mean, I it, that, that is that, that's the Luke Skywalker looking into the lightsaber moment, isn't it? It, it was, yeah. <laughs> and he's just literally at which point he's kind of freaked. What the hell was that? I said, well, that's the Yankee when it's closed. And I had two. I had one that was about yay long closed, and I had one that was about yay long closed. So, I mean, that one opened up, and it was going to work for the benefit yeah, of the audience listeners. Mil. Yeah, for the benefit of the audience listeners. Yeah, no, I was just trying to think whether or not I did it in trying to do it in metric or imperial, and I just asked, I didn't go with metric. <laughs> Yeah, there was one. There was one that opened up to about a foot long, mm. and there was another one that was eighteen inches shot. closed. Yeah, I, I, I had both in the end. I've managed to get the, the smaller one at a um, at a car boot, um, and the person kind of pretty much let me have it because they couldn't open. It just they said it was broken. I took it home, a bit of WD forty, a bit of GT eighty five, and giving it a bit of a twist, and it just shot out one day. And I thought, like, oh, brilliant, got that going. <laughs> and I paid about thirty, if not forty pound, at one point. And I managed to get a Yankee to a quarter drive adapter. And oh, that nice. was well worth mm. it because Yankee bits were starting to become harder and harder to buy. Certainly over here mm. anyway. Yeah, because they have an odd um, shape at the end, aren't they? Yeah, they're, they're kind, kind of, of like a long stepped. shaft and then this weird, no, like this weird bit. Of yeah, step with a, a V cut as well. Mm -hmm. I think they were designed to work with a bit and brace, weren't they? Were they the same? Same fitting because the bit and brace was a bit of a weird, weird angle as well. Brace is a, it's a tapered no, square drive. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Square taper, right? Yeah. I tell you, to, to see someone who knows what they're doing use one of those things, they're almost quicker than using a bloody powered drill. Mm. Especially um, with a, a good bit in it. Yeah. What's his name? Uh, Paul Sellers. Yeah. Seen him <laughs> like, yeah, knock a workbench together and chew through like an, an inch 
inch wide hole in a, mm. a big old lump of wood. Yeah, you'd be have the drill, the drill screaming otherwise. Yeah, yeah, but but just think about how often you go to drill something and you just rely on your sheer weight and speed of a drill bit spinning. I will get through this. <laughs> Fires <laughs> coming out of it. <laughs> Again, we're back to using the correct bits. If you stick the, the correct yeah. bit in it or you know a nice sharp bit, yeah. you'll actually cut through it without burning your drill out. Yeah, I bought some Milwaukee bits at one point. Oh, <laughs> I can't think what they were called, but they were a, a, a four-pack. And then you bought like the extra... Uh, inch and a half or something like that separate and they kind of looked like massive great big corkscrews but then went flat but had big arms that came around the side but with a um, uh, like a threaded bit on the end and like an auger and, bit yeah but they're designed to go with their whole hog which is a right angled drill with an obscene mm. amount of torque but they sold these regularly so I thought oh you get one of them in a drill nearly had my arm off at the same time as it just ripped through this piece of four by two and I'm just like holy moly Made a mistake once of trying to install the door with one of those and went to go and put the old lock set in the side of it, a hollow door, straight through it. doesn't care what it looks like, those things. And I was like, well, good yeah. thing I'm painting this afterwards. <laughs> yeah, just ripped the whole back panel off it. Yeah, I, I made sure I had my spade bits after that. But, um, yeah, th- those yeah, things. Yeah, good auger bit of rip through anything. Mm. My, my granddad was a wizard with her. Um, bit of brace. brace. That's the one. <laughs> but I yeah, think I, I've got a lot of his old, old, old tools, and um, my other half. When our granddad passed away, I inherited a load of his old gear as well. Lifetime carpenter. Oh wow! Yeah, so loads. I've, I've got beautiful, beautiful things that I might braces. never use. Yeah, one, one is really old. It, it was my dad's, and I think he inherited it off my granddad. Mm. Um, it's, it's, I've, I've got a bunch of his, his old tools, that, especially and a few that are kind of inherited on to him. That I kind of I'll never use, mm. but I've got, I kind of wonder. I've got this kind of it's in, uh, one of my list of projects is to kind of make like a deep shadow box and kind of mount them, and then just put them up somewhere. Mm. Just kind of just kind of collect them into a box. I don't know, maybe like eighteen inches wide, two foot tall, or something, and. But have it sort of, you know, so it's like four inches deep, so it'll take things like the brace, mm. and just clean it up enough, just to kind of, you know, not like repaint the the, the head, but kind of, yeah, you know, just clean off some of the sort of the rust and give maybe a bit of wax just to keep it nicely preserved, and but still keep the patina that it's got from kind of years of use, and just put it on display somewhere. Nice, nice thing to do. Yeah, it would be. <clears throat> Yeah, I, I got a um, uh, a number four plane, I think it was, for my 18th birthday in a bit of a set, a Stanley set. And uh, that's still in mint condition because still to this day I've never managed to get a, an angle, on, a, a bevel on it. <laughs> and the very first time I ever took it out and just went out the box, didn't know what I was doing. YouTube wasn't even a thing those days. Was internet even a thing back that far? Yeah, I suppose that was around. And I've just gone, fudunk, and it just stuck in something. And I went, right, okay, that got back on the shelf. And I've never, <laughs> never been back to it. But yeah, block planes, <clears throat> you can sharpen those things just pretty much with anything. And I absolutely love block planes. And um, we've got um, oak window sills all on the ground floor here, um, all round. And I went up to Croydon and went to a big, a big, uh, actually, no, I didn't. My wife went up to Croydon, up to the big uh, soy yard that was up there because it was the cheapest place we could get it. All rough. 
and I said, I'm going to do one of these, flatten one of these by hand. <laughs> Nine hours with block planes and card scrapers to get um, 1.8 meters worth of, of window board, but it was for a um, uh, my, our back door sill. And uh, did all of that and then went, right, now out with, out with a lunchbox planer on the table and did the rest of them. But I, I was so glad still to this day that I did it with the first one. But uh, yeah, that, that destroyed me. <laughs> About three weeks afterwards, I think everything from the knees upwards hurt. Yeah, I'll bet. But uh, it was certainly an experience. It was lovely just mm-hmm. to see it in slow motion. The uh, well, it was very slow motion. Whereas all the heavy, gra- I mean, it was seriously bandsaw cut. So mm-hmm. trying to go back in some cases for probably some five mil teeth marks, trying to look, work my way through. And in the same amount of time, I cut, sized, and, and dimensioned all of the others in the same amount of time as what it took me to make one. <laughs> and there were quite a few of the others. Uh, don't get any blisters and calluses then either. No, no, not at all. Especially when you're using then a circular saw to do the edges as well. <laughs> <laughs> and significantly less back ache. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's another thing with circular saws. If you've got a, an old or blunt blade or even a not suitable blade, Kai, they can leave some horrific edges on those. Mm. Right. Well, that's another one where, where people can often get away with a, with a crap saw, but they'll jump straight to a, a Freud blade. Yeah, and you've dropped down from like two point two mil curve down to like one point eight. They're wondering why it's you know cutting really, really, really well, really well. Yeah. And if it's battery powered, why the battery lasts five times longer? Yeah, like you, you're dramatically taking down the amount of cut surface and yeah, power needed and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So another funny enough, it's another thing I keep looking at is the uh, Milwaukee um, uh, router. But I know how much I don't use either of my two main routers. <laughs> but, well, I've got the AEG trim router, and it's it's fantastic. Well, that's what I want. I mean, AEG. It's probably even looks. It's probably exactly the same, just a different color as the Milwaukee one. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it'll be the, the same internals because they uh, TTI did that, um, and then it hit Ryobi as well. Yeah, I mean, hanging a door with a router. I mean, screws and things like that work work just as well, but. Um, Doing all of the hinges and uh, and all the recesses just with a router. Once you go out and square your hole off and just you just knit round it, and it's just so much quicker. Especially if you're doing a, um, in, a lightweight internal door or a bastard to do with chisels, because all they want to do is bounce and flex. Fire doors are. I need to do one of them. <laughs> I did one yesterday. <laughs> Our bathroom door had been squeaking for ages, so I took it off and went right. I've got a pair of heavy duty um, fire ball bearing hinges. Right in they'll go. And they were about five times thicker than the original, so I went to shut the door, dunk straight into the jam. I was half oh, crying out loud. <laughs> out come all the chisels, and all my other doors in my house are fire doors, bar my bathroom one. So I'm hitting mm. it, and you could just hear the echo running through it as the door is taking everything I'm giving giving it, even though it's a ludicrously sharp chisel. It just fought me the whole way. I think the last time I did a door was was that one to this office, mm-hmm. and because this is an extension on, on the house, that's. 1900s um all four edges of the door had to be trimmed all angles just to get it to fit in the, in the hole yeah we got a few of them <laughs> my house is from 94 and i've got a few of them <laughs> it's fairly standard with any building isn't it yeah i've got to sort out door our living room door through the christmas we had um, 
found it from the hinge side of the door to a kind of uh, shelf in the corner. We strung cards, yeah, for Christmas cards, just put some string across and we got kind of some decorated fancy pegs for holding all the Christmas cards. And somebody would hung a, not me, um, a wooden decoration, a bit like a kind of a, a, a marionette type puppet, or it might be an angel made out of wood off the nail that's in the door jam at the end next to the well the door jam next to the hinge and at one point the it slipped door was open slipped into the gap somebody closed the door because it didn't close properly and now the door doesn't like closing all the time so i've got a hinge to replace because it looks mm. like just a thin metal hinge the, the hinge is mm. bent a bit I might just try. I might try popping it off and just kind of stick the hinge in the vise, just see if I can straighten it out a bit. Give it a squish. I was going to say, quite yeah. often you can do that. But it's yeah, it's going right. to be it's 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 going to be a bit of a bugger to get out because the guy who put it in again, not me. He's flathead screws. What a wanker! No, no, didn't use flathead <laughs> screws. Did not use flathead screws. No, I wish he had used flathead screws because then he wouldn't have stripped the blooming heads. <laughs> oh. Well, all you need is you need to get sponsored by Dremel. So you can cut yourself a slot in the screw, <laughs> just just to just to argue with you there, Duncan. It wouldn't be flathead screws because flathead screws are just the ones where the head are flat. Yeah, sorry, slotted <laughs> screws. Slotted screws, flat flathead screwdriver. <laughs> just to be pedantic, yeah. Or you yeah. can do what a video I saw the other day, which was one of those ridiculous five-minute crafts where someone got a screw that they couldn't get out. So what they did, they'd got a um, welder. No, they got no. a welder and welded something to get to this screw. And I'm just like, just looks like you just welded it to the hinge, not the screw. <laughs> I think uh, Kelly Sands, the gentleman maker, did that on one of his car projects a couple of weeks ago. He had yeah. a, a bolt mm. that he didn't have I a spanner for. Or it, it stripped, the head was stripped or something. Yeah, didn't he? he, he so well it just tagged a, a bigger knot on or something. Yeah. Why don't you guys share that video? Because I've seen that one as well recently. Yeah. I think Jamie might have. I can't remember. No, I don't think it was me. I, I, I remember seeing it from the group, I think. I, I suppose it's, now we're an hour, so is... well, hour and 25 minutes in. Is it worth mentioning to anyone listening that, that we've got Duncan and Simon with us tonight that are from the original actual WhatsApp waffle group? Yeah. Bit late for that, isn't it? We, I mean, we could <laughs> do. Half the course. We could do, but it'd be in the description. So there weren't yeah. many of us original OGs, were there? There were no. a few, and it's we slowly got bigger. Maybe seven or eight. I'm oh, certainly quite a lot bigger I mean. since then. <laughs> Staying quiet. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we've talked about the history of it before, haven't we? I think on. Um, one of the previous yeah. guests. It, it was because uh... it came out of Make a Central, first Make a Central socialize find each other. Can yeah, I make interject. a central meetup? It was called. Okay, it was, and um, but the waffle group didn't come from the first Make a Central. No, no I missed that. Second. Yeah, it was from the second Make a Central, and it was basically all the people that talk too much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who annoyed everyone else <laughs> said let's have this splinter group where we can talk crap and not upset anyone 
And, which also um, then splintered, which I also then splintered I, into a 3D printing digital tech. It did. And I, at that point, I didn't really know anyone who or who anyone was. So I'm just like, right, yes, let's get into all the groups. I want to speak to all the people. So I kind of joined this waffle group. Got really annoyed at everyone talking too much. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's where it came from, though, wasn't it? Make it make yeah. essential sort of 2019. Yeah, yeah. Well, the original group yeah. was started up by uh, Adam England. Yep. Uh, yep. Of like build fix. Yep. Uh, I've got, got a gift from him from both uh, both maker centrals. Calipers mm. for the second and a print uh, stamped make build fix tag from the first one. That was that was laser cut. That oh, was it? Yeah. Sorry, I thought it was stamped. Oh, no, it was laser cut because yeah, he, laser he laser basically cut, got yeah. a full sheet done, um, and then brought it all in a rucksack, and realised oh, after heavy. about after about three hours, uh, it was trying everyone that walked past him. He was trying to give at least three or four to trying to lighten the load in his backpack, sort of tipping yeah. over. <laughs> when Nate turned up one year with a stamped copper, didn't he? <laughs> Is yeah, it copper. Yeah, copper tags. I can't wait till May. Yeah, it's gonna be good. I really can't wait. I can't wait till the end of April. All right, I can't wait till the end of April. <laughs> I mean, I suppose that's the, for for the anyone looking for an insight of what the waffle chat is like, it is basically this sort of piss takery and winding each other up. But you could it's share the last picture constant. that you put out last. <laughs> Which one? Oh, yeah. The corks. <laughs> the corks, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's just memes and winding each other up, I think, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good fun. Second family. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and then it, it, it's, I think it's the, it's the sign of a good community where you've also then got people can go, I'm having a really crap day. Because mm. this has happened and this has happened and this has happened. And I, I just don't know what to do. And mm. people will bunch in and go, well, you can do this, you can do that, and just come tell us about it. Because it's, it's that kind of friendship as well, where it. in that group of um, you know someone having a bad day, and you've got like five or six lovely replies, and then one sarcastic one taking the piss out of you still. Yeah, yeah. yes, it's, it's, the, it's that perfect mix of friendship. <laughs> yep, but I mean, what is it? The rule the rules in there as well is it? Don't, don't don't be a dick and uh, no, oh, no that was it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much. for life. Yeah, I think we need that on a t-shirt. Don't be a dick and no politics. <laughs> <laughs> well, didn't um, maybe we said too much? They had the first. They had the first one, didn't they? I think. Oh, Will, Will Wheaton was saying, "Don't be a dick." Years ago. <laughs> But I know, I know. There's, there's, there's a little bit of history of, um, of, of ideas being borrowed. I think on occasion. It's, it's always good, the tongues that they're sentence. borrowed, not stolen. Yeah, like, re repurposed. That's like, it. Like podcast titles. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be the second podcast that's stole, stolen a name from something, hasn't it? Recently. I know, make, I sorry, making it making it had their name, and then a show came out of it. So it was the other way around, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, even Tools of Tools has been uh, cloned recently, hasn't it? It's 
Now you, you don't know whether you're going to get a uh, YouTube channel about bike repairs or you're going to get the three lads chatting about food and weather. <laughs> yeah. One moaning it's too hot and everyone else moaning it's too bloody wet. <laughs> <laughs> it's about right. Yeah. It's, it's, it is approaching winter there in California, isn't it? So it, it's it's getting down to the kind of year like mid twenties Celsius. <laughs> Back into double figures <laughs> with, <laughs> with with occasional bits of rain, very occasional. So it's the only thing I don't like about the English weather, and is it is the only thing I don't like about it, and it's the bloody unpredictability to it. I mean, I watched the weather forecast this morning as I walked through the living room and it said, basically said, no rain till Wednesday while I'm walking towards the back door and it's raining. <laughs> it's just like, literally. So what you're saying is, it's the only thing you don't like about British weather is British weather. Yeah. It's, it's just a fact. <laughs> you, you, you can't predict anything to it now to the point where we bought a huge Coleman gazebo. So at least now when we plan and plan something, you know you can do it dry. <laughs> it in fairness, it's, the, it's, the, it's the temperature swings that get me. You know, if, if it was predictable that you would, you know, from November through till February, you'd get, you know, your temperature range would be a temperature swing of 10 degrees total. You know, mm-hmm. you, you'd drop down and then ramp back up. That, you know, something that's predictable and a nice tight sort of range would be great, but having, you know, minus two one day, 15 degrees the next day, <laughs> four degrees the day after, snow, then sun, then thunder, you know, is that kind of like, I'd like a bit more predictability and, and maybe to have the temperature range slightly closer so I can sort of get used to a season <laughs> rather than... <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the thing is, though, where no Andy fun. Duncan, Andy Duncan and myself are all low enough down in the country that we know if we get fucked over by the snow... It's destroyed the rest of the country because we're, we're in Bahamas compared to everybody else. Yeah, yeah. The, that, the warmth moment... tries to work its way north, but the snow very definitely tries to work its way south. Yeah, the, the moment that Gulf Stream moves, which it doesn't do very often, but when it does, yeah, we all bitch and moan down here because we get that white stuff. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it flipped into a different location a few years back, and I think we were about minus twelve for about three weeks, which I know isn't necessarily cold, but it was a hell of a shock to the system. It, it, yeah, minus twelve is cold. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you can say it's cold. <laughs> I was running a fishery. At the, I was running. I was running a fishery at the time, and I must admit, um, the fish couldn't quite work out why nothing on this, this, this was coming in anymore to feed them. And, uh, yeah, we stayed frozen, I think, for about four weeks. And even if you broke the ice so you could fish, it was uh, yeah, it refrozen either throughout the day or definitely had refrozen by the following day. Yeah, I, th- I think that that particular winter it was got down to minus twenty eight in Liverpool. My yeah. my car was in the uh, in the garage up there, and uh, even with all the antifreeze and everything, it's still frozen. So I'm just way well, uh, up. Our, our antifreeze is good to, for uh, normally at best minus ten. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. not des- it's not designed for yeah lower than that. I'm just trying to think how old we don't get was. we don't get it often enough. I mean, it's eighteen or twenty eight. It it was it was bloody cold either way. 
Yeah. We don't. We don't get. Consi- I mean, we were talking about this last week, weren't we, with with Caro and, and Kiel. Yeah. We don't, in the UK. We don't get those consistent winters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We we don't get. Yeah. It's like the whole thing of kind of yeah, putting summer tires on, winter tires on. Yeah. yeah. Most people in the UK don't even know that you can get special tires for the winter. Never mind having a requirement to actually put them on. <laughs> yeah, you get yeah. in some countries if you want to be insured. Yeah, I think isn't it that they're only like Denmark. Yeah, exactly. To like only only really of any benefit below below minus ten, I think. No, not below minus ten. Below ten. Um, well, that's generally when you'd start to switch them. Is when you get a, a run of a couple of weeks being below ten degrees. Yeah, but I mean, we've got like a four-day stretch now. Uh, you know, at the end of December, where it's fourteen degrees here. Yeah, I, I know I've got, I've got, got two weeks tires on one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah you yeah. be changing your tires every week. Yeah, every other day. Sometimes. <laughs> well, I suppose Kent. A few years back, you got snow and we didn't. It was almost like yeah. it got to the border and went, "Nah, we're not going over there." It, we, I mean, it's odd because of the shape of Kent, because obviously being close to the coast on two sides, you know, sometimes we get hit off the northeast, coming down off Siberia, and we get it, you know, quite mm. nasty. Mm. Um, and sometimes, of course, it's bloody dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> and it, I mean, it's just, yeah, I'm not. I'm, no, I'm going to stay away from kind of people driving in snow. It's down here. It's. Oh look, I've got four-wheel drive. Therefore, I can still drive as fast as I can as I normally do on my summer tires because <laughs> yeah, I've got uh, a four-wheel uh, drive because I've got this sixty thousand pound Range Rover. I cringe so when I see people doing that around Brighton, and I'm sitting there mm-hmm. just trying to stay away from them and not be big tagged into the same same group as them. But uh, yeah, my, one of my uh, buildings that I look after is um, on a ridiculously steep slope, and a few years ago, you've got buses that are trying to still run. But if they came over the top of the crest, they had no control all the way down the bottom. And at the bottom is a 90 degree turn next to the police station. And these double decker buses are still trying to come down there. And I remember seeing a Shogun in particular had just stuck it into all wheel drive, gone round everyone. And he's, he's sitting there with his fingers out the window, sticking his fingers up at people because they're not going anywhere. And he's going round them. And this bus came over the top of it. I've never seen a, sh- a Shogun reverse so fast in the snow in my life because there was nowhere the bus could go. The bus was trying to lock up and you could see it starting to snake. Mm. And I'm just watching it, going, yeah, I, you know, I can't. I'm just going to listen for the noise and then go down there and see if I can help because there's no way I'm going to watch this. Yeah. And when I didn't hear anything, I've looked around the corner, and this guy, guy, woman, must have been an absolute pro at driving in a double decker bus in the snow because not only did they not hit anything, they made it around the corner at the end. <laughs> it, was, it was just it, it shouldn't have happened. After that, they closed the road. No one was coming down it anymore. But um, yeah, <laughs> that was something else. It was yeah. Handbrake it, power slide. Well, when we had we went out there because someone had hit our hit our wall and was now blocking the road, and it was um, someone driving a mini, um, the mini Clubman, so slightly longer. Mm-hmm. Every time this driver freaked out, they put the handbrake on. As soon as they put the handbrake on, the arse end just it just snapped, and the arse end just flipped straight round again. Mm-hmm. And it was like just foot brake, foot brake only. Oh, but that's not working. Yeah, neither is the back brake. That's why you keep going round in circles. And we eventually we kind of helped push them off our, off our property and into what was then the entrance to the police station. We just said, just wait until the road's cleared. Because being polite, you're dangerous. 
<laughs> control it as much as you can with gears. That's yeah. The safest way you can do it is to is to control your speed with yeah. gears and then gently so ease the brakes on when you when you're slow. Yeah. yeah. A few yeah. years back, mate of mine, it, it's got um, it's got two vehicles. It's got a, a G wagon and a Smart Four Two. And it just so happened that he was getting a lot of work done on his G wagon when all the snow hit. So we had to just commute to work in the Smart Four Two, trying to go up up hills in the snow in in this little tiny smart car. And so he got he got beached at one point, and um, all of a sudden these these two Eastern European dudes, um, just sort of big Slav type blokes, jumped out of their car and just pushed his smart. Back onto the road, <laughs> just like so you can they, say you know, up. <laughs> pretty much. They just kind of like manhandled the car back onto the road, yeah. just kind of bounced it across the snow. But, um, yeah, just, yeah, just bad timing to have the have the the large four by four, you know, mostly agricultural vehicle to be off the road. Yeah. When we had all that minus twelve, so I mean, for the majority of round here, we had ice rather and rather than um snow but um back in those days i had the gsx voxel safira people carrier which normally was lovely to drive but because the all the computer in this thing was trying to make you not die you couldn't drive it in the ice the only way i could drive it was by hitting the sport mode which turned off all the advanced features and, but the problem is it now meant I had ridiculously good throttle response. So I'm trying to drive a car that all the car wants to do is either kill me in one mode or kill me in the other mode. And you're trying to almost ride the clutch so you weren't just trying to... Because it, I mean, it wasn't stupidly quick, but it was quick. And all mm. it kept wanting to do was to say, either as soon as all the dashboard light, light up like a Christmas tree, you kind of just stopped and went sideways across the road. I don't know what it did. It was almost like it walked. Sport mode, all that off, and you'd go in a straight line. But uh, yeah, that was that was interesting. Not fun to drive. My Renault was no good in the uh, in the snow either. Perfect well, in every other to, condition. Um, to nudge it up into uh, a higher gear to give yourself a fighting chance because you, you're getting rid of that um, that high torque. You know, you're lowering the torque mm-hmm. down so that you're less likely to slip the wheels. Then. Yeah, we we had it's one like clutch smell though. <laughs> we we had one year where the um, A23 was closed and the police were at an area called Hancross Hill which was down one hill and then up another one and basically people were getting stuck at the bottom so one at a time the police were towing people up that hill and then letting people drive off they drive back down, pick someone else up and obviously you you'd, it closed at about rush hour and I think mm. some people didn't get off of that until like the, the following afternoon Ooh. and um I remember being able to get off the junction early before that, and I was driving the works van, which was an empty LT35 V5 engine, about 300 brake horsepower, high top, long wheelbase, and the back end was empty and it was rear-wheel drive. But <laughs> I knew the country lanes really well, and I was absolutely fine being the only person driving on virgin snow on the, through the country lanes, thinking, brilliant, I'm going to make it home. All of a sudden, I met a load of headlights that were doing laning, so it was like three Land Rovers across the road driving at me because they were drive playing in the virgin snow. And at the last minute, they're all ducking to try and get out of my way. That was something else. Because <laughs> at which point I'm going, if I break, we're all dead. 
So I'm flashing lights at them. They're flashing lights at me, and I'm, but I'm like on my side of the road. <laughs> you think? Yeah. Well, I had a hedge next to me, so I was, I was, I was hoping so. But uh, yeah, that was something else. I got home that evening and kind of went, yeah, I don't want to repeat that again. But I, I left Colchester with not a snow, drop of snow on the ground. And as I'm getting further and further south, you're just hearing more and more horrific uh, weather conditions. And I'm like, okay. And the moment we went over the Thames, that was it. It was just snow everywhere. He's <laughs> like, oh, I might go back that way. <laughs> I've done that before. I've been doing, I've gone to see the, the family up in Liverpool. I'm coming back down to the Midlands. And you, you, all the snow starts to hit. And you, you know, late at night as well. And it's just that kind of feeling of being, you know, going into, into warp speed or something. Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. The Millennium Falcon doing, doing sort of 70 on the, uh, on the M6 with just this pitch black and just all you can see is the headlights in the snow. And then a shitload of brake lights, and then you realise that <laughs> some idiot has decided to ditch it or something. Yeah, that's why there's some idiot. It's, you're you're doing a kind of reasonable speed in the tracks, this clear road ahead, and then some idiot behind you wants to do a hundred. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody in a big long wheelbase van comes hurtling past you. <laughs> <laughs> remember driving around the, some lanes around near where, where I, I live now um, again a horrific amount of rain so much so it was running out of a field down across the road and then had nowhere to go so the road was just filling up and I didn't know how to get to where my daughter had gone to a party and this was the only way I knew and I'm, I'm heading along and all of a sudden I'm seeing oh we've got a bit of a bit of a puddle here and a series one maybe Landy had gone round me and driven still down the middle of the road, but I could see how much of its tyres were visible before it went in to the puddle. And I was like, I can follow it. Bearing in mind, I'm driving a Fiat 500 XL, which isn't much higher off the ground than the Fiat 500, but it being mm. a manual, first gear, ride the clutch, and just hear what I could hear from behind me was a blah, 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 as I'm underwater, but it's, it's doing that. And I'm following him through. I kid you not, two dead, there was a dead Audi, a dead BMW, all fancy ones where they just tried to go fast and it didn't work. And then something else that was dead that was a four by four. And it was like, okay, this is a bit weird. I'm slightly in trouble. We got out. I followed him through around the puddle. And as I've come past it, it's like old boy farmers let out the window and give me a round of applause. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did the same with the Foxhall Mariva, one of the first Ooh, nice. Horrific car. Do not recommend them. I just remember the adverts. <laughs> but it was, uh, it was the turbo diesel. Mm-hmm. And same sort of thing, uh, just you know, really, really horrific weather. And I'd, I'd gone to a site visit for work, and um, it was somewhere that my, my boss knew is uh, the village they're in. So he was like, Oh, because the weather's really bad, come in the top way because it's easier and safer. And something, there just happened to be the flow going under this uh, railway bridge where the flow of the water was running, so it's coming down, down one side of the bridge, running. Uh, under the bridge on the roadway and then coming down the embankment the other side. So that was the only way to get through. So I, I'd sort of gone to the to the outside bit where it was shallower and worked my way through and got, got through fine one way. And then coming back the other way, as I'd, I'd done the same thing again, I'd obviously hit the grate or something. So the water line was still still below the air intake. Mm-hmm. And um, I'd, just, I'd just hit something. Um, and it was enough to just knock the knock the air intake down under the water. And being a turbo diesel, just hoofed it in the engine, just shut down. So I'd um, 
fortunately, I, there, there was some some guys in Land Rovers just driving around the village, just pushing people out of puddles. And uh, that's what they ended up doing. Pushed me out. It took took two days uh, to get the car back from the garage. They basically just stripped everything off it, dried the whole lot out, and then put it all back together. And it actually did still fire up. But we were we were expecting it to be completely terminal because once the uh, if the water gets into the cylinders, it just doesn't compress, so it just usually just breaks the block and stuff. But uh, yeah, that was that was a bad time. <laughs> And you got wet feet. No, I didn't. I didn't have to, have to get out of the car at all. Oh, they pushed you even before you got needing to go find help. Oh, that's handy. Yeah, I, I was basically just sat in the car. Just I rang my boss up, said, "Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm stuck in the puddle. I'm not going to be back to work yet." And uh, you know, after a couple of minutes, they, these guys just drove around and just sort of shouted through, "Do you want a quick push?" <laughs> I was like floating. The HGV went went past, and I just kind of like floated along. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah, that's fun. Your Doom Bar glass, you got is that all? Um, is that all vodka, Andy? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, just fifty-fifty nice with tequila <laughs> <laughs> and some white rum. Yeah. <laughs> God, that'd be an interesting smell. <clears throat> Yeah, afterwards as well. Created interesting smell. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, Andy did lights that goes to light up a fag, it just explodes. <laughs> I say, it's a long time since I've had any. Is Malibu colourless? Yeah. Yes. Like coconut rum. Mm. I don't think I've ever drinking it, drinking it, drunk it neat, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> My seventeenth birthday still brings back um, uh, nightmares. Yeah. Got alcohol poisoning for my seventeenth. Don't recommend that. Uh, yeah, it's probably not a good idea. Wait, waited longer than my dad. He got it, I think, for his fourteenth. So, <laughs> what, what's the saying? <laughs> fail fast, fail early. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I worked in a pub at the time, and I could even the smell of alcohol just made me feel ill. And the problem is, I just hid in the kitchen. <laughs> it was great until they do the steak and ale pie days. I actually well, did not have doing it young. You're more likely for your for your liver to actually recover and re regenerate some of itself, aren't you? To me, this is a rule. I don't normally drink, but um, Duncan told me I had to. So well, it's it's New Year's party, isn't it? We, we've it had, is. We've had New Year's yeah. three days from now, two days ago. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get some Bushmills whiskey. Actually, I tried that years ago, and I quite liked that. Oh, I haven't had Bushmills for years. I, I went there when I was in Northern Ireland, but my day trip was going somewhere else. That's where we dropped people off. So I can say I've been there, I just never got off the coach. <laughs> and uh, my sister's wedding, I thought I'd try and see if I could get the groom drunk for a giggle. And we, I worked along with him, the optics, just but I only did the whiskies. And I had Bushmills there, and I went back to that one a couple of times going, I quite like this one. In my area, the only place that sells it is Waitrose. <laughs> Waitrose is always packed and kind of just, you know, the, uh, people. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to knock on the window, see if I can do sign language and pay for it, like contactless against the window or something. There is this thing, this, this other, room. yeah, like um, the internet where you can buy stuff. Mm. Yeah, I'm kind of running out of time to bring it to your house. 
Yeah, but I set. I ran out of Most time. Of the time. For, for, <laughs> for, <laughs> right at the door. <laughs> well, I'm more concerned about the getting a local to deliver it and it being drunk before it gets here. <laughs> Find out it's just piss back in it and going. Oh, I don't remember it tasting like this. <laughs> Didn't all the that bells? Because <laughs> <laughs> our bell sponsorship. <laughs> Thank fuck for that. Yeah. Uh, years ago, I was working with a lad, and he came in, came in the uh, following day, and said, oh, "I'll tell you about what happened to me at a party last night." And I thought, "Oh God, normally these stories are horrific." He said, "There's a guy that turned up, and no one liked." I thought, oh, "That's always a good way to start the story," but. uh so they basically a guy down down to Bex, filled it back up with piss because the bit being Bex, cracked a lid back on, handed it to a guy and said, "Oh, I take this bloke, knocked it off, downed it in one," and went, "God, that tasted a bit funny." He took the piss. Oh, yeah, sorry, it was piss, and he goes, "No, it didn't taste that bad." He said, "But definitely didn't taste as it tasted nicer than Bex normally." Puts it down and just walks off. <laughs> So, okay, I must admit, I, I don't drink lager in the slightest, but uh, it all tastes like piss to me. Yeah, same. But you sit there and just thinking, oh, yeah, okay. We we bought um, a demijohn of uh, Old Rosie in the, in the kind of the pre-Christmas shop. As a little, yeah, exactly. <laughs> as well. um, but... Uh, yeah, normally what we do at Christmas time is is with the old Rosie is we mull it. Oh right. And it's just it's absolutely fantastic. And really? we just haven't got round to it, but Jackie and I both just fancied a bit of bit of old Rosie this evening, so Yeah, you'd have the right it's got the right taste for that, yeah, I see where you're coming from. It's not too sweet mm. either, is it? So I've just come from the um from Thatcher's old haze, which is very sweet. But it's good though. Yeah, I do like the Thatcher's haze. My, still, my favourite is the Aspals. They do a haze. But uh, the only place I can seem to get that is in Suffolk, which is rather a long way to keep going just for a pint of cider. Waiters might sell it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is that. Somerset seem to certainly do live do uh, some nice ciders, though, don't they? Mm. Can everyone be? Is, is, is Somerset the home of the cider, or is it as far as Cornwall? I'd so, Somerset I'd, kind I'd of say, generally. I'd say kind country. of West Country, generally for cider. I mean, yeah, Hereford, Herefordshire, Somerset. I wouldn't. I wouldn't really describe Cornwall as a cider place. No. Or even Devon, to be honest. I mean, yeah. Doombar is, is is Cornish. No, definitely not cider. Um, That's an ale, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, if I was thinking cider, predominantly, I would probably start with Hereford, just because that's where my dad grew up. Um, so we we used to go to Hereford quite a lot. Um, it's where my parents met. So kind of yeah, it was, yeah, Bulmers and woodpecker for years i had a woodpecker um bedside lamp it's not bloody cider it was a was a it was a literally a woodpecker carved but it was cast um with it's the side of your slum it with an indian indian restaurant um and so then i then yeah somerset but i've also yeah i mean yeah suffolk does does have a bit but i wouldn't 
think of that first. But I can't, don't think it's a cider in any of the other parts of the country. It tends to be ales elsewhere. Mm. Well, we've got um, Harvey's down here for uh, for their ales. Um, uh, I can't think of the name of the guys that were out. So they were out of Lewis. There was another old one in Horsham, King and Barnes. I think they were predominantly all um, ales. Holden Woodhouse bought King and Barnes, so that was the end of them. Well, you go back long enough, every town had its own brewery. Mm. You go back far enough, actually. My, <laughs> I'm surprised my town isn't just full of pit holes, because I found uh, my girl's doing some homework um, over this, this wonderful last 12 months. I happened to find a map that was, say, 1860, and then now, and it had a slider. So you could look, be looking at a part of the map, and as you move this slider, it moved the map from then to now, kind mm-hmm. of age, and you'd see bits popping through it. And almost the entire of Burgess Hill was um, clay pits. And it would just literally like mm-hmm. be clay pit number one, clay pit number two, clay pit with the such and such, and then when you, a random name. And then as you scroll to now, that's now the name of that road. And it's like, oh, okay, fair enough. I mean, there were a couple that stayed up until recently where um, we were still hand-making tiles in Burgess Hill until probably 20 years ago. Um, and the, those pits, well, their they're huge pits now were a, were a few lakes and now a housing estate. But um, but uh, yeah, it's it was it was quite remarkable actually on on how clayey we are around here for those kind of things. Mm. Yeah, we're we'll clay in Kent as well. I don't think it's the right sort of clay for making anything with. Certainly, the right sort of clay for causing flooding and making growing things in the garden difficult well you've had a few places over your way um dig up that full of is it full of earth that goes in all the beauty products and things i don't know I, I, it, it is yeah full of earth is is, is quite a, one of those kind of very useful naturally found there's products. a couple of fisheries that found out that's the type of clay they had around your way that when they found out they're digging their lakes and had that they stopped being a fishery and <laughs> they dug it out instead um I can't think of the main one that, that did it. It's names off the top of my head at the minute. And it was right next to the river. No, I can't think what it's called. It's bugging me now. Mm. Yeah. Problem is, we're around mm-hmm. here, though. We didn't do much for the Industrial Revolution, so we don't have the, the many of these great, sexy buildings that you get in London and up north. We've just got houses that are that old. No one wants to live in them anymore. <laughs> Well, you've got quite a bit of chef at your way, Andy, for the oast houses and bits. Yeah, lots of oast houses around Kent. Um, but I mean, Kent, Kent's always been... I mean, there has been mining in various parts of Kent for a variety of things. Um, yeah, it's some interesting sort of materials, you know, marble in one place. and uh, there, was, there was coal, I think, in a couple of places in Kent. But yeah, predominantly it's been, yeah, it's the Garden of England. It's that kind of, you know, Grow stacks of food. It's the you know, perfect place for growing hops and fruit. Yeah, you get long kind of sort of fruit seasons. But it's a, it's good for that. I don't know if that's still. Yeah, I mean, it's still there's a lot of food still grown in Kent. But now it's become more of a. Let's see how many houses we can build so that people can move out of London. Mm. Uh, drive the. Kent prices up 
make it harder for people that live in Kent and have families in Kent for, to stay in Kent. Well, maybe they can use some of that money to make some of your roads a bit wider. <sighs> no. It would be good in places, particularly given the predominance of Range Rovers and <laughs> the like around here. It's, uh, this is just old yeah. dude's rant, isn't it, this episode? <laughs> I'm oh, trying some... not to. I could. <laughs> there, there are a couple. There are a couple of routes from around the Tunbridge to Maidstone area where you look at you look at a map and your sat nav says, "No, no, this is the best way." And then you're okay. Okay. Now, what about the longest? Oh no, you're still going to go this way. You know. Like, okay. How about we go for something that's wider than five foot five? Yeah, we could probably. There's a couple of bits that are wider than that. Yes, arguing with your sat nav. Point me in a different direction. <laughs> When you get that to last a bit, time I went down to Steve's, it was the same. The, the sat-nav decided to just randomly just tell me to turn left at some point instead oh, of just I mean... going down the dual carriageway for another half a mile and it'll all be great. <laughs> it just decided to take me through, like, farmers' fields and people's back gardens and, you know, there's one point where I had to uncliff someone's washing to drive past. <laughs> you're in the CRV, though. You're fine. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, fortunately. But, yeah, it was... Yeah, I... I'd love to, you know, have a have a chat to the people that do the sat nav stuff and, and just sort of ask them if they've ever looked at the types of roads that they're sending people down. <laughs> but it's it's only come from that tape, hasn't it? That you put the tape in, it talks to you when you've got your little <laughs> control box. <laughs> I watched the whole of that video. That was brilliant. Like, That's going to mean nothing to anyone outside of our chat. <laughs> well, they no, have to do it, that utmost best to get in. It means nothing world, to me. From, it was a clip from Tomorrow's World, wasn't it? I think. I think it's possibly a quite early yeah. tomorrow's world um it was for the benefit again of people who haven't seen it which is probably everyone apart from jamie simon and myself it was an early navigation system the the demonstration was in a volkswagen beetle and it consisted of two original. parts <laughs> yeah the original beetle not the new one uh kind of yeah, it was, it was when they were, everything was still in black and white and the you had a cassette playing in your cassette deck in the in the car, which had which instructions for, anyone, for a particular route. For anyone under the age of forty, is like can I MP3. Can I have a guess? Did you have to drive to the time of the tape? No, it was cleverer but than that. Good, cleverer than that. There was an extra gizmo that was connected underneath the dashboard that was connected to the speedometer. You had a, a, ah. a, a card which you could add in, which would tell the, the device the diameter of your wheels. Mm. So knowing the diameter of the wheels, knowing the speed, Knew the it distance. could work out on the tape, there was a beep. And the beep would tell the, um, connect with this essentially a computer to determine how long to pause the tape before playing the next instruction so based right. on the speed. They were all just queued up on the tape. Yeah. So it was all just all queued. So it would say like, yeah, turn left. And yeah, if you, if you only had half a mile to go down this road and it, could, it would work out kind of yeah, how long it was taking you to do that half mile based on your speed and the diameter of the wheel. That's And brilliant. then it would tell you the next direction. I love that. It's, that's it's a mechanical that, solution. That, that, that's yes. just working with what you've got the available technology to yeah. come up with something so innovative for its time mm. Mm. 
that's brilliant. I've, I've never heard that before. That's that's yeah. Probably yeah. The only problem I can see with that is that you'd have you'd have to have a completely new tape. And who's making these tapes? Well, yeah. Someone's got to manually so record it, right? Yeah. Because yeah, the person didn't. I mean, that you had you had OS maps, which were very very accurate. Yeah, best in the but world. Still, I mean, someone would have to sit there and and measure them all out. Yeah. Or drive the route. Well, that's the thing is, is, in theory, you could plan your own. Well, because you'd probably need to plan your own route anyway, wouldn't you? You know, if you're going from point A to point B. Well, that's the so tricky could, bit. Yeah, well, yeah. that's the pre-record your route. The tape, though. Yeah, but that's the thing is, you could pre-record your route. Um. If a roadblock closed, that's it. That's that's. Oh yeah, game you're... over, isn't it? Yeah, you wouldn't be able to get it yeah. to automatically check everyone's phones in the surrounding area and redirect your traffic. <laughs> well, with how far back this would have been, there probably weren't even that many cars on the road, so it'd probably been fine for that. <laughs> I mean, it looked like it was filmed in London, and London looked fairly empty in this. Hmm. That's genius. I'm trying to think of a an equivalent now that we have that just works around stuff that doesn't exist yet. Yeah. Ooh. And I, mm. I can't think of one. Well, I suppose it's, it's, hard to imagine, it's hard to imagine something that you don't know doesn't exist. But can you, ima- can you imagine an 50 years ago have... telling somebody about GPS, having this thing that would sit in your car and tell you the directions to anywhere yeah, I don't know because fifty years ago we we had satellites already. Mm. Just about. Yeah, about fifty years ago from the vantage point of where Andy's pretending he is. <laughs> fifty years ago, fifty years ago, be... three days from now, two days ago. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> Andy's fifty years ago. He's still thinking like nineteen fifty. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, worryingly, when 50 years ago, he's still, what, 70, 1971. That's the scary bit. Mm. Yes, masking. Perhaps a a workaround is what we're doing now, which is talking on video, which is 2D. Mm -hmm. Yes. With just audio. We can't interact. We can't shake hands. We can't hug. We can't do anything physical. I can't reach onto the shelf and in Jamie's office there and grab something. There's nothing behind me you want. <laughs> but in in 30 years time yeah, we'll I can just, totally we'll just, imagine that. that your your office will be a a virtual environment and we'll be we'll all be sat around a the same coffee table in thick leather chesterfields and we'll be getting the smell of the Little fire that's yeah. crackling away in the corner. Yeah, yeah. Like, we'll just like have another yep. My brother bought his Oculus Quest round today, mm. um, and he was trying to. He had got some free game installed on it for called Echo, which is actually, as he called it, Space Advanced Death Frid- Frisbee. That's, but I couldn't get the art of flying because in my brain I wanted to do a Iron Man kind of thing. So when you pulled the triggers, you would be pointing down to go up. 
Instead, of, it wasn't. It was a Superman thing, and the jets fired backwards. So you pointed up, out the ceiling there, and you <laughs> would go up. I keep forgetting that's there. I don't know why. So in the end, when he said, oh, and you can push this other button and your character grips. So I was doing the opposite. I was doing a Spider-Man. So I'm walking up the walls and then stopping and looking down at what I'd climbed off. So I'm in this weird, like, spaceport is the only way of describing it. And that was the really weird feeling of climbing up a wall across the ceiling and then looking down and kind of almost getting vertigo inside a game, even though it mm-hmm. was so fake because it was a spaceport. As a, and you look and your hand's kind of gripped onto the wall here and it, it's rather, it hadn't sunk in and it was bad at CG or anything. It, it was holding onto the outside. And that was pretty cool. Um, so where when you said about for what we've got there for me whenever I still think of the future I still think of Johnny Memonic which I think is something Jamie and I were saying about the other evening and kind of the way that went even though the CGI was horrific for that film the concept of stuff like that I still think is absolutely amazing and I almost wish Keanu signed back up to make another remake of that but with today's technology I don't want this necessarily as a remake so it's remade. I want it as that film, but with today's tech. Yeah, I, I I've, quite like I've to not seen to... that. It's been years since I did. I'd like to get to the... Um... Oh, shit, what's the film? Robocop. Tom, Tom Cruise one. Oh, uh, Minority, Minority Report. Report. Minority Report, yeah. Based on the Philip K. Dick book. Um, yeah, with the the, like the holographic stuff, and I suppose it's like Tony Stark with the old the, the glass panel for his phone yeah. and stuff like that. That would be that that leap, leap forward in time to to that mm. era of tech. That'd be quite fun. Well, if if you're talking about like the tech rather than the the three future projecting people that live in a swimming pool. Um, oh yeah, totally. Yeah, I don't, I don't <laughs> want the precogs and all that kind of rubbish. Yeah, the... well, that that kind of already exists, doesn't it? It's it's all little pieces at the moment. It just yeah, needs someone to put it all yeah. put it all together. Like you can you can get um, uh, like motion sensing, um, like a little. It's a little gadget about yay big it's on your desk, and you've got leap a motion. keyboard. Yeah, leap motion. That's the one. I couldn't yeah, you get the leap motion is the is the camera one. It's not the projector yeah. keyboard. Um, so I've, I've got, all, got you know motion. that that kind of mapping for hand mm. movements is already there. Yeah. Um, things like um, haptic feedback gloves. Yeah. They're already there or on on the way, so you could virtually touch something and feel pressure on your fingertips. Yeah. Um, VR's pretty good from what i understand i i don't have a vr headset but it's kind of there um 360 degree um like treadmills yeah kind of there the one in um ready player one i think i'm right in saying they actually built it um i don't think it was like working fully but i believe it was a physical thing you know it wasn't CGI, so that's kind of already there. It's all this this metaverse thing. <laughs> that's what. Yeah, I'm it's, I'm sort of. It's in gonna that. come. It's gonna come. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it, it's a matter of people having vision. Yeah. And kind of yeah, 
a new piece of tech gets developed. And it, it's kind of one of the, I think tech is one of those things that kind of leapfrogs back and forth off different things. It, mm. uh, take computers. You know, you get, somebody will come up with some new hardware thing. So the software guys go, oh, that's good, that's faster, we can do, we can do this now. Mm. And then, of course, then the kind of hardware guys go, ah, well, this is now stretching the capability of the hardware, but we can now go a bit faster because they mm. want, they seem to want this. And then, so you kind of get, it kind of oscillates up as new things get developed. I mean, if, if take, you know, the capability of something like Photoshop now compared to when it first came out, uh, or even, even Lightroom, the ability to kind of you know, pick a sky and, and just pick out the sky and just change the sky. The, 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 what's capable now with you know, just just imaging and, and, and things like if you use like a, Adobe Premiere Pro, what you can do with video without going into After Effects and all the kind of the heavy duty stuff. It's just nuts, really. Mm-hmm. And that will just that'll just keep that will just keep developing and yeah, you know, you'll get to a point where yeah, you can just go, right, I've like a, as a YouTuber, you'll go, right, I've got five hours of footage. I'll just upload that into Premiere Pro and I'll press a button that's called, you know, YouTube 15 minute video and it'll it'll just sort it all out and you won't need to do anything. I remember when, kind of... when Photoshop first introduced the content aware film and content aware delete. Yeah, mm. that just just being able to like when they did the demo piece of that where they just kind of selected a, a bit of an image and just deleted it and it yeah. kind of filled in it's yeah, it's crazy that the, even just in my IT career of like the last nearly nearly twenty years, um, just seeing those advances in in what was to what now is, and yeah, it's 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 really crazy and really exciting. I think for me, yeah, so and, and where's it, it going to be? Is. Where's it going to be in the next twenty years? Yeah, yeah. What what's going to be? Yeah. Like you say, you know, twenty years time, Maker's Waffle will be happening around a virtual coffee table, beamed straight yeah. into the, uh, the the plug on the side of your head. Yeah, <laughs> plugged, it, plugged in in the back. You know, <laughs> I thought you were going to point to your glasses then, where you, with the old um, uh, third screen. Well, that's, yeah. that's, that's, ten, that's, that's ten years time. Yeah, it wasn't. Um... I think it was Carol that shared the video in um, the Waffle the other day um, of hard drives, if you remember. I think one of the videos showed a hard drive being what we would know as an LP, and then what hard drives became, which was a giant LP, but stacked together, there were three or four of them, yeah. kind of showing through the, oh, and this one had, they were talk, I think they were talking about kilobytes, they weren't even talking megabytes for those oh, things. Oh, yeah, no, it's, yeah. But I mean, there's the I, old thing of the, um, is it, is it one, 128k hard drive being loaded in uh, upper upper ramp, loaded in by a group side of, of a plane. into the side of a plane, or or into the side of a building, or you know, there's like several photos of them being loaded into places, um, and then the photo next to it was a 128 gig micro SD card, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Well, my my, my first computer was a Spectrum. Not Spectrum, it was a Sinclair ZX81. It had 1K built-in RAM. And I had a 16K memory pack to go on to the back of that. Mm. My first PC was a Commodore 3 
it ran at 10 megahertz not gigahertz megahertz you literally could type and watch the letters you could if you were good at typing you could sort of type something and then see the words appearing letter by letter on the screen it had 20 megabytes of storage on they were they were hard cards they weren't really hard drives but they were they were pci slots hard cards and i, I never filled them i mean you didn't have yeah the graphics didn't exist really yeah it was basically just text days, documents yeah. wasn't it yeah yeah which yeah you want your sort of favorite actress or actor there's a picture on your screen it, it was just made out of asterisks or yeah, a variety of sort of characters, ASCII characters. ASCII art. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it took a, it took a part of any space. Yeah, but yeah. And, and, and twenty megabytes, and I never filled it, not with documents. Mm. But I mean, yeah, I had literally dozens, if not hundreds, of floppy disks. Yeah, five and a quarter floppy disks in order to kind of yeah have yeah documents on because they were obviously a little bit more limited in space. Yeah, I must admit, my first PC was um, Pentium 1, 200, 220, I think it was, MMX, 2 meg graphics card, and a 3.2 gig hard drive. And I was heartbroken when I filled the hard drive, because at that point you were still looking at a lot of money for not not much of a bigger one. Mm-hmm. Um, I can collect this machine here now, it's got what, 3 terabyte and 4.8 gigahertz over 12 cores <laughs> yeah, it's crazy that the, the, the I mean, Moore's law essentially um, n plus one <laughs> yeah but, but I mean Moore's law is, is kind of you know, the, the number of discrete elements doubles every two years um, yeah. which is, is, is kind of holding up still despite the fact that they didn't expect it to after a certain point um Getting down to you know uh, eight and nine nanometers for for transistor sizes and stuff like that is just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, it's, yeah, it, it's. But as soon as that as soon as that technology hits a wall, something else will come along. Hmm. Well, that was it when when we hit when we hit the first kind of major speed wall. Um, it, with like the Pentium fours and things, all the single core stuff. Everyone was thinking, "Oh, you know, Moore's law is going to stop now." You know, we, we we're, we're pushing the three gigahertz barrier. You know, we're we're, we're not going to get faster than that. We can't do it with the transistor size and everything. And then someone went, "Oh, I'll tell you what, should we just stick a second core in next to it?" So, wow, revolutionary! And then when it went to the, you know, to the four like cores, like what Andy was saying, once the hardware. Is available. People start working on the software firmware side to make those two cores work together. Yeah, because you can't just have the two cores. And then, you know, the, the software guys and firmware guys will hit a wall, and the hardware gets better. And mm-hmm. the hardware guys go, "Oh, you've developed this new way of developing, yeah, this firmware that works with two cores. Mm-hmm. Could you make it work with four, or eight, twelve? And they go, yeah, probably. And then they deliver. And... It's, it's I, I, I love the way innovation works like that. It's, it's oh. so interdependent on on different technologies and skills and 
societies even. Yeah, definitely. Um, I forget the point that I was getting to. Yeah, yeah, we forget. I think fun. we forget sometimes <laughs> the things that drive the tech and the changes. Yeah, I mean, there's things like yeah, wars. I mean, yeah, World War Two mm. particularly drove some major advances in technology, a variety of technologies from medical technologies through and, and techniques. You know, the, the computing. Yeah, and the things that came out of that huge drives forward. Mm. But but there's also things we wouldn't like, be going uh, to space without the sp yeah. But then you take the space race. That was yeah, people and... go, you know, oh, you know, why should we be spending billions on the space race? Yeah, you know, not the space race anymore, but yeah, kind of going into space and the International Space Station. And but they don't necessarily realise that actually those developments that put mm -hmm. you know, the James Webb Telescope on or get or gets a, a, a probe onto the Martian surface pushes technology that then develops into other things yeah, whether it's absolutely everyone's yeah. non-stick frying pans you know wouldn't be a thing yeah. without the space race because teflon ptfe was yeah developed Dispos for... disposable nappies yeah like te teflon coatings were you know for high temperature applications for re-entry and you know things like that there's there's loads of stuff that is uh off the back of space race mm. And yeah, the internet basically came on out of. Well, sorry, the, Same, the, the internet. Well, the inter the internet actually started with the American Department of Defense as much as anything, and the whole idea of kind of email and being able to exchange information. The World Wide Web, you know, came out of CERN because of the need to try and share huge amounts of data around kind of the academic world, and do that in a, a manner that was kind of you know, really accessible. The, the, and the again, CERN stuff was was ARPANET. That was, um, it, yeah, you, yeah. There, there, there were several things that were very similar to what we would say is the is the internet, but the internet yeah. as being, I suppose nowadays the internet and the World Wide Web are essentially synonymous, synonymous to most yeah. people. But I mean, the internet being connected. Uh, you know, phone line based uh, computer to computer connections for data exchange. Um, you know, it's had many, many different similar forms over the time. Yeah, and it's existed for in excess of 50 years. Oh, yeah. But the World Wide Web, I mean, what was it, 89 when Berners Lee basically Something like kind of put that forward? Hmm. Well, here's the question when are they going to fix the outer net? Because that's definitely broken. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> well, one could one could argue it's it's trying to do the switch off and turn back on again. <laughs> He's definitely trying that. Yeah. <laughs> switch which, it off and on could, again. Which, which, which could work. Reformat. This, yeah. <laughs> it's still Linux bad malware. There's, there's this <laughs> massive infection the Earth has got called humans. <laughs> Yeah, it makes you watching the original Matrix in a strange way when you listen to um, Smith's speech. <laughs> mm. Yeah, watch the uh, watch the new one last night. Ooh. You've not said anything. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to influence or spoil. Ooh, okay. I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I would still like to see it, even yeah. though I've I've seen some headlines. I. 
I want to watch it again okay. before I form any proper concrete opinions. I did have a, a, a chat this morning with um, a friend I often talk about films with, and he had some strong opinions, which I necessarily <laughs> agree with. That's often the case with um, when we talk about films. But uh, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to a single watch. Hmm. Makes me feel old now to think that I saw the original Matrix in the cinema three times. <laughs> Three different cinemas, I think, in three different towns, probably even three different counties, as it happens. But so there were two films that that really influenced me at the time when I saw them both. And I saw them both, I think, on the same at the same time. I think it it was like a Channel Five epic week long thing, and they were doing like two movies a night, and they had mm-hmm. The Matrix, and then Blade. Dude, Where's My Car? <laughs> that was a good film. <laughs> But no, that is the Matrix <laughs> and Blade on the same night. <laughs> so I watched the Matrix and then watched Blade. Still, the amount of people that still don't know that Blade was a Marvel film. It's a it lot the of first leather. Marvel film, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. But here's the thing, though. So the, the it was the common misconception, wasn't it, that Neo wore leather or that Neo wore a long leather jacket. But he didn't. His was moleskin. It's Morpheus and Trinity who wore the leather. Yeah, I was going to say it's more, more, more Trinity, wasn't it? Yeah. I don't know. I've just been telling everybody that I know your theory of James Bond and The Rock, Jamie. The amount of oh, people I've said theory. it. To, I, I read it on the internet. Uh, you told me. <laughs> but the amount of people that I've told and you've seen the brain go. It works. To, 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 yeah, to, to all the people I've told it to, that, that none of them have just gone yeah, whatever. They, it's all been a. Holy shit! <laughs> I think you've got to you've got to spill it now. Yeah, <laughs> reiterate the, the, it. The theory that uh, James Bond and 007 is just purely uh, a given name to a, an agent at the time. So um, the theory goes that Sean Connery's version of James Bond was the like the first. Um, and that he was technically uh, the second. Well, uh, okay, <laughs> not that he was the first. Not old enough to remember yeah, that, you're, Andy. You're right, Andy. <laughs> go. Oh, um, but we're not counting Bruce Forsyth. Uh, D- David Niven, I think he's the the, the gentleman you're really trying to refer to. No, because I think Bruce Forsyth was on the radios beforehand. Did he? No, I didn't know that. Ah, yeah. So he'd be the third. And yeah, but anyway, um, <laughs> that Sean Connery's Bond was captured, uh, and they brought in Roger Moore as the uh, as the next James Bond 007 incarnation. Um, but that down the line, Sean Connery's Bond was then brought back out of the prison that he was being held captive in uh, to help. Stanley Goodspeed break into Alcatraz in the film The Rock. So that is then the headcanon that uh, kind of loops those two films in together. Not my theory. Just found on the I think it's brilliant. It's yeah, fun. It, fun it to works. think about anyway. Because it just fits so many things. Mm. Yeah, it's good. And it would have made me go back and watch The Rock, but I then think the reason why I haven't seen The Rock in a while is I can't find it, which means I've probably only owned it on VHS. <laughs> Such a good film. I, I have a copy. 
course. It's it's super cheesy. Oh yeah, totally, but it's good. Yeah, it is exactly it's, what you want it to be. It's Pearl Harbor level cheese. I've still yeah. never seen that. You're not. <laughs> you're not missing a great deal in life. There are certain Pearl there are certain films though that I feel that once you've gone over a certain period of time, there is no need and necessity to see something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just Armageddon falls in the same bracket. I, I unfortunately have seen that one. Yeah. And interestingly, the main line I remember after that film is it's the equivalent of shooting a BB gun at a, a, um, a particular locomotive. And aren't NASA doing that currently? <laughs> <laughs> and that's all I can think of when they keep going on about the fact they've launched this satellite, basically, to fly into something to see if they can knock it off course, just to see if they can. And yeah, I just keep going back to, well, it didn't work in the film. <laughs> yeah, but films aren't necessarily... <laughs> based in reality mm. I'm, I'm sorry to break the science in, in yeah. 2022 based, yeah based in science and engineering yeah. well they say the Martian would have put, could possibly work <laughs> so interestingly enough I was, I was watching an interview with Neil deGrasse Tyson the other day and uh, that was one of the things he was saying that, that out of all the sci-fi stuff the Martian is probably getting pretty close to being mm. vaguely accurate I've just managed to oh, get that we're going to go to Mars and then leave again, but leave someone behind. <laughs> <laughs> Yet again, it's just rescuing Human Matt Damon, again. isn't it? <laughs> all, the, all the Matt Damon films are rescuing Matt Damon. That's a good, that's a good, that's a good book. And a, the, it's a good film. The book is better, in my opinion. But maybe that's because I read it first. I've just managed to get hold of the extended cut, which I think is about 20 minutes longer. So it'll be interesting to see what they've put in or left in. Mm. Yeah, you have to uh, feedback. I, I think I might films. have to watch that one, and then do the book afterwards, just so that the book doesn't ruin the film. But don't read, don't listen to the audio book while you're driving. <laughs> <laughs> Not need to bloody drive anywhere these days. Oh, I could see how that certainly that particular film could. It, could be read very in, in very dull manner. I think Matt Damon does bring quite a a lot of happiness to a character who otherwise probably would slowly go insane. So I suppose you'd you'd have to you're going to talk to yourself. Uh, I mean, look what it did to Tom Hanks. His character went a bit loopy. <laughs> yeah. Although I still haven't never seen Castaway. <laughs> One of those things that you hear the ending, you hear all of the main, everyone's got run, repeating, running around, all the, repeating all the same quotes, and it kind of just went, you know, I think I've seen the film without seeing it. Well, I think that's it, the thing. It, you, I'd say Castaway's still worth watching, though. It's a brilliant film. Is it better really, than really Money good. Pit? I haven't seen Money Pit, so I can tell you. Oh, crikey. <laughs> Money Pit. That's going back a bit. <laughs> Castaway's very, very, very good film. And no matter how many spoilers you've seen, I think it's still worth watching. Okay. Yeah, there's enough just films now that are. Well, yeah, exactly. The uh, has he, has he been in a bad film trailer? I don't know. That we that we know about even. He wasn't a nice guy in Road to Petition. I think it was called. Does that count? Well, he doesn't have to be nice. No, I just think he makes a good film. Yeah, I think I I pretty much say maybe every, he's just good at picking them. Every Tom Hanks film I've seen. And I've not seen all of them, but everyone I've seen, he, he does a very good job. He's a very good actor. Mm. Money Pit was 1986. 
Meg Ryan. No, it was um, Shelley Long. Oh, was it not Meg Ryan? It was Meg Ryan. No, Meg Ryan was Joe Vols versus the Volcano, I think. And um... we'll just let the old people talk it out, Jamie. Yeah, <laughs> well, Meg Ryan. She's the one. I oh, know she's not. Oh, no, I'm getting her muddled up with Melanie Griffith. She's also second. Harry Met Sally. Yeah, I've never seen that either. It's one of those programs. It, um, one of those films as a kid. Got my parents told me I wasn't allowed to watch. Yeah. Which is actually my email tone notification. <laughs> the AOL. <laughs> the AOL, you've got mail. I hate having a phone <laughs> where you've got one notification for everything, so I have a different notification for everything, so I know what whether or not I need to reach over and pick my phone up. Welcome to 1996. <laughs> is that what year bring that was back, in? Bring back polyphonic ringtones. <laughs> I, used to, I used to pay the fiver for those. <laughs> I bought Jetpack something or other. Downloading it on WAP. Yeah. <laughs> Wireless application protocol, was that it? Yeah. I had the uh, the sharp telephone. It was useless as pretty much anything apart from making calls and playing games. It's about all it could do, I suppose, actually. It's all you wanted for a phone in those days. That's but in class, it's still do, surely. <laughs> now you can text. <laughs> I remember a friend, a friend of a friend went into Virgin. Uh, Virgin. Vodafone and this person's trying to sell him all this new fanciest phone and all that lot and he turned around to the guy, looked him straight in the face and said um, can I still make calls on it? Because it's the only thing the guy hadn't mentioned and he's like that's that's all I, if it rings I pick it up and if I want to speak to somebody I pick it up, otherwise it doesn't get used I forgot what film I was going to Google now, that was Tom Hanks I was, I was like that with smart when smartphones first came out I was like, I just want to make calls and text and I can do that on the phone I had yeah, which fits in my pocket as well. And then I saw somebody using one of the kind of star map apps and literally could hold their it was an iPhone, mm -hmm. which I've never had, but they could hold their iPhone up and it would track mm -hmm. what stars and it would tell you what stars you're looking at. You don't need an iPhone for that. No, you can do it. I'd like to say you can do it on any phone, but you can't quite. My mine's, I've mine's never really had a phone yet with a built-in compass. So I don't get the full features of any of the star maps. What? I don't, I don't believe a, it. I don't yeah. think there are any phones on the market at the minute that don't have a compass built in. They've yep. got that. Mine doesn't. They've all got yep, magnetometers in them. Yes. Nope. Yes. Nope. Yes. My phone doesn't. Mm. It's not not a, not an old phone. I, I mean, I only bought it this year. It was, it's Motorola. G9 Plus, that. it's only it's less than two years old as a model. Why, why, why the hell would they make a phone that didn't have a magnetometer sensor in it? Because it's a sub two hundred quid phone. Yeah, but mm. even still, it's like it's it's all like grouped components. It's just yeah, yeah, it's all in like an accelerometer package. Yeah. But on the um, because I've got. Uh, physics apps as well which show you kind of the outputs of all sensors and nope, no, no magnetic sensor Download a compass app and see what happens well, give Just it a, a basic yeah. Just a basic compass Yeah, that's mm. that's that's really weird if they've, if they've not included mm. the magnet sensors Yeah, because I've, I've got, I use star map which works quite nicely, it's quite nice um, astronomy, astronomy app, um, and on a, I had an iPad from work. Oh, crikey, quite a few years ago now, 
and that had built-in compass and that would that was really cool because you could kind of hold it up and sort of see what was kind of yeah what was where and you could you could literally kind of point it at the floor and see what stars you would see in australia yeah that's quite okay. weird when you get it on yep i've got the um stellar stellar Stella, yeah it's got a strange name i've never been able to say that one properly <laughs> um i've got that on my phone and i quite like the feature of the fact that if when i've been looking for an object to go looking for you can then obviously you can pinch and zoom on that and you it would almost like be the equivalent of google maps but looking outwards so yeah. you can find a star or a cluster and zoom in on it and then eventually once you get in far enough it almost shows you like a photo image of what you would be expecting to see with um which is quite a quite a neat feature i'd love to get a, i'd love to get a scope system where i can actually stay indoors and have a telescope outside so i don't have to get cold don't have to kind of get a crick in the neck from looking through an eyepiece uh, or someone really else's nice. telescope no, I, I'm I'm in a a um, uh, Facebook group where clearly for some of these people money isn't an issue, and whenever there's a, a what are you viewing tonight, it is a photo of someone's laptop where you can see it sitting on their lap and you can see the TV in the background. Yeah, it's it's just ridiculous on how many people in this particular group that's their via style of um, astronomy. Mm. I've got a cousin who's a GP. Well, he, he does various doctor things he's got multiple roles down in Tasmania and he has a little um, observatory on his deck it's big, it's big enough for him to sit in but he does a lot of astrophotography so he'll kind of generate deep deep space images mm. that will be hundreds, dozens and hundreds of hours of imaging just, just stacked and he's got, he's got you know a DSLR that's sort of designed specifically for astrophotography, so it's got a cooled sensor and to eradicate noise and everything's tracking. It's just a beautiful set of kit. Yeah, I burnt nice out thing. the sensor on one of my phones trying to <laughs> get taking photos with it being uh, um, to, to, to uh, having the sensor open too long. It, it, uh, it even on a normal photo now you've got this nice bit of vignetting around the, around the other photos during the day. It's like, oops, I may have uh, burnt the sensor. Oops. Yeah, well, this the Google Pixel Four um, does. So if you can get it still enough, it changes its settings to what it then refers to as star mode rather than just night mode. And when you push go on it, it gives you five minutes where it takes. 15 second photos for those five minutes and then stacks it itself and then does all the software editing to then overlay to make sure it's even though the stars have moved to then st stack all the picture up um which is quite remarkable actually on you relying on the telephone whereas if i did that on my pc i need about three different apps or programs yeah. and i've got to software development again yeah yeah Mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to software development, though, I wonder what comes first, whether or not the problem comes first or whether the solution comes first. Yes. I'm sure there's some programs out there that I've <laughs> used that actually I'm sure the problem didn't exist until this program told me I had a problem. <laughs> it's weird when it comes to stuff like that because, you know, back to like what Duncan was saying earlier on about like, the, the kind of um, leapfrogging between. It's surprising yeah. just how much hardware development has come out of either porn or gaming that are two things that you you wouldn't necessarily think as as massive factors for the the, the drive forward in in hardware and software development uh, I, i've got to ask now what, what, what hardware and porn 
Well, the use of you know filming and storage and right. processing and you know you look at um, the the vast amount of traffic and bandwidth on the internet is from that industry, right? You know, okay. so the, there's huge developments in you know uh, storage compression and you know uh, server access and, and things mm-hmm. like that for for just for for use in those industries. My brain went with software-controlled toys, so I'm glad that you fi- fix that up for me a bit more. They're also a thing, and also part of the hardware development. You know? <laughs> yes, still a thing, isn't it? Unsupported device. Compass app. Yeah, doesn't have a magnetometer. That is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, burn it, yeah. <laughs> burn it, burn it with phone. fire. <laughs> He's a, he's a physics. It's got to be done something proper. Even yeah. even my like eighty quid Verney special from Amazon has all that on it. So why why Motor, Motorola haven't got it? I don't know. It must not, be a licensing issue. Yeah, ninety five had a. I was going to say. Yeah. I wonder if my seventy one ten's got it. <laughs> <laughs> just just baffling to not include a magnet sensor in a in a smartphone. Anywhere yeah. after 2005. <laughs> God, crazy. Mm. Well, yeah, one day when I, when we when we've got Maker's Waffle up, you know, taking on Joe Rogan, I'll I'll get something a bit more expensive. <laughs> just don't pick another Motorola. An assistant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll get I'll get I'll get my I'll get my PA to. I'm going to have to Google this Joe Rogan fella at some point and find out who or what he is. I have to <laughs> He's our target. He's, yeah, he's, he's... I've heard he's worried. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to take his audience. There's, there's two people's videos I've never watched I can think of straight away. And his and uh, Casey Neistat. I can think of another one that you mentioned the other day. I know. I didn't want to say that one because they might listen and I'll get told. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've watched a, occasionally I've watched a couple of Casey Neistat videos and they're actually yeah, quite interesting yeah. I mean, his, yeah, I've the one I would recommend watching is his studio tour from about six or seven years ago I think it must, be, it must be about six years ago now um, kind of where he talks about it's quite a lengthy one for his videos where he literally just goes around his New York studio and Kind of goes, you know, well, this I've got this for this, and this is the reason why I've got this. And he sort of shows his, um, he's got a nice little workbench. Yeah, so literally behind his desk, there's a workbench which is set up with a camera above it, and he's got kind of rolls of stuff he can bring down for different backgrounds, and you know, he's got a variety of tools close by. And his organisation system for what he does is is brilliant, and because it, it, he is, he is, yeah, he's he's got a bit of a background as a maker from his work with Tom Sachs. And so it's it's a lot of his videos. I yeah, him just kind of rolling around New York on a, or when he was in Los Angeles or wherever on the West Coast, and he's kind of just rolling around on an electric skateboard and waving at people and people waving at him. No, but yeah, some of his making stuff, and his his brother has put out some good videos as well. Van Meister, he started a channel just this year. Of course, Casey gave him a shout out, and he went from zero to four hundred thousand in like three days <laughs> subscribers, um, which is kind of yeah useful way of 
you know, gaining big numbers really quickly. Mm. Um, but he, he puts again good, some good making videos, and but he also talks a lot about philosophy of making and his kind of way into sort of doing things. Um, so which is quite funny. There's a there's a great one where he talks about where he his house is. It's very difficult for him to pull out. Um, he basically lives on quite a big bend, and, and the road is quite busy. So in order to kind of develop a in order to get pull out safely he developed a way of slowing down the traffic by having a remote control red and blue well possibly it was because this part of his video went black and white for some reason um i'm guessing that that one of his cars that doesn't move he put a a, a light bar on the roof which kind of may have flashed oh. an alternating color pattern which apparently slowed traffic down quite, um, quite a lot. So got some, yeah, clever little things like that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's got a good. Again, some of his stuff, not not for me, but again, some of the making stuff really quite interesting to, yeah, philosophy of making and why he makes and things like that. It's really quite actually quite interesting. Tell you again, why I make. I think I have to um, go with what you said a few weeks ago, Andy, for being like the serial uh, kind of mixture between tool collector and uh, and uh, hobbyist collector. Definitely Skills some... collector is a term I like. No, yeah. I collect hobby. Yeah, that was, a, that was an Adam Savage. <laughs> Adam, Adam Savage, yeah, serial collector of skills. Yeah. I, 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 I agree, but I feel bad for saying the same thing because it's kind of like stealing someone else's idea but I, yeah, yeah. I, I I don't i'm totally in that camp yeah no I, I collect hobbies i'd start get start almost getting the hang of one and take on another one or i start yeah. one thinking i thought that was going to be easier I can still keep mm. everything so one day i can come back to it and go start something else yeah and the workshop slowly gets smaller on the inside as the more things <laughs> turn up oh. you find some find some new thing add all the little bits that you need for it yeah i mean do one or two little projects with that stuff and then you're yeah. done move on to the next thing yeah yeah i don't even think sometimes it's about the the fun of buying a tool i think sometimes it's the fun of the very small amount of research getting too excited and then just buying rather than <laughs> holding off for another few weeks doing all the extra little bit of research whether it be reading asking people doing the inevitable watching youtube videos but I think it's always very difficult when someone who already knows what they're doing is trying to teach you because clearly they already know it rather than you sitting there yeah. watching one video going, I'm hoping I'm going to get it after this. What you don't know is the 30 years worth of experience they've got in, like any trade, you, after a while you learn to find, spot your mistakes, fix your mistakes or cover your mistakes. Mm. Yeah, it's a lot to be said for that sort of thing when, you, when you're explaining something or having something explained to you. If someone says, do this this way when you're doing this, you, you took a well, why I can see a, another way that might work. Mm -hmm. Whereas if they say do this way when you're doing this, because if you try doing it this way, this will happen. Yeah. And explaining the pitfalls, um, I think, is much more useful in that instance. Yep. You know, to get an idea of, um, you know, it's it's been it's covered on for the why. Other... Yeah, exactly. It's been covered on plenty of other podcasts before and stuff like. You know, 
not so much misusing something, but using something in a different way to the way you would normally be taught. Um, you know, sometimes has its merits, and sometimes has its its learning opportunities. <laughs> yeah, I I had some bad experiences as a child with why, so it's a it's a phrase that I stopped using, <laughs> and I feel that actually it it hindered me more than than helped. So I used to go to Sunday school. And they'll be telling you all these these <laughs> these Jesusy things, and why and how, and too yeah. often it was a, a Simon, you're asking too many questions. Go and sit in the corner and colour in. That's all I ever used to do at Sunday school. Cheers to that. Yeah. Um, so, and exactly I wanted exactly the that. same I mean, camp. Yeah. And it was kind of like you ask a question because you you want to know. I mean, or you're confused. I mean, you're sitting there watching too much TV and someone's telling you this thing can happen. And I I remember after a while I was asked my parents to stop taking me. So I didn't go anymore because I kept asking too many questions, um, which was a shame, really. I mean, I, with it, I'm not saying it took away any beliefs or instilled any new ones, but I certainly remember that it, I, I put two and two together that why and how were bad words. <laughs> um, and that, that, that's really sad because actually asking why. I mean, there is that classic thing, particularly if, you know, if you've got really small children and they go, why? Why? <laughs> I could have why? been one of those annoying ones. I why? don't know. <laughs> why? Why? <laughs> why yeah and you just you, yeah it's like 300 whys and they're still just asking why even you get but actually as kind of yeah trying to make sense of the world asking if generally six or seven whys should be enough to kind of get to the nub of most things to a level yeah. that's yeah actually or you reach deep. the the limits of the explainer's knowledge or patience yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I've I've seen this in, I've seen this in in yeah, in sort of schools where kind of you know, a child will go kind of you know why does that happen and you get a, a teacher for one reason or another won't give a actually a, a sensible response to that now sometimes there just isn't time mm -hmm. and you, know, you kind of sometimes you just have to say look there isn't time. Pop back and see me after school, lunchtime, whatever, and we we can talk a bit about it a bit more. But yeah, you know, we haven't got time now in the lesson to do that, and that's a, I think an acceptable response to give. But I think sometimes you have to kind of go, okay, yeah, well that that's actually we're gonna we're gonna go into this a little bit. But I think sometimes, and I've seen this, and particularly where you get perhaps teachers who are teaching, for example, my, obviously my speciality is sort of physics and science, but where you get people who are teaching outside of their specialism. And they will either kind of not want to admit that they don't know for some sense of pride or ego or whatever, or they, well, I, th I think that's probably, that's probably the big thing of it. Yeah, you know, they, they either don't want to admit they don't know, or they don't really want to nurture that element of asking questions, which, yeah, actually, that's what science is about. It's constantly about mm -hmm. asking questions mm -hmm. and you're questioning the science. And and this is the frustrating thing now with the kind of the, the anti-science movement that we're seeing, kind of, you know, particularly at the moment with the kind of you know, follow-on from the pandemic and people kind of going, oh, well, you know, science, is, science doesn't ask questions or science doesn't correct itself. It's wrong. It's, well, that, that's all that science I, does. I've just that's witnessed what science, science is about. rethinking itself, so therefore all science yeah. everywhere is bad, apart from yeah. the iPhone I'm sending this tweet on. Yeah, <laughs> that's entirely what science is. Science is constantly about kind of going, yeah. ah, well, actually, now yeah, we've got a bit more evidence. We need to change yeah. what we're talking about now. And, 
but it, the, you get that kind of one thing I always used to sort of say to people I was I was tra if I was training student teachers I said, yeah never try and kind of tell a student that try and make something up yeah if you don't know something just say to the student look you know that's a really good question but I don't know the answer off the top of my head so either there's two, there's two ways you can then sort of take that you can go well tell you what I'd like you to do please student go away see what you can come back and come back next week and, and tell me a bit more about it or you go do you know what I, I'm going to come back to you next lesson yeah and I'm gonna, I don't know now let's you, find out yeah yeah, and yeah. whether that's I, actually I like that that with answer. a student or, or yeah, you do me too. But if you try and just if you try and BS a student, nine times out of ten they will spot it. Mm, and yeah. they, will, they, they will trust. They won't trust they, you. They lose. Yeah, they lose respect for you. Yeah. Because yeah. 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 if I'm on the the learning end of of that situation, then I'd much rather hear someone say, "I don't know," than yeah. try and waffle their way out of it. However. I do understand how hard it is to say, I don't know, because oh, yeah. it, it's, it's, when it's, people it's have asked me do. sort of technical yeah. questions about various things and you want, there's that want to help this person out mm -hmm. and you, well, and in a occasionally scenario, I speak, you I want speak them to in have a confidence. way that, that I think I know what I'm saying when perhaps I don't. Mm -hmm. But I think I do because I have little snippets of information that I, I can piece together to try and give them an answer, to try and solve whatever the issue is. Yep. But actually, I don't have much experience in that thing. I don't know what I'm saying is true. And you, you're just sort of tempted into that situation of... Yeah. making stuff up almost almost making stuff up to to try and help someone minute, out yeah i mean in, in some in some situations with that kind of thing of technical explanations and things often like because I, I i get it quite often at work you know where I'll, I'll fix some issue with the server or with the pcs or you know some sort of issue at work and someone will then say to me so what was it i think you you don't actually want the answer. You want you want some either technical bullshit that means nothing to you anyway to go. Oh, you didn't know what you were talking about, or something that they don't want to hear. I don't know. I just turned it off and back on again. <laughs> no, I mean you know you know I, you know I, oh I I had to remove a driver, uh, change some registry files, and re-put a driver on. The second I, I mentioned driver, they've glazed over anyway. You know, they, they either just want, oh, I just have to change a few things. It's usually good enough, and they go, oh, okay. You know, it's like you, you're not, you don't want to know what was actually wrong. You just want some sort of comfort or mm. some sort of pacifying to say, you know, that there was something there. Yeah. Um, and sometimes that that technical explanation is very similar. You know. It, something that sounds right is quite often enough to satisfy someone who's asking the question but you know yeah. if you've got someone who's technically minded who actually wants to progress further with the information it's then choosing your battles to be able to say i don't actually know yeah because you know, because filling the, the gaps of knowledge with bs is entirely unhelpful 
Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Especially if the person's actually one of these people that are very good at remembering what they've been told and then thinking what they've been told is correct and then go off and doing it. That also it's, doesn't help. It, it's luck, Jen. Here's the internet. It's, it's, <laughs> it's that sort of thing, isn't it, for the IT crowd? You know, it, it's it's gauging what that person is going to do with the information you give them. I also need to give that another go. There are a few episodes you can skip through. Um, but yeah, what some, doesn't help with me is I, I can't ignore a ringing phone in the very first episode. It's the permanent leaning past the phone, cleaning the hands, and I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm, I'm clawing at the chair I'm sitting in. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. But uh yeah, claw clawing at the chair and I'm just like just answer the phone, just answer the phone. And once I made it past that it was like okay, I've started to settle back down again. Yeah. I don't don't know why. There's certain certain things that just wind me up and it's a, it's a phone not being answered is one of them. I've no idea why. It's when people it's, sit it's there. how certain things get us there. my my wife and kids this week have watched Home Alone and Home Alone 2 because the kids have never seen it and call yourself an educator uh, man they've seen plenty of other stuff there's yeah, loads of physics like, in those films I, I can't stand them I've seen I've seen, I've seen both those I don't think I've seen the third one swinging paint cans yeah, I, I can't stand five. it I've watched I mean earlier this week I watched James Bond the latest one Mm-hmm. Obviously, most, like most James Bond, huge amounts of violence. Yeah, things getting blown up, people getting shot, people getting kicked, cars zipping around. I can watch a James Bond film, no problem at all. But someone at home alone can't stand it. You can see that the kind of slapstick, that slapstick humour, which in a cartoon, I'd be fine if it was a cartoon. But in the real film, a live action film I can't st- I can't stand it can't watch can't watch them I don't mind it once but I'm not someone that could re-watch that because no, I, I, it's only I, funny yeah. once yeah whereas like there's plenty of other films and TV shows that I could re-watch quite happily but stuff like that no I, I couldn't watch it again and again and again Home Alone was on TV the other day and I flicked it on just because I haven't seen it in years and years and years. But it's not, I know some people watch it every year because it's like a, yeah. a Christmas mm. film. And I couldn't do that. Well, I couldn't do it and enjoy it. <laughs> there there watch, are very few films, I, I find it with books as well. There are very few films that I can watch more than once. And there's very few books that I can read more than once. So mm. I've read a book once, generally, I will not read it again. I watched Die Hard Christmas Day. I hadn't seen that in a while. I sort of just put that in there for the haters. <laughs> Die Hard is a Christmas film. There is no denying that. Anyone but I also denying it is wrong. But I also watch Muppets Christmas Carol as well. Well, we can also hate a Christmas film. <laughs> and Ted Benedict. I don't think I've ever seen that. Not in Muppets Christmas Carol. I don't think so. No. I haven't got control to kick Duncan, have I? No, doesn't look that way. <laughs> the, the Muppets kind of have, have never been any kind of attraction to it. I just grates a little bit. That, that must be from an age thing. Was it every Friday they were on? Was it 
Yeah, early. they were on really. I mean, it was quite a big thing with Muppets. Yeah, it's ever like a weekly slot. And my dad and I, my dad and I, not until recent years, have had very similar taste in 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 movies. But growing up, there were certain shows that the whole, I'd say the whole family, there was three of us at that point, that used to sit down and watch. There was the um, the Muppets on a Friday, with whatever day of the week that Scooby Doo used to be on. It was the only day my dad would be home early, and it was to watch Scooby Doo until until they invented Scrappy, and he just boycott the whole thing. I don't think he's ever watched anything to do with Scooby Doo since. Um, yeah, Scrappy Scrappy was not a good move. And then on Saturday it would have been Land of the Giants, The Borrowers, and there was one other thing, and I can never remember what the third one was. They were things that we always used to watch together. See, as a kid, for me, Saturday used to be a great day for TV because you'd get some really good Saturday morning TV. You'd get things like The Lone Ranger and uh, in the morning, and you'd get like, The Adams Family or The Monsters. Oh, The and, Monsters. Uh, Takes me back. Oh, this would be on in the morning. Oh, it was the, uh, the Waltons and Champion, The Wonder Boy, Wonder Horse, and uh, the Wonder Boy, and Wonder Horse. And Batman, and then in the evening, yeah, a few years later, you'd get things like yeah, the Eighteen or Knight Rider. I tried to go back and watch Knight Rider. That didn't age well for me. <laughs> no. <laughs> Maybe it was that bad originally. I don't know. But <laughs> uh, so was the rest of the TV. <laughs> True. Yeah, actually, there wasn't, I didn't... there wasn't a there wasn't a huge selection of stuff. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's like I mean the A team really is pretty rubbish. Oh, oh, yeah, look, let's take let's take these let's take these yeah highly trained soldiers, ex soldiers, and we'll we'll just lock them up in the barn with all the a tractor and a pile of welding kit and yeah, that'll be that'll be fine. We won't worry about anything else and there just happens to be a load of metal stock as well. And... <laughs> yeah. Don't look, at the yeah. moment. Makers, yeah, the little makers, yeah, <laughs> yeah, makers yeah, films, aren't they? Yeah, it's true. That's true. I, I used to, my, my entry to making was my grandpa's uh, leftover wood from him making anything he needed to make, but generally dolls' houses. He used to make these huge doll houses that, uh, and then put wallpaper in them and carpets and, and all bits and pieces. From memory, I used to make spaceships out of them. Nice. Hammer and nail. Nothing was probably ever cut straight. The teeth on the saw probably were never correct. Do you remember the kit from Argus? It came in a wooden box and you opened it like a pair of doors and nothing in there was sharp. Well, many <laughs> years later, I actually managed to find one or a company still selling them, but now, and I bought one for my daughters. And then as, as I'm taking everything out going, well, that's going to hurt you. That's going to hurt you. That's going to hurt you. Not because I was afraid of her using them, but because they were so blunt, you, you would have hurt yourself yeah. and replaced them with proper mm. tools. But she's she's still better with the brand bandsaw than I am. I I got very I, I always found things like that as a, as a kid. I found things like that very frustrating. That, yeah, tools wouldn't work or binoculars wouldn't magnify. Yeah, I, I I kind of swore then almost that kind of yeah if I have kids in the future I wouldn't buy them stuff that didn't work. Mm. So yeah, I'm, my kids have had yeah, not necessarily expensive but proper binoculars. Yeah, they've had kind of, yeah, they both had Swiss Army knives before they were certainly 11. Um, when my youngest was, because she's the more practically minded, was eight, you know, she had a toolbox with some proper tools in it. 
and small size mm. one. Wilco's in in the UK does some you know, things like pliers and hammers that are just they're proper hammer, proper pliers, side cutters, but they just happen to be smaller. Perfect for the smaller hand, but actually, you know, perfectly usable by yeah fully grown adult. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, okay, and you're not going to cut yeah say a bike brake cable with the side cutters, but yeah, you, you can't necessarily do that with all full size ones anyway. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, yeah, I, say, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that with most um, of mine either. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got, I mean, I've, I've got, I've got some cutters that will do it, but yeah, it's, it's kind of having the right thing for the, for the job, isn't it? Yeah, perfectly fine for stripping wire and yeah, rewiring a plug or, or some such. And yeah, that's a kit that she will always have. Yeah, it's it's always going to be some tools that yeah she can take with her wherever she's got a house, and yeah, there's space in the toolbox and yeah, she can add extra things to it if she wants. Yeah, it's it's, it's a fairly practical household tool set. Yeah, so she's mm-hmm. put up a a. a curtain rail or a blind or something yeah it needs to cut down the blind yeah there's a there's a tool in there's enough tools in there to do it enough tools yeah. to put the thing up yeah the only thing she probably needs to add to it really is a um like a, a cordless drill driver type thing yeah. yeah i mean that's originally where i went over to the torx bits because the littlands could use them and they didn't ever slip yeah, yeah. um and that was my original reason for going over to those yeah, that's why we, we tend to use mostly talks in, in in this house. My wife uses my tools as much as I do, if not more on occasion. <laughs> um, yeah, it was exactly the same reason. You know, switching to you know impact drivers and things like that, just getting technique down, but as well as that, it just made it so much easier to then that. And, and I hate the sound of of a, um, a bit slipping. Uh, yeah. I, having a bit bouncing around in a thing and knowing it's going to be me removing it later <laughs> yeah we, we I had a customer once years ago we were building um, an extension on his bungalow for him and he loved the look of the tools and things I was using and he kind of came along and said like, I'm getting on a bit I want to get something similar to what you've got can you recommend anything so I think I pointed him in the um, uh, local shop at the time I was doing some of the Bosch green tools and after about a week I finally managed to get him to get the hang of not just going from nothing to full power mm. and trying to and he just kept saying I just can't get these screws in so I thought okay I'm, kind of, I'm supposed to be building your extension but okay we'll go back through this again and so <laughs> right you see the trigger gently pull on it and as it starts to turn it's going to grip so he, while I'm standing there leaning back onto it and just full full bore again so okay right, right okay now you, yeah, that one's dead I want to take that out now with a pair of pliers and after about a week, he finally got the hang of it, and, uh, and then kind of we went, "Yeah, I've put my shelves up now. I just think I'll leave that in the box." <laughs> at, at least he gave it a go. I mean, he was saying yeah. he was using the old manual screwdrivers, which was just hurting his wrists too much nowadays. But uh, I did offer just to put the shelves up, but he was adamant he was going to do it himself. So uh, that, that's good. Yeah, that, we're, yeah, we're all going to be that old man one day. <laughs> so yeah, I'm kind of hoping. <laughs> I'm kind of hoping that technology thing will beat us there again, though. <laughs> yeah, you just, yeah, you just hold you the fastener need... up against the wall and just <laughs> press the button on the back and it goes... <laughs> well, you, you, you won't need actual shelves because you won't need actual books. Yeah. You won't need anything. <laughs> or we... paper or like anything. You'll need CAD skills and, and 3D modeling skills. Yeah, I was going to say, it'd be, 
be a mixture between uh, uh, the Matrix and something like um, Wally, where you're just going around mm-hmm. in the hover chair, but but Matrix style, you're wearing the goggles and everything's outside of it. So yeah, everyone have really toned arms from all the reaching around and grabbing things, and everyone would just be fat from the neck downwards. <laughs> Please don't move. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs> I would like one of those sort of one of those um, uh, setups I've I've seen a few times where you've got kind of a really cool sort of chair, but then the monitor comes down on an arm yeah, from yeah. above and it's kind of wrap around, you know, curved or multiple monitor setup, and it comes around, but then everything tip, you tip back, and the kind of you know you're working on the sort of keyboard must be on. You like don't Elk you don't Pro need that anymore, Andy. You just need a tilting chair and a VR headset. Yeah. Well, it's true. Yeah. 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 And then just all Jamie's glasses. I, I'm looking forward to the day where I can walk into my garage while sat in my chair, obviously, <laughs> and uh, get get a hammer and chisel out, knock it away, trying to make some dovetails, which I've never managed to make before. And uh, meanwhile, in in the actual garage where I'm not physically. There's a, there's a CMC machine just cutting it out perfectly as I'm as I'm <laughs> chiseling away virtually. Like the uh, and then you you can come out of your virtual stuff. world and walk in and go oh look what I made this this beautiful thing. <laughs> no calluses. <laughs> yeah, no calluses, and I haven't got but, a lung full of sawdust. Would, chi- would you chisel or would you have just a laser coming out of your finger to cut the dovetail? No, I I think you need the the, the augmented, sort of oldy worldy craftsman experience, right? Mm. But with the the simplicity of modern technology that will just do it right. <laughs> so with the blacksmithing module, would you get get you know, with the kind of VR get a bit hot around the nose and burn a few nasal hairs? Yeah, 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 and create the smell. The, the it, it is weird we're talking about that with blacksmithing it is weird how many blacksmith projects all smell like burnt nose hair and blood <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm still impressed I, I know where my nail is that when when andy and i made them that made them together <laughs> one of those things yeah, it's, la- it's laying it's it's laying on my giant anvil so i've got an anvil that's about that big and it's got a nail laying on it that i made yeah, i think mine's in my <laughs> Yeah, mine's just hanging up there. I can see it from here. I've I've still never never done it. I'd love to have a go. But, but Andy and I somehow were in the queue, literally first. I think we were one and two for going into Maker Central for day two or something. And... No, we were. I think we were three and four. Oh, were we three and four? And it was just, yeah, there was there was a just pair of people all... ahead of us because we had to wait a little bit. Yeah, which is actually quite a good thing because we kind of meant that we could listen to kind of all the instructions and see the first lot of yeah things happening. I think. But I, I, I hope, hopefully that will happen again. I don't know if I will do it again, just because yeah, don't want to queue up and things. No, but, and you've done it things. before. I've done it once. I've done it once. Yeah, I've done it once. I'm not worried about doing it again. If the opportunity arises, then I would. If it was something different, I might. But yeah, as they say, keep saying, you know, nails is if you can do a nail, then you can do most things. So yeah. once you've done a nail, the rest is easy. Yeah. yeah. And there were quite a few. There were quite a few other sort of hands-on things that I didn't do last time. Yeah. I did manage to go and have a go at turning. Um, on one of the accidents that stands, and I made a um, 
uh, spinning top. Cool, oh, nice. It was really great. Um, the instructor he does um, he does a lot of YouTube's for Axminster. Okay, and really, really, really great teacher. And by the end of it, you know, it was maybe half an hour, maybe an hour actually, of turning, going from never having done it before to walking away with a spinning top that was yeah. textured on one side and painted. It was brilliant. Cool, it was really good. Wow. Yeah. I did a pen. I've, I've turned twice in my life. First mm. time was in in a school where they were trying to get the lathe up and running. It was a, the lathe was in a state. The tools were blunt, and it was a bit of <laughs> literally a bit of pine stick. Um, but it wasn't it wasn't the stick as in off a tree, but it was it was just a bit of scrap pine, and that was that was pretty awful. It was a rush at mm. lunchtime as well, but then they. DM DNM tool show in well it must be twenty nineteen. Went to that and turned the pen. And that was that nice. was okay. But I mean that was that was like you know, fifteen minutes, twenty minutes to mm. do that. Because literally all you're doing mm. is turning down. They'd already put they already had it the blanks prepped, so you're just turning down a square blank down to round mm. of your choice of you know how mm. slim you wanted it or rounded. And then just assemble the pen. So it was wasn't very long, but that, that's all the turning I've done. But yeah, turning some more would be good. Lathe still terrifies me. I'm I'm cautious of all my other tools, but the lathe terrifies me. And I I've done an awful lot of pens on that. Done a few bowls. Um, I feel comfortable doing a pen because that 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 scares me less. But every time I've gone to do a bowl, even though we're only talking like very small dishes just the whole time I'm petrified and tense as anything kind of come away from it and almost feel like I need to go for a sit down each time yeah <laughs> the, the, the wood turning lathe did, did scare me I've got experience with metal lathes mm. and, it, and that's that's completely different everything's very very well secured your tool is in yeah. a is in a rest it's all very controlled yeah. you're taking a millimeter or less or maybe a couple of millimeters at the most of a cut and you physically can't cut more unless you deliberately make the machine do that mm -hmm. whereas a wood lathe everything's handheld and wood breaks easier than metal and shatters and yeah it's much more opportunity to get summer teeth yeah yeah, I, I go up to the lathe, kind of dressed in everything when I'm when I'm doing that, and make sure that that I should, in theory I should come away with all the right amount of fingers and not come away with extra bits poking out of me. But um, yeah, lathe scale. I think I'd like to do two, but I think I'd get bored of it. I think. Mm. Don't, don't it, spend... It's one of those skills that I'd like to be able to use it when I need it. Mm. But again, well, it's like everything else. I wouldn't. It's not something I'd want to become an expert in, but I could say that about a lot of things because I just want to mm. try lots of different stuff. And, you know, um, once you have a go at something and complete a project of some kind, then you go, right, I've done that. On to the next thing. I don't think I've got anything I've turned up here. No. I can see the potential, no. particularly for, like, with the pen turning that Simon does, and then that. I think around here, potentially with craft fairs, that could be quite a nice little. Wouldn't be niche. Cause I know there's there's somebody who's been advertising on next door, um, 
with pens but I know that they're they're okay but I've seen better and they're literally they're made of wood whereas you know some of the kind of hybrid pens with wood and resin mm. look spectacular and I think could sell really well in some of the local kind of sort of craft fairs and craft markets yeah that, that... but yeah that's a it's, it's quite an investment to kind of get to a point where that's happening both in sort of time but also in money um, yeah the last times I was buying acrylic blanks um, they would need to be expensive because the, the where certainly where I was buying them they were the price was certainly starting to go up I remember being able to buy almost like a pack of five slimline blanks for a quid each I'm sure the last time I went and did anything like that then they were now jumping up to kind of two two fifty each which I know in, in, for a lot of things still isn't a lot but when I wasn't already charging a lot for the pens Instead of that, I went back to wood because I was able to make everything out of offcuts. Or yeah. you got a leftover piece of uh, like my window board. I had a load of oak bits for that, and I just cut it up into into tubes. And away I went. I mean, it's, it's the Fredo economy, isn't it? You know, up from ten p to twenty five. <laughs> my dad still moans about was it the wagon wheel or the ma- uh, marathon bar that we went through dis- decimalisation, and in theory, it doubled overnight because of the way that the what was two pence still became now two pence or something or 50p and the way it works it was now your money was worth half the half the value and his his uh, favorite chocolate bar didn't change in price <laughs> i said i don't understand what you're talking about you're too old but you know <laughs> that was my biggest fear of hearing once that when they said at one point about the, they were going to get the same person in to come in to do work us out for if we went over to the euro that did the decimalization <laughs> obviously anyone that remembered that was like no don't get him back <laughs> <laughs> surprised he's still alive i've got a, a, he was he was getting on a bit by all accounts but, but this is when i used to listen to radio two years ago but at about the same time they did also come on with the son i think it was of the person who made thunderbirds and they managed to find out what fab stood for and it never stood for anything fantastic or, or, or wonderful in terms of it stood for acronyms. The, the word of the time when Thunderbirds came out was fabulous. So it literally mm. was short for fab. And that was it. <laughs> That's what all FAB stood for. That's boring. Yep. I can't remember. I think it was Steve right in the afternoon that asked him and kind of went, he did exactly that. You what? Is that mm. it? <laughs> Sometimes just a simple answer. Yeah. I, 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 was, so, I, can't I was talking with this now yesterday or the day before talking about things like English literature in school where you kind of, you know, you've got to kind of analyse every single word in a poem and you, you know, why the, the poet chose the particular words or in a play and or, you know, the Shakespeare's or, or whatever and you kind of analyse it really deeply and you just think well maybe they just chose that because it rhymed or maybe rhymed, they just chose that rude. because They've already used, yeah, you know, several synonyms already, and they yep. just needed a different one because they didn't want to repeat themselves, or maybe it just it was just a word that they used quite often, and nothing. There's no big deal about it. There's no conscious decision about why I'm going to use this word because it it gives much more meaning to the situation that I'm already describing. Just 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 a word. The follower by Seamus Heaney. I hope to never read that again in my life. 
and funny enough, we were talking, my oldest is now going into GCSEs and she, and her and my youngest were chatting about the, the pointlessness of the English literature stuff. And my wife just happened to wander past and goes, oh, the follower, and just carried on walking. And I was like, my God, bearing in mind, I was set three. Sarah would have been set one. Happened to go to school together, never knew each other there. And I was like, what, you studied that as well? And that's, it was like an hour-long rant of this awful poem. And it, it, the whole poem is written in this from the point of view of the son who's following his dad, pushing an old plough towed by ox. And yeah, just she, even even at her level, because she would have studied uh, literature. You, you took English lit if you were in set one at our school, but if you weren't, you didn't have to take English literature. But still, everyone covered the same damn poems. And uh, yeah, that one that one was horrible. And I think we had to do another one of his, but that's the only one that stands out at the moment. So maybe the other one wasn't quite so bad. But why do you think? Like, over time, that that kind of sometimes metaphor and meaning and things that we read into something retrospectively, you know, we can we can analyze something, and you know, humans are very good at pattern spotting. Mm-hmm. So we can do all this kind of stuff and come up with something. And you know, like Andy says, maybe it just it just rhymed or it just matched something earlier on. Maybe they just liked it. You know, like yeah, the whole thing with flowed nicely. You know, everyone knows the number for Heinz being fifty-seven. You know, and there's like apocryphal stories all over the internet from, you know, back in the days of sharing memes before they were memes. You know, you'd share funny pictures or funny documents, and everyone said, "Oh yeah, the, the reason why Heinz has got fifty-seven is because they had fifty-seven varieties of of pickle when they started out." It wasn't. It was the guy just liked the number fifty-seven. <laughs> that was all it was, and it's now world-renowned Heinz Fifty Seven. It's just that's like boring. Yeah, I always thought it was something fancy, yeah. like it took them fifty-six times to try and to get it wrong before they got it right. No, not at all. No. WD Forty, on the other hand, that is because it was the fortieth uh, variation on their water displacement oil. And it's like WD forty isn't a lubricant. It's 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 a protection spray that's designed to keep water off. Yeah. So that's and why GT85 you don't you don't put it nicer. on your bike chains. GT eighty five smells nicer. <laughs> exactly. Shh. <laughs> Shh. <laughs> I, I, I can't remember if I've mentioned this before on on, on the podcast, but there was a story I read a few years ago. Um, it was about Ian Banks, the author. Now, there's two Ian Banks. I think one's American and one's British. But it was the British. One's got an M and then M. Yeah. And his his son was studying A-level English literature and was given the task of writing a report or something on one of the books of Ian Banks. So Ian helped his son write this report, this essay, and kind of, you know, went into detail about kind of, you know, why he chose certain things or why he did certain things and whatever. He didn't write it for him, but yeah, he just gave him kind of the, the, the inside inside the knowledge really on, on you know, the ins and outs of it. So the kid wrote the report. Now, I don't know, you know, obviously I wasn't the person marking it. I wasn't there, I wasn't in the school I was at or anything like that. So it may have been a situation of poorly written essay. But... The kid only got a C grade for this report. And according to the, the it was a newspaper article that I, that I read it in. According to the newspaper article, 
it was because the, the teacher didn't agree with the points that the student had made about his dad's book that his dad had helped him with. It's just like, and and this this is for me is kind of one of the issues with something like English literature as a subject. It's, it's, it's subjective, not it's science. So, it's so subjective. It's, it's so subjective. It's subjective yeah, there's no objectivity. Objective, yeah. yeah. You can't you can't know you know whether somebody was just writing you know, something because they, they weren't full of angst about their lover leaving them. They just it was just seemed like a good thing to write at the time. Yeah. My wife got out of admin because she preferred numbers because they were easier to read than people. <laughs> Well, I, I mean, the whole, you know, whether you get English literature or English language, um, you know, as as subjects, they are subjective to, you know, as we've just said, but, you know, something like English language, which is forever changing, it, you know, it, it, there is a similarity with science in that respect, you know, that, that you, you have to keep up to date with things. Um, yeah, and but, there is more objectivity with with English language as a subject because you know the, the, yeah. the grammatical structures that are used. You know, there are set ways of using them. But again, this, this is something that I have recently developed more frustration uh, towards the, the English language that I learned. Um, in that, you know, the school that I went to it was very much uh, here are the rules that you have to stick to because this is how language works you know um studying latin and ancient greek it was the same sort of thing of you know here is here is the origin of english language you know this is this is how and why you use these things but then in recent years uh learning that like you know stuff like that you, you taught as a kid if you want to know how how a word is defined you read a dictionary you, know, you look the word up in a dictionary and you're you're told that the dictionary is a is a prescriptive thing of here is if you don't understand how a lang bit of language works, read the dictionary. And then finding out recently that no, the dictionary is is a descriptive document. It is it is a record document of how yeah. we as humans use the language. It is it is an after the fact when people have done their 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 languaging their their use of the words you know it's like i, I would rant at, you know like no you, you you shouldn't use uh you know you shouldn't use jealous when you mean envious they are two different concepts two different words and then someone will go, oh common usage everyone says jealousy now no but the rules are that the thing in the dictionary the thing that tells you the difference between the two and then you look in the dictionary and you go oh shit because so many people have used jealousy wrongly for so long, it now means the same as envious. But, but it never used to. But the dictionary has now followed what everyone said. And then you go, yeah. hang on, everything I was taught is just is based on the wrong information. And that, that like, opened my world up to, to, to not be in this curmudgeonly old you know, linguistic pedant. Ah, oh, okay, I can let a few Americanisms in now because you know the, the common usage. It's mm -hmm. not an APHC connector; it's actually an RJ45 because everyone knows them as an RJ45, yeah. even though it's not the same standard. 
you know, it's that sort of thing of like. Even Screwfix sells them called an RJ45 connection. That's why. That's what I call them. <laughs> I didn't know yeah. that was different. But but you can't search for an 8P8C connector and get the same thing, despite the fact that the technical standard for what you're using is an 8P8C. But everyone knows it as an RJ45, so that's what you go and buy it as. <laughs> it's things like that that it's it's where those those rules have diverged from being rules to not being they're not rules they're just guidelines. It, but not well, the pirates not code. Even that. It, it's just a description of how everyone else uses historical it. record. Mm. Exactly that. What's the point in even learning it? <laughs> if all you're actually doing is mimicking everyone else, then just mimic everyone else. There's no point in having the, the rules for the language if they're not rules. We should all go back and speak uh, Latin. Oh, no. No, please I'd rather no. not. <laughs> we never learned Latin at our school. I wouldn't have a clue of a word of Latin. You'd probably use more of it on a day-to-day basis than you realise. Yeah. Uh, a friend of mine who's Greek said actually he found uh, because they learnt Latin at school that for him it's, it was great it means bouncing around almost languages you can take rules that are pretty much based on, on anything for that didn't really have much of a clue what he meant but he, he said it, for him it really helped anyway So well, that, was, that was the beauty of doing ancient Greek at school in that I can read numbers not, not anymore I can't remember enough I can read, <laughs> I can read the letters but um, I can still remember the, the alphabet but you know and, what Omicron is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> For starters. Um, and why they jumped to that one, missing the last two. But um, linguistically, for, for the written language, modern Greek and ancient Greek are almost like <sighs> Obviously, there's new words in modern Greek that weren't there in ancient Greek. Mm. But the pronunciation would be completely different. So learning ancient Greek, you couldn't go to modern Greece and speak because no one would understand you properly. All the, yeah. the vowel structures are different and things like that. But it's I the same in English. Can. It's the same in English. Mm, absolutely. Icelandic is good for a thousand, it's been good for a thousand years. Yeah. But that that is rigorously prescribed yeah, yeah. rather than described. Yeah. <laughs> this, this probably a lot from isolation as well mm. I, there, are, there, there are literally yeah, yes but there are literally um, there, there are governing bodies for it it's the same with French so really? yeah, yeah. Okay. interesting there's a great there's a great episode about it on the Illusionist podcast in fact there's two episodes that, last month I think there may have been yeah or the month before if you're watching this or listening <laughs> to this in the time when it comes out and could just say November. Yeah, I can't remember if it's November. I'd have to look at that. <laughs> this is the problem when you get a bunch of nerds talking about the future past present tense. Or the future yeah. present past tense. Or... Yeah, I think I'll have to go back and reread so Chikers. You guys need to go and get those clocks that actually only proper nerds can read because they're. Is it... The binary clocks. You've got binary, and there was another one that was just shapes. To me, it looked like a Klingon clock, but I can't remember what it, it said it was called now. It said, like, the ultimate nerd clock underneath it or something. And I, said, well, I, I did used to have a binary watch face. Yeah. Did you ever know what the time was? Yeah. It just took you 10 minutes to work out. <laughs> <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen ones where you get kind of things, you know, 
yeah, three o'clock is cube root of or square root of nine. Yeah. Two o'clock is cube root of eight. Something like that. Yeah. And you get a little mathematical. I'd still be working it out. Well, it, so this is where we, we we briefly mentioned on like date formats before. ISO eight six zero one is should be the de facto universal across the world. Everyone has to use that by on, on pain of death because it's the only system that actually makes any sense when in use. That is the uh, year, month, day, hour, minute, second. Yeah. Everything counts down from the largest all the way to the smallest. None of this Which is day, month, or file month names. day. Or... Yes, yeah, all, my, all my file names are year, month, day, yeah. when, when date is necessary, because they're sorted yeah. in the right order. And it's, yeah. it's how adding up and numbers and counting and yes. things work. They go up by one. Unless yeah. it's the French or German language, then it gets to a certain point, then it goes back down and starts multiplying back up again. Uh, French and German both do that, yeah. 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 Hearing Kiel moaning about it the other day. Was like, well, German, was German doesn't do that so much. German just no, says the numbers the in the weird order. Yeah, so it would be like hundreds, the and then the units, then tens. Yeah. 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 I just get frustrated when I did it if I had to deal with other people with files and they would date. They'd add a date in the order that you would write it, so you'd get yeah like twenty nine twelve two thousand twenty one, mm. and they'd also put full stops between them, which isn't a big deal with modern kind of operating systems, but when you kind of eight three five days of, remember the days of DOS yeah eight figures and you. Can only have one dot before the uh, yeah type of file type. Yeah, in fairness, Andy, it, it. this is a point of uh, of contention actually for us in the uh, for, for me and you rather that, that I haven't raised yet in the um, in our Trello board that you started off with the date of it would be what twenty nine deck uh, twenty one. Yeah. And it's ah oh, the hypocrisy. Like, th that's the thing. Is that's is, not a file name? <laughs> no, but it's, it's, it's and it, the episode I, numbers. I, the episode numbers are already there, so the yeah. order's already determined. I, 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 I've so many times I've, I've nearly just changed them all just for the, <laughs> just for my own sanity, and then thought, no, I, be, be the bigger be the bigger person. Don't be the usual pedant you, you tend to be. So, no, that that actually date, that dates back to when I was doing things with um, military things because that was the format that I was taught with um, writing documents, what? dating documents. Yeah, <laughs> military stuff dated. Like, yeah. oh. So mine's always been day. So month, the, the yeah. month would always be the month was always be three letters rather than a number. That's just RAF weirdness. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> but when you're ordering your room service, yeah, in the hotel, you know, <laughs> I kept getting the floor and then and the gotta, room You got to, you got to keep, you got to keep your, got to keep your receipts, Sandy. Yeah, <laughs> making your claims back. There were quite a lot of those um, kind of memes of all the different services taking the mic out of each other, going around a while ago. I just find all of them hysterical. 
I think obviously each one of, of whichever one you were in, you wouldn't find hysterical because it would obviously be taking the piss out of you. But uh, oh, it was amusing. I, lo- I love that where you get the 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 um, those matrices where you've got certain things as viewed by other things. So you, you quite often see like the, there's an IT one um, with that sort of thing of like you know so, so software developers or game developers or hardware techs or network administrators or sysadmins and stuff and, and then it's it's how they view each of the others and then how the others view them so it's you know software developers viewing software developers as these like you just get the little image of the um you know the the the, the wizard commanding all these things around and you know then you get like the uh, how they view the other ones that is generally just like monkeys hitting computers with hammers and you know that kind of... <laughs> that was fun It's, it, I mean, it, it's one of those things, isn't it? It's like, you know, as teachers, you know, you, you, you look at geography teachers and they just teach cover and ink. And, you know, <laughs> we, I, won't, I won't mention about PE teachers, just in case they're listening. Well, I mean, I, I can happily quote Holly from Red Dwarf. This is about um, having an IQ of 6,000, which is the same as 6,000 PE teachers. <laughs> I actually sat down and started working my way through all of those. I don't know what stopped me. I may have run out. I don't remember, but uh, I was in hysterics at so much of that. It's my go-to comfort watching. I I'd started to watch them years ago. Started to rewatch them, and I don't. I I found that with quite a few things actually. I just. Again, it's it's me. I, there are very few things that I can rewatch or reread, but I, I there's so many times I've sat down to kind of think, oh look, there's a film on that I used to really love. Yeah, mm. kind of you put it on and go, how on earth did I like this? This is just <laughs> rubbish. And it's not even that it's like yeah, oh look, it's really bad CGI and yeah, that's all they had then. It's it's more of just case of there's nothing good about this film. It's just poor dialogue, poor action, no, no good effects. Yeah, it's just like, how was this ever something I enjoyed watching? And uh, I, I like the TV, again, so much of it is just uh, the older stuff. My my wife and eldest have been watching Yes Minister and Yes Prime Minister. Wow. And, ah, uh, I just how, how I can't. True. But how true to food does it seem? Oh, I mean, there's still there's still an element of, and and that that's kind of that was the scary thing about it at the time, and the scary thing about it now. You think some of it is like, yeah, I can still imagine that happening. Yeah, I, 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 there's still I, that idea of the manipulation that is happening between the civil service and politicians, and uh, yeah, and the, and the the, yeah, the people. Yeah, no, it's 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 cringeworthy from that point of view, and I think it's still, it's still, you could almost set it in twenty twenty one, and kind of, it would all work. Yeah, I mean, you I, could I you could, pro- you could probably that. just keep you could probably just keep the script, just reshoot it with the same script, <laughs> new actors. You'd certainly need quite at least two work. new actors. Well, yes, but it would it would it would work. It yeah. would still work, even with just a, a 
the same script. You'd have to maybe change the odd thing that was sort of of a timely uh, proponent here. You know, some of the countries they're talking about because of particular events that did actually happen. Yeah, you know, the Star Wars program gets there's one I overheard the other day that the Americans were developing under Reagan. Um, that kind of got a mention. But yeah, oh, yeah but it's, oh, it's just, I can't. I, that's the beauty of YouTube. I'd have to watch things again. I could, there's, there's enough yeah. stuff on YouTube. I never have to watch anything twice. Little that's part of me to. would like to go back and watch Citizen Smith, the old Robert Lindsay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, only just to see what it was like, because a lot of TV that was on it around then, I, when I said I was too young to remember, I was too young to really pay attention to. So you remember bits rather than a whole show. Um, but some of it was, I mean, some of it was rubbish even back then. I mean, I think, the, the, what was the programme with Frank Spencer in? I couldn't do that, but um, oh, that was some funny. mothers that was just, do have them. Yeah, mm. I mean, that, I, I couldn't stand that as a kid, never mind now. It, it's, just... it's strange, for my style of comedy that I like, I'm not a fan of slapstick. And then occasionally someone will mention somebody's name and I'll be like, oh yeah, I really like that. It's like, how? You've just said, catastrophically, <laughs> you don't like slapstick, for example, but you find that funny. Yeah. Um, but something that keep it, um, well, early days of YouTube, my wife and I found it was a show with um, uh, Rowan Atkinson and Ankers Leeson doing like a two man show. Um, and I think actually, maybe even sections of it oh, may have been on Rowan that. Atkinson's or Rowan Atkinson Live or something like that as a channel um, on YouTube. Um, and that was that, that, was, that was TV program. There was a TV program. Was oh, was that? it a TV program? Yeah. And I was Can't in hysterics watching that, and it was it was all made up of lots of little skits. Some yeah. of it, um, Ryan Atkinson was completely silent for it, and it was just a silent movie style. Others, he was silent, and Angus was like narrating it. Um, and just between the pair of them, I just thought the way that they bounced off each other was absolutely brilliant. One playing a very straight guy, and the other one playing with bit of a twist and a bit of a quirk or occasionally it was just two very straight comedians in it and uh it, it, it just worked um but that was back in the days of when comedy didn't need cuss words every 30 seconds to make something funny yeah classic comedy funny enough actually i was watching loads of little bits like this the other day and four candles came up in my playlist mm. and i sat there and watched it and enjoyed it as if it was the first time i had ever seen that scene <laughs> They were, they were clever. Yeah, very clever what, guys. I watched a documentary um, based on them, but obviously after them both. And it was interesting to then notice, rather than have noticed at the time, but Ronnie Barker could never act as himself. He always had to be a character. He couldn't. He 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 always thought, thought that the world wouldn't like him for who he was. So everything he did, one way or another, he was in character. Yeah. Um, I suppose looking back, I never really picked up on it. Uh, partly a reflection of just how how talented he was how clever he was in, in, in some respects and how good he was at mm. portraying a character even when it wasn't an obvious character and possibly a reflection on the mental health system at the time yeah there is that yeah which mostly consisted of lock you up give you so many drugs that you're just catatonic or yeah. stick 240 volts through your brain. Mm -hmm. Lobotomy. 
Mm. Yeah. That was scary. That, 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 that was a film that really disturbed me. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Still, I still never, never watch seen that it. Again. No, I, I would not recommend it to anyone. That disturbed me for weeks after I saw that. It was just... I think it didn't help. My my, my dad had done a stint because he trained... He, after he'd been in the medical corps, he went into Civvy Street nursing, got his Civvy Street qualification because uh, he could do a, a, essentially a conversion course. But he also then did a stint in psychiatric nursing. And back in those days, it was still the days of kind of yeah, straight jackets and mm. electrical convulsive therapy, and yeah, it was just like I'd heard a few tales about it, and it was just it was just too, too kind of real. Yeah, yeah, I love that. So not a film I would. Was it the film Sucker Punch that had? That's one yeah. of those scenes in it. It's the only yeah. part of the film I can actually remember. But uh, that was another one of those films where everyone said it was absolutely amazing. I sat down and watched it and just did not get it. <laughs> so I quite enjoyed it. Is that, the, is that the one with the... It's quite kind of surreal with a girl who kind of... is kind of going through various different scenarios and lots of martial arts type things. Yeah. Is that the one? Yeah, I did, yeah that was... I, that I, was I, really I remember good. someone who was blonde and I remember a particular gruesome scene that I wasn't expecting... Um, <laughs> Emily Browning, I think. Oh, is that who it was? Mm. Yeah, that was a that was a disturbing film. That was a disturbing film. Mm. Yeah, nice. I wouldn't wouldn't watch that again either. <laughs> we need to get you to watch Futurama, Andy, or at least a handful of curated episodes. I Can you put that list out for me as well, please? You're not seeing Futurama I've... either. Nope. I've... The, the problem I've got with TV is that the like almost like YouTube, there's just so much. There is so much TV. There's so many films. There's and particularly now with things like, I mean, we've got access to Netflix, BritBox, uh, Disney Plus, mm-hmm. and I mean that's just that's without kind of all the, ch- the available channels that are producing yeah dumping stuff out on live tv and it, just the amount of stuff that's just delete live tv uh, there's nothing on that worth watching the, the, the amount of stuff right. that can be watched is just yeah you, you, you can't sit down for 24 hours a day and watch tv and, and still and catch up with everything that you might want yeah to you watch. wouldn't get anywhere near close to it without yeah no, if you a TV program then for you, Andy. If you've got Disney Plus, um, draining the oceans. They've just released season two. Well, that's another it. one for your list then. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> they, they take things, incidents one way or another that happened at sea, and use technology to supposedly drain the ocean, go down and find the wrecks, but through all um, radar and stuff, and kind oh. of piece together the last moments of whatever that was really enjoyed the way they did it um, and then I found out today because my daughter was watching it um, they brought out season two ah. so I've still, like, still on Disney Plus I've still got uh, What If and Hawkeye to watch yeah, whatever else has been released since the last time we actually looked at I, I don't really watch all that much of the Disney stuff I tend to pick up all the little bits and so not the mainstream I tend to like watch the behind the scenes bits or the making of or that we followed somebody into this 
um, then the history of Disney and kind of go around all of that and all the films and TV series. <laughs> I don't really watch any of them. Some terrible people told me to watch Vision and that was enough to put me off all of those things. <laughs> yeah, but you like DC. That's that's where the problem is. I, I, like, I, I like Marvel and DC. I've just gone off both of them in recent years. <laughs> in fairness, though, in... And I also made sure I wasn't wearing a Marvel t-shirt. I picked one up this morning and went, oh, no, I've got the podcast this evening. Put it down. (laughs) In the way you tend to prefer the animated stuff, it might be worth you checking out What If. My daughter's watched it and told me I would very much enjoy it. I just, one of those things I just, as of yet, haven't got around to. Because I don't Mm. tend to watch that much TV at home. Most of my TV is consumed on my laptop at work in my lunch hour rather than at home so it's the only reason why a lot of these stuff that's on a streaming service i've not yet seen yeah. um so it either needs to be something i own that's that can go on there or some of the promise if it was an android tablet the the, the ability to download is great but as soon as because it's windows everyone's like no you can't have the download service for that which is yeah, really yeah. frustrating just a pc yeah well i tried using um that blue sticks or whatever it was blue sticks blue chips as an emulator that's supposed Blue to be stacks. pretty good for doing it. Blue stacks, that's it. And it never worked for me to do that. Yeah, I know quite a few people that say, oh no, I just download through that, run it and no, it never, never worked for me. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Yeah, when I played around with emulation, I didn't go Blue stacks. I went for another one. I'll, I'll drop you a message with it. Oh, okay. I know some people use the Blue stacks, but use it through the VR stuff as well because it can all be bolted in through the PC and play games that aren't even designed for it but um, still pick up on it. But yeah, it's basically supposed to be like an Android emulator, isn't it? Mm. It's. I think you have to use some some other fancy witchcraft. The, the one that I was using basically is like a clone of a Android device. It works a bit differently, but it's um, okay. gives you kind of like a, an Android virtual machine. That could be interesting. Mm-hmm. Saying the Android bit, I, um, Sarah was watching. Um, one of the, the Jamie Thinkston police camera action things as I walked through the living room the other day and there's a section where they pull up and show the police officer and their their name, their skills and their likes and it happened to the, what they're using as like the background image is the HTC Titan 2 I had one of those phones <laughs> but they've got it in its, in its land, they've got it in the landscape position with the tilt screen up Yeah. So, so I think every other country knew, knew it as the Titan tilt and I was like oh my goodness I had one of those but that's what I ran Android on so I had uh, rooted, rooted it and ran Android on the in the effects actually as an emulator over the top of that. And that's what then led me to moving over to Android from Windows. Because Android you could use your finger for, and all of Windows in those days you needed a stylus. Working on a building site and every so often have to get your stylus out to try and use your phone and then put it all the way again. Didn't work. Putting sand and stuff out the stylus stole. Yeah, I, I, it was an HTC phone I'd put Android on. That's the first time I've used it as well. But, I did it. Yeah, I did it to that, and I bought off my brother-in-law a phone that he had, which is the O2 Orbit, which was also HTC. I can't remember it by it. O2 called it that because it had a round button that you spun round the button was like a slider or a scroller. But oh, I, yeah. I don't remember it as any other name, and that took that took um, Android, yeah, Android really well. Both those phones. Yeah, I can't think what that one was. But all of those are on um, XDA developers. That's well, I was a huge advocate for their stuff and nightly tester at the time. Yeah, all those years ago. 
that was um that was good fun i mean that, that's still going that, that's you know it, it was xda because of the um one of the titans uh, well not titans one of the htcs was xda in its title wasn't it i think well i think that was actually originally branded uh carrier branded for xda oh right um and yeah just stock even though that it's it's not using those or hasn't used any of those platforms for years it's just what everyone you know all, all those yeah all the phone nerds stuck to <laughs> it was a good community to be honest it's, it's like anything though if it's a good community it's going to stay around still is still no, yeah no different for the makers waffle we've been around for a while <laughs> we've, we've been around for nearly four hours at this point <laughs> i wasn't going to say anything that's what when you saw me fiddling with the yeah. computer over here i was bringing up all the videos and trying to work out which one was the longest and i think it's Lindsay's, isn't it no, Until, uh, no phil's, it phil's. phil's was the longest vincent's was the second longest sorry yes it's a two sorry it's 255, yeah. not 355. Sorry. I think we have right. just now broken a record, haven't we? I think we have. Uh, Phil's, there is two, three hours it. 52, so yeah. Oh, there you go then. Well, I'll give you a minute just to be for sure. <laughs> Dethroned the king. St st still, you've got to put your question forward first, haven't you, Andy? Have we got a topic? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think it's going to be about a two-hour topic. Is that right? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. The, I mean, the obvious, the obvious, to the obvious topic to have on the kind of you know the, the the yeah Happy New Year episode is here. Yeah, do you go for resolutions or not? Or you just have general goals, or do you just start no, whenever? I've got a goal. I really, for me, next year, I really want to get into some form of understanding of of programming. Hence, all this last week of messing around with this damn laptop here, trying to get a different operating system on it. Um, at the moment, anything so you that can also then use that to as a your programming laptop. That was that was part of the kind of the idea and an understanding on on how that worked. So this week was trying to get Raspberry Pi OS working on this, which I did get, got it working fine, apart from Wi-Fi, mm. which kind of meant doing anything with it was very limited. In terms of iOS is just basically Debian based with a it, it actually top, so. yep it basically loads up with that so I was like okay fair enough but then reading through a few other um, sections of the wonderful internet someone basically went yeah just go and put this version of um, uh, Linux on it and it works and then it actually finished installing and then it went would you like to uh, do your graphic uh, sound card Wi-Fi card now oh yeah. There's the SSD I want, and there's the password. Okay, there you go. Oh, and there's already an update. Would you like that? That's oh, for crying out. <laughs> well, that, I mean, because you, you've gone through Ubuntu anyway. Um, Sorry, is, yes, Ubuntu. Any of the Linux builds are, are going to be fine. It's just a case of working out how to drive it to do the thing that you want it to do. You know, if, if someone's written it for one, it'll generally port across to other modules. Yeah. But I've also got a drawer of. Um... So the reason why I was going for wanted to go for Pi is because I've got a drawer full of some Pi bits that I bought and the Pi controllers and various lights, LEDs, yeah, sound bars and bits. You can still do all of oh, no, that no, on Ubuntu. Yeah, no, it was just something so I could sit down and because of not having a screen for a Raspberry Pi, yeah, three monitors, I just didn't want to have to then go out and buy something else to get so the Pis could have a screen and it was all part and parcel of thought. If I could do everything from that, job done. What That's why my, my, my Pi has been stuck in a case a box for 
years now because just putting a screen on it I've got two two screens behind me one does have a HDMI input but that's the big one and that's the kind of the main sort of screen for my desktop so mm-hmm. I could unplug the that one plug the Pi into it and then just use the smaller screen but that's just it's just a pain Oh, it's like yeah, I was trying to look over the edge of that That is one heat serious heatsink. It's a Pi hmm. four of my mates. Um, that heatsink's almost the size of the one in my PC. And we've got a question mark box Ooh. as a case because it is. Um, these are the half bought it for him as a Christmas present, as a um, uh, arcade thing. Mm-hmm. Emulator thing. Yeah, he's got a, a nice little tiny 256 gig SD card to put all of the game ROMs on. <laughs> Not They're that I'm saying machines. I had that project yeah. at one mind. Some <laughs> <laughs> just pulled out a variety of controllers. Oh yeah, sorry. Duncan, <laughs> what about you? What what sort of resolutions have you got? Are you bothering? Well, I'm glad you asked because you talked about this last week with Kiel and Caro. And I, I really wanted to join in. <laughs> I'm pretty certain you probably did join in, but no one could hear you. <laughs> yeah, no one could hear me. Um, I think, I don't know, I think resolutions are okay. Um, it's kind of a natural starting point for things. Yeah. But Kiel also said that, um, you know, if you want to start something in October and people then go, well, I'll just wait until until first check that doesn't make any sense i definitely agree with kill on that one yeah it's just that's just full procrastination yeah yeah but i do think it's it's kind of a natural point to go well what can i do better or what can i do differently and i don't necessarily have resolutions but it it does it does tweak your brain into that mode of well, I haven't done so well at this this year. Maybe I can do something different next mm. year. And I I think that's okay. And there's no problem with that. And I don't think, but I think you have to approach it with um, caution as to not say, well, I have to do this this year. Mm. Because then you're just setting yourself up for failure. Yeah. Um. So it, I don't I don't necessarily have any resolutions, but there's there's things that I'd like to try and do better at Hmm. so more of the same but incremental improvement I think one in particular was um, entirely triggered by the Fools with Tools treasure trade and that is just to get on and do stuff that I enjoy in my little workshop and because um, I'd been in a funk for like six months of not really doing anything mm. substantial or recognizable as a project, you know. And that's part of the reason that I really enjoyed doing the Fools with Tools because it gives you that kick and that push. Yeah. Um, the treasure trade, sorry. And um, 
yeah so i just want to keep going and 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 to always have a project on the go and um to finish it before i start something else <laughs> that's fighting talk there <laughs> it is fighting talk but i i i think um the the treasure trade that i took on there's a long story behind that as well which i won't go into because we'll be here for another three hours but um <laughs> I, I took on too much and it was um ultimately I had to start again and do something simpler. But um yeah, I think simple projects, simple goals. Achievable goals, isn't it? Achievable yeah. goals. Yeah, the, the the failed treasure trade will be on the list this year to try again. Mm-hmm. Because I've invested so much time, I've learnt so much along the way too much to sort of just toss it away and say oh yeah. i can't do it well the thing is because obviously I, I had the background following along with you um you're lamenting and head bashing at the desk yes um and you are so bloody close with it i, I am i, so I want to see that thing finished yes yeah. i want to finish and it i think it is it's, it's all very cryptic because entirely... i don't want to quite give it away yet but um of course yeah, i do want to finish achievable. it yeah it, it is achievable it is. I think, I think it was the the time constraint, is what got you. I think it was time and um, being overconfident in my abilities to do new things. <laughs> that's what it was. That's the treasure trade mantra. That's that's what it is. It is, and it it was uh, several processes and new materials and the sort of thing where I just went, ah, oh, yeah, I'll be able to do that couldn't do that couldn't do that without some practice and i didn't have time to practice so yes time and yeah overconfidence but yeah achievable goals i think and yeah just to keep doing something the momentum is huge yeah to to try and keep that going because i do very easily slip into oh well I, i can't really be bothered with that i it's too easy to just slip into oh, I'll just just play this game instead for a little while or you know oh I've, I I want to do that in the garage but that there's stuff all over the workbench and I have to put all that away first and before I can put that away I have to make a home for it and you create this list of of barriers yeah and um the the treasure trade because it was like time limited and someone else was depending on it and or, or waiting for it that commitment was there and suddenly those barriers just don't exist anymore mm. it, because they're not really they're not really barriers they're just things that you make up to procrastinate so um yeah i can't i i really don't want to slip into that again so um yeah i've i, I there's a few achievable projects on the list already and i just want to keep going so yeah if that's a resolution then that's what it is but um Sounds good i don't know me. it's not a it's not a line in the sand oh now i'm suddenly going to do this thing it's more of a try and progress goal rather than a but yeah. that makes it more achievable 
Yeah. And quite often when you, you hear about people kind of, they will make a resolution that they don't necessarily break it down into something that's achievable. You, know, you mm. talk about sort of, you know, the idea of smart targets, smart goals or whatever. And I mean, there's, there's pros and cons to that. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, sometimes it's appropriate to use it, sometimes it isn't. And you kind of people go, yeah, well, I'm, I'm going to go. I mean, it's the classic, isn't it? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to join a gym and get fit, and I'm going to mm. give up smoking, and I'm yeah. going to lose three stone, and and it's just like, mm. well, actually, maybe just go for a walk every day. It's probably more achievable. Put your gym clothes on. <clears throat> yeah. Then something will happen. A little bit of something is better than a lot of nothing. If I was yeah. to put my gym clothes on, there'd be a miracle that would happen if I could fit into them. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't worn them in about twenty years. <laughs> yeah, I might I've, need washing. Still, I've still got some of my stuff from when I was at university. And it, still in a sweaty bag. It, <laughs> it's not good it. look anymore. Yeah. <laughs> short Jamie, shots. Jamie, what about and, uh, you? Yeah. I think the, the biggest resolution for me is um, twenty-five sixty by fourteen forty. That's, that's this screen here. That's, that's about all I've got in terms of resolutions. Oh, oh my. God. You've been I'm waiting off. all evening to play that one, haven't you? Oh, just the last five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I thought that was it's going to be the size right. of your new ruby that was going in the corner or something. No, God, no. No, as I, I said last week, my my goals are just progressions of what I've been chipping away at. I think I think the biggest takeaway for me is, is um, cutting myself a bit of slack. You know, that's, that's been the biggest sort of uh, revelation rather than resolution. Um, you know, I, I had a pretty heavy couple of days with sorting stuff out, um, house and car and stuff that's like uh, things that weren't accounted for in kind of, you know, my, my plan for, for stuff I was going to try and tackle, you know, over this sort of two-week break, you know, I had things I was going to do and stuff. And... Um, had a, a busy day yesterday that kind of took it out of me and I had a, like a big lay in this morning it was just absolutely knackered and rather than trying to sort of beat myself up about it where I, I would have in the past you know got got really frustrated with myself for, for not having got up and done something or progressed anything or you know done whatever you know, realizing that it's been a pretty shit year all around for most people um, the last two years, you know, so maybe cut myself a bit of slack for missing a target or not doing something or for having a lay-in or stuff like that, you know. Um, it's been a, a, a sort of a bit of an ongoing uh, challenge for myself this year is a bit of actual self-care, you know, taking care of health or mental health or, you know, things like that. So continuing on that path um, you know move a bit more but not beat myself up about it if I decide no I'm too achy to go out today and go for a walk or you know I've been trying to do some you know when I'm making a coffee I'll do some squats while the kettle's boiling but then if I don't that's also fine you know it's that sort of yeah. uh, mind changes to chip away at things rather than setting a, a 
a big unattainable goal for myself, which is what I've tended to do in the past. Um, you know, if I can do little bits, so you know, it's that achievable goals thing. You know, mm. um, rather than setting a, a specific goal, I've got kind of vague things that I'd like to do a bit more of. So I'll just attempt to do a little bit more of them, but cut myself some slack if I don't meet those goals. Yeah. How about you, yeah, Andy? So I'll with that, definitely. Well, I mean, I, yeah, I talked a little bit about stuff last week, again, with Carol and Kel, but I've been thinking about it more the past few days, and a bit today as well. I managed to kick off a couple of jobs off my to-do list today that everyone else went out so kind of a few jobs to do in the bathroom and so i mean today i've 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 only managed to replace the door handle which needed replacing and the tap which needed replacing for six months and i've had i've had the tap for three months i think um that's probably longer that it's needed replacing but that that turned into a bit of a battle because parts didn't quite match I was kind of hoping I could just use the pre-existing tap tails and couldn't because they were different size and then there were different connectors on the other end that didn't fit with anything I had so my wife had to go out and get some another bit to get it done today because possibly with her sister might be coming tomorrow to visit it was like, otherwise it would have done it tomorrow but kind of had to kind of get that finished but that's done now hopefully no leaks and so that that's kind of it's quite nice ticking something off. This mm. particularly seems to be hanging around for a while, so that's quite nice. But I've been I've been thinking about a few things this sort of last couple of days. There's there's jobs that I just need to kind of get sorted, and I'm I'm trying to get some of those done, particularly now before term starts again. Because although I'm not in school, my wife's in school, my kids are both in school. That kind of controls my life once that starts. It's things like it, it's silly little things like the the, the main hard drive. Uh, sorry, the operating system hard drive. The SSD on my main desktop is crammed. I can't get stuff off it that, enough to programs I want to use. Yeah, you know, I, I could yeah you know, take Premiere off that and put it onto the hard drive, but then it's just going to be stupidly slow. It works mm. nicely off there. And, well, they swap disks and whatever. So yeah, I'm looking into getting a new one of those. It's going to be a bit of a pain, but yeah, it'll be it'll be worth it to sort of do things like that and thinking about my kind of backups and but I've 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 been thinking about things like this year I haven't put out very many thoughts on the Tinkerage and I kind of miss having done that. I mean, this is yeah, Mika's Waffle has kind of in some ways filled a gap for me, but I've also kind of there's still there's bits of Mika's Waffle that doesn't fit with what thoughts on the Tinkerage was. That was kind mm. of its own thing, and although there's kind of crossover and, and that, but so I was thinking about that. But I was also thinking it in terms of things like habits and, and like my my ha my daily drawing habit, which has now is is a really established habit. I it, it, yeah I I can't conceive of a day where I don't. I've, I've I've technically had one day that I didn't actually draw on that day, but. As I was not very well, we I won't tell of, anyone. I, I did it the next, yeah, we won't tell anyone. I kind of did it very first thing the next morning when I kind of after a do 14 we, hours. Do sleep. we do we count the odd time where you've 
done the drawing after the Maker's Waffle oh, was born in it. One yeah, there's in the plenty, yeah, there's plenty of time for that. But it's kind of, yeah, they've pretty much, there's been one drawing out every 24 hours-ish for the last yeah. 400 and... It's numbered-wise 455 today, but it's actually 486, because there was a month before that that I was putting stuff out, but I didn't number it. Of course, it. yeah. So, yeah, 1,000 is, is within... 500 is, is within throwing distance and a thousand is I'm thinking it's doable yeah it's another 18 months not another three years but um, no it's, it's two years isn't it it's just under two years another two years get to a thousand so yeah. that for me habit is really important and I was, I was thinking about this because habits whether they're my own or, or whether they're enforced on me by virtue of things like school timetables have been such a major important part of my life forever now really yeah I've, I've i think maybe whether i became institutionalized by kind of having gone back to school and kind of that it's that structure of having that yearly structure of terms and summer holidays and the daily structure weekly structure of a timetable that is like that's kind of has been a big thing and i've been thinking about that and things like yeah, I could actually, yeah, like Thoughts and Tinkerage, I need to actually put that, I need to take the same approach as I have with my drawing and be, and and also Maker's Waffle now, yeah, with this is episode number 32. There's there's a system in place, which doesn't kind of fit perfectly, yeah, sometimes I get the audio out on a Monday, sometimes it's Wednesday, it's most often on a Wednesday, but there's kind of a system in place. I've kind of got a routine built around Maker's Waffle, and I? I think I need to build routines around other things in order to achieve them. Mm. So I need to kind of, I want to build a routine around Thoughts and Tinkerage so that I actually get some episodes out this year. Similarly, routines around things like maybe getting some videos out on YouTube. That one at the moment isn't quite such a high priority in my mind yet, but it is something I want to do. But also things like making. So, for example, the the only book I made this year, bookbinding is one of my my hobbies. I like bookbinding. I've got not everything I really want in terms of equipment, but I've got enough stuff to do most forms of bookbinding. But I've only made one proper book and five notebooks this year, and that was for the treasure trade. Yeah, so similar mm. to Duncan, and I kind of, although I was kind of particularly because I'd left it a bit to the end and I had a few things go wrong and I had to kind of restart a few things and things didn't go quite as planned yeah I did some printing and the printer didn't want to print yeah it was just feeding I was trying to print on card and it was just spitting the card out and stuff that should have taken 10 minutes took yeah a day I'd just like to take a second to reinstate my position on the list for a notebook that's all <laughs> I'd still like <laughs> there's, if yeah, that's some I mean, motivation. There's, 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 there's plans <laughs> for things. Yeah, there's plans for things. But so, you know, it's like I wanted to make a habit of once, a, at least once a month, I'm going to make a book. Because I've got, upon, yeah, amongst all my kind of, most of that shelf there is maker related. Apart from. So just to end, confirm that, that's, that that's going to be for the for each of us in the waffle chat. I don't that that doesn't been worked out yet, but yeah, I've got a, I've got a couple of books there on making books, 
and they, they set out, as I, I, I think I mentioned this last week, they set out as, as kind of almost projects. So there's no reason why I can't just kind of pick the book up, open up the first project, make it. Because <laughs> I've got the stuff. I've got the stuff, I've got the skills. It's just sitting down and doing that. But I need to I need to generate a habit. So like, yeah, yeah. thoughts from the tinkerage. If I'm going to do a thoughts from the tinkerage every week, yeah, I need to kind of set, okay, this is the time at which I do it. It's going to take a month or two to kind of in, get that habit into place. Mm-hmm. But once I've kind of got that established, and yeah, maybe it might mean saying to kind of you know, the others in the house, like I do for yeah, a Sunday evening at the moment, because of the way my internet is set up, I can't do that in the Tinkerage. Never mind the fact that I can't get into the Tinkerage because it's a mess. Um, again, I, I need to make a habit of maybe, you know, once or twice a week, half an hour or an hour where I kind of go, right, it's, it's Tuesday evening, it's eight o'clock, I'm going out to the Tinkerage for an hour, and if the first month is just getting it so actually I can do stuff in there and find stuff, then that's what it is. But yeah, Tuesday, eight o'clock, I'm in the Tinkerage. So I need to kind of, I need to, I need to use that habit power that has been an important mm. part of my life that has kind of slipped and get out of maybe the habits of, well, it's Tuesday, eight o'clock, I've done the washing up, dinner's done, the others are watching TV that I don't want to watch, so I'll just do my drawing and watch some YouTube videos. So I need to maybe you know, just restructure my habits. So I think for me this year, I think that's that's the plan. I need to do more stuff by harnessing the power of habit so that I'm doing stuff that's not just watching YouTube videos or scrolling Instagram, mm. but I'm actually yeah. kind of... It's all too easy, to, isn't it? You yeah, need to kind of reinflate your um, your one type numbers because you you spent all that time and effort getting the numbers small again. You need to just let them build up by doing some makery stuff. By yeah. not by not looking at them. yeah yeah. <laughs> but it, it, it's 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 kind of you've got to kind of there's hurdles that are going to be get out the way. It's it's like you were saying earlier about kind of that step of you know, I want to do this but in order to do that I've got to do that and mm. in order to do that I've got to sort this out and in order to sort that out I need to get power into the garage or I, yeah, there's half a dozen things that are in the way so it's like yeah, just, but it's, the, the thing with those is I, I realised is that um, once you set enough importance on that, that final stage that all these things are in the way of suddenly you haven't got the time or the brain capacity to worry about all of those things. Mm-hmm. I, I think with the treasure trade, it was having the deadline. Yeah. That's what raised the importance of it. And then all of a sudden, these things that I'd been thinking about, like I've got to tidy the workshop, I've got to find some money to buy materials, or I've got to um, find some time to do it all of those things just kind of sorted themselves out. Well, they didn't. I sorted them out, but I sorted yeah. them out without thinking about it. Yeah. I just did it. I I didn't have to make a list. I didn't have to stress about the details. You, you just get on with it without without it festering, you know? So, um... I think that's the thing, isn't it, with, like, when you've got a constraint... It makes it a lot easier to because you, your options are then limited. 
you know, if you've got, I need to get from point A to point D, so B and C have to get done however they are done. Yeah. Whereas if you go, I need to do A, and then I need to do B, they can just yeah. float the, the drift. The BCD on. just didn't even, didn't even figure. Yeah, exactly. Given given too much time to worry about stuff, then you're going to yeah. worry about stuff. Yeah, and make them bigger bigger hassles than potentially than they, they, are. they actually yeah. really are once you get down to it. Like, like I, mean, yeah, I don't know how I can translate today. that, but you were talking about doing your your book binding, and perhaps the one of the barriers in in that might be finding time, whereas. If you can try and find a way to make that a really high priority, then the time will find itself. Yeah. And you won't even think, well, I've got to do this, I've got to do that, I've got to go shopping, and I've got to take the kids here, and and, and then I've got to do this other thing, I've got to mow the lawn, and then I'll have time. Hmm. But when that when when the book binding is a high enough priority you don't worry about all of that stuff. It still gets done because that's life and life has to happen, mm. but you don't stress about it. Or you don't use it as, a, as, a, as an excuse. As to an get excuse, on right. Yeah. yeah. So like with the, the, the lawn, you say, yeah, okay, with the lawn, you know, yeah, it'll get done, but I don't necessarily, it doesn't necessarily have to be the hurdle that I'm making it. Yeah. You, you you just end up getting on with it without even thinking about it. Yeah. And within twenty minutes, it's done, and you can get on with the, the important yeah. thing. And you don't even you don't even like figure that that was an issue. And oh, finally, I've done it. It's it's just a n- non-issue at all. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really hard to put into words, and I'm struggling a little bit. But um, yeah, it's it's. I don't know. I just found something. Something changed in my head, and I wasn't creating those, or I wasn't I, inflating I, the, the the problems. Yeah, mm. and I, I think the other thing I think we've talked we've talked about a couple of times, kind of you know, off off podcast. I can't remember if I mentioned this last week, but I'm I've got I've, I did mention I've I've got a shed that I've got to get rid of. It, it's falling apart and mm. it's full of stuff and I need to get rid of that stuff. Yeah. And we were but talking I've, I've about, also kind of about thought, you yeah, selling there's, stu- there's other stuff that I'm going to get rid of, mm. like my table saw. I haven't mm. used my table saw in, well, it'll be, it'll be six years in January since yeah. I last used my table saw. And so I'm probably not going to use... listening who, who's in the market for a table saw and wants to buy one yeah, of Andy. Wants to collect it from and you're not asleep. <laughs> well, it's not going out live, live for everyone to watch. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, this is like yeah. I'll probably get rid of my t- my table saw can go, and I've got other tools that can go, and I've got I've got stuff that I thought that could be useful for something. I just have to accept that actually it probably is replaceable. I'm probably not going to use it. Some of it hasn't been used for a long time. It's got to go. My climbing gear. I'm never going to go lead climbing again. No, I don't need my lead climbing rack. Yeah, I might keep my rope because ropes are useful, and I might keep a couple of bits and bobs because. Yeah, sometimes it's useful to have a pulley or some carabiners. They can be useful things to kind of have for a variety of reasons. But I don't need, you know, nuts and and uh, hexes and things that kind of go into cracks in the rock to stop you falling 
somebody else. It's it, it's not going to happen. I'm not going to ever go lead climbing again. So mm. there's no point in me keeping a set of that stuff in the shed. Um, and I need to kind of accept that. It's things like that I I need to kind of mm. accept and then go. Well, you know what? I might be able to get twenty quid for it. So if I can get twenty quid for it, and if I can get twenty quid, ten quid, thirty quid for a variety of things, then maybe I can get something that might be practical and useful. I mean, we've talked. I've talked. But there's like a real, like a, a benchtop laser. There's a real gap in the market here for an opportunity for work for someone to go around and sort people's sheds out. To to take the stuff off you, <laughs> and then give you some money back at the end of it. Because I know, like for for me doing that kind of stuff, there's so much stuff I could get rid of. And even if it's a case of you know, five quid on Facebook Marketplace or something that probably I paid a hundred quid for. You know, yeah. as long as it's something, I you know, I I don't feel I, I'd rather give it to someone who's going to use it or sell it to someone yeah. I don't care about um, than just chuck it in the bin. But yeah, because for me, the whole, just the whole idea of waste, just throwing stuff away. I hate going Absolutely. to the tip. Absolutely but hate the going to the tip the, and seeing the stuff that people are throwing away. The, the, the crux of it there is that I, I generally haven't got the time or put the importance on doing that because yeah. it will be sat on a shelf doing nothing. I'm not tripping over it. It's not in my face. So it's not high enough floating up that priority list yeah, yeah. for me to make time or find time to do it. Because, it, it, you know, it, if I can stick it on Facebook Marketplace, then, yeah, in a couple of months, maybe someone will actually, you know, come around and buy it rather than the 15 people who jumped on it in the first couple of days wanted me to go and deliver up. it to the other end of the country for threatens yeah. or whatever. You know, that kind of thing of, like, dealing with the people is still time and organizing photographing writing a description dealing with postage or whatever for ebay or for facebook marketplace or for FreeCycle or gumtree or whatever that that's not something i want to spend my time doing but if i could just hand all of my crap out of the room to someone else who will take it and sell it and do something with it happy days i would i would so do that I'm looking for a new job. <laughs> there you, you go. Where I live, I feel like I'm very much the same as you, there, Jamie. I uh, I was going through Google Photos the other day, and I found all the tools I took photographs of last December that I was going to sell during roughly this week. Hmm. Those tools are still sitting in my workshop, <laughs> and the photos are still on my computer. I remember you doing that. I can't believe that's a year ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But this yeah, this time last year, for me everything was in a, a completely different place. So um Yeah. For mm, for, for the way everything's gone this year in that sense. I mean I know some people have said that twenty twenty one for them was a crap year for me in that sense it was a really good year. But uh certainly fingers crossed no chemo for twenty twenty two, so that's that should be a good thing. <laughs> Yeah, the fact that you're reaching it is the main thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, don't fancy doing that again. But yeah, don't do that again. With you, with you guys, Sam, though, of having excuses for saying, oh, I haven't done this, I haven't done that, I was frustrated that I hadn't done anything. 
with my wife sitting there saying, you've done the only thing you needed to do this year, and that was get better. It's yeah. true. She's Which, right. I agree. <laughs> We've all tried to remind you that when, you, when you've said <laughs> yeah. stuff to us. <laughs> but, it, but that's the weird one, though, because deep down, I've, I, I did feel like, well, oh, when I had a good day, that oh, I could have done something today. Yeah, you did. You sat on your ass and did exactly what you needed to do. Nothing. Mm-hmm. And that, that was, for me, the hardest thing all year. And then when you get to the bit, sort of, it's finished in my case. And it was like, yeah, I can go do something. Oh, no, no, no. Now you need an immune system. Oh, okay. And with all that whole COVID malarkey still loitering around. Oh, okay. You need an immune system. Oh, and hide from people still. Oh, okay. Fair enough. And yeah. The, the, the beginning of the year for me was really long looking at things, but mentally not really being in a good place because that whole expression that you hear of the old chemo brain, you, you feel like you can concentrate on something. But I found I had the attention span of really not very long. Mm. So you, part of you had the enthusiasm to do something and either your mind or your body were sitting there arguing. On the good days, they both work together. You was like, yes, I've got something done. Mm-hmm. And then look, uh, it was, it's, it's a weird one, that whole putting the, the pressure on yourself to get something done. But the pressure on yourself to get something done is actually nothing compared to the anger or no, probably anger's not disappointment probably to yourself that you hadn't done anything can be equally mm. as damaging yeah, yeah so in the end actually i found that my the, the whiteboard or my whiteboard or the whiteboard that we have in the house it was easier to take off all the things i had on it so the mind wasn't continuously going oh crap i still need to get that done mm. as soon as everything kind of like yep i'm good let's go everything went straight back on there again mm. it was nice actually in the last few days a lot of them have been rubbed off some of those things may have been there since i built that extension i was saying about in 2016 but mm-hmm. uh they were they were done but uh yeah i think it's with lists they can be dangerous plans can be dangerous but planning could be good yeah and that is spiffing <laughs> I like that. <laughs> well, at, at the I'm... risk of this turning into uh, a combined 2022 New Year and 2023 New Year, <laughs> I think that's a good. I think that's a good spot to maybe. Is it worth end us it. ending it? <laughs> four and a half. Four and a half hours. Well, we're 50, 50, forty-five seconds short of four and a half hours. I'm sure we can manage to wrap that up at the four and a half hour mark by I'm thanking our guests very much, not only for their company throughout the last year and their friendship but for joining yeah, us tonight very, very thank you for thank you yeah it's been spiffing how, how many how many other people will actually listen to four and a half hours of us just oh at least both of about them. all sorts of things i don't know but i don't this care is... <laughs> this is for us not for them <laughs> yeah I, i've said i've said that to a few people about maker's waffle yeah if we get twenty, if we get five, if we get one listen, that's fine. If if we get a hundred, that's amazing. But ultimately, it's just us having a chat, and we just happen to record it. We know Rasmus um, and Multi are both going to listen to it. Yeah. Here you go. The magic number is forty-five. At the beginning, when this goes out, I put a question that says, "What's the magic number?" And we we'll see who puts the answer down. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I just write that down. <laughs> 
Whenever I'm testing a keyboard or anything like that, or you want to just I, I put a test out to anything, it's always 45. It's just two quick, easy number <laughs> keys to push. And for me, it's always been 45. So there we go. Guess Simon's Google password. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel sorry for the person who now has to come along and says, I need to break that record. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's I, made, I can't see a happy for a while. Yeah, I can't see that happening for a while. <laughs> My alarm's going off in f uh, three hours, 52 minutes. I have a couple of coffees, mate. That's, <laughs> push on through. On that note, I think it'll, <laughs> Good night, I'll, I'll, hit, I'll hit the red button. Good night, folks. Good night. Good night.